Greetings and good afternoon, everyone. This is Cheryl, and I'm so pleased to be here to welcome you to Tara and Rama's Saturday afternoon program, The True Planetary and Galactic History, Herstory, and True History, Herstory of Nasara. Infinite blessings to us all, as this is the weekend that the Holy Spirit is celebrated. So we call upon those energies to work with us here today. Please set aside the rest of the world as you go into your heart center. And once again, join me in calling the full emergence of your soul, your higher self, your monad, your mighty I am presence, and all of your multidimensional being to integrate as fully as possible in this divine moment, ever expanding to perfection, to the level of your God presence, Goddess presence. See yourself in your pillar of light as in the pillar the light comes in as a pure white frequency. The highest divine white light that you can experience. The white light of source and the white light of the Christ. Feel it, sense it, experience it moving in through and around you and anchoring your pillar once again It's always there. We're just bringing our remembrance to it. Directly from source into the heart of Mother Gaia. And expanding your pillar. And expanding your heart. That you might hold all of Mother Gaia and all of her inhabitants within your sacred heart center. We are vast, vast beings far beyond our understanding. And thus, as we imagine it, we activate that aspect of our being. And so, focusing on the heart center, we ask everyone across the planet to join us. Please affirm after me. I am my I am presence. As my I am presence, I am one with the I am presence of every man, woman, and child. I am one with the I am presence of all my family members and loved ones. I am one with all that is. Continue to feel your heart expanding and connecting with everyone across the planet and all the kingdoms as well. Connecting heart to heart, high heart to high heart. Cosmic heart to cosmic heart, connected to the cosmic heart of all that is. And thus we invite in for one and all, all soul extensions, planetary and galactic, all of our ancestors, all of our genetic lineage, our ancestral lineage, 
all the generations past, all the generations forward, our spiritual lineage, our soul families and soul pots. And we welcome at this time for one and all, all of our guides and teachers, our healing teams, our beloved guardian angel, our beloved twin flame, our ascension council, our mission council. We welcome the assistance of all the kingdoms, the plant kingdom, the tree kingdom, the mineral kingdom, the animal kingdom, the diva kingdom, the elemental kingdom, the fairy kingdom, all of the kingdoms of nature, the whales, the dolphins, the unicorns, and all magical kingdoms. We welcome all the realms of the angels, from the angels and archangels through to the cherubim and seraphim and all angelic healers and healing teams. We welcome the ascended masters, the brotherhood of light, the sisterhood of the rays and rose, the order of Melchizedek, the radiant ones, all of the enlightened masters, all divine mother emissaries, divine father emissaries all of the planetary and cosmic hierarchy of light and all ascended master healers and healing teams. We welcome our friends in the Galactic Federation and their healing teams, especially those that we work most closely with, from Arcturus, from Pleiades, from Sirius, from Andromeda, from Chiron, from Venus. We welcome all cosmic galactic universal healers that can be of service. We welcome the assistance of the entire company of heaven. Asking for Mother, Father, God to overlight all that we do and magnify, magnify, magnify our ascension work. Ten billion times ten billion fold. We recommit ourselves to being of service as we decree that we are indeed the bridge between heaven and earth, the anchor for the new golden age, and the open door that no one can shut. We call in all the rays, all the flames, all the universal laws and ascension waves to work with us individually and collectively through each person's mighty I am presence. And with every energy and frequency, every prayer and invocation, every blessing, every grace, every dispensation, every activation, we ask that it be received through every cell, chakra, meridian, layer of our auric field, multidimensionally, through the conscious, subconscious, superconscious levels of the mind as well, for ourselves and for all. We ask to easily and effortlessly digest and assimilate, ground and anchor, integrate and embody all that we receive with the greatest of ease and grace and joy and peace and bliss and ecstasy, serenity and tranquility, balance and equilibrium, in love, in light, in laughter. ever-expanding to perfection. We call in all in our circle of support from the very first name that created it to each and every family member and loved one, pet and animal, every man, woman, and child, every group, every organization, every institution, every nation, every government, every military, all governmental leaders, all corporate and economic and financial leaders, 
a weather patterns, each and every event, each and every condition, each and every situation that we have placed in the circle of support, including all of the marches, movements, and protests, and those coming up in the weeks ahead. We call upon all of this to be held in perfection. And we call upon all of the energy around these events these happenings around the world, be it the focus on issues, be it the focus on this nation, on Ukraine, on any other place around the world, any other condition or situation we ask, including tomorrow's Feast of the Pentecost that celebrates the Holy Spirit. We call upon all of these energies. We've got, well, we've got our 666 portal coming up on Tuesday. We've got our next full moon, the Festival of Humanity. We welcome all of these energies into our collective cup of consciousness to truly transform the planet and the consciousness of all people upon it and really, truly create heaven on earth. We ask that Gaia receive all that we receive through her chakras and meridians and layers of her orcs healed multidimensionally on a conscious, subconscious, superconscious level as well. As well, in every molecule of soil, molecule of air, molecule of water, every ley line and cell line, all the grid systems, the love grids, the light grids, the unity grids, all of the multidimensional grid system. Through every portal, through every, through every vortex, every monument, and sacred site, every place of power, every stargate, every city of light. As we continue up this amazing spiral of evolution with Mother Gaia, as she takes her rightful place as Freedom Star. Ascending higher and higher each and every day. And so we ask to magnify and illuminate our group service here today as we say in the name of all that is sacred. We invoke the vast awareness of our greater self, the group consciousness blazing within each of our hearts. May our activities today be fully empowered by this enlightened inner presence. We call forth once again assistance from the subtle spiritual realms along with our beloved earth allies, the minerals, the plants, the animals, the spiritual intelligence of the earth itself. Please come and join with us now. We ask that our group be enfolded in a brilliant sphere of universal light. We invite this light to enter the deepest regions of our bodies, hearts, and minds activating the greatest levels of coherence within our collective field. We invoke and give thanks for the shifts in consciousness which bring our thoughts, words, actions, and feelings into right divine order, raising us into the most virtuous expressions of our true selves. We offer sincere gratitude to our source of life for bringing us together, for empowering our mission, and for illuminating our group presence. 
May the work we do together today and every day be a bright blessing upon the earth, supporting the highest good of all. And so it is. And thus we give thanks for this. We give thanks for this. We give thanks for this. We call forth for further divine intervention. In the name of God, Goddess, and the great spirit of all life, we invoke the light of divine intervention to help shift the reflection of all of the issues on this planet and all that blocks heaven on earth. By and through universal law, we call into immediate dynamic action. The spirit of the earth, the powers of nature, and the forces of the elements, the love and wisdom of the great master teachers, the legions of angels assisting earth's evolution, and the vast intelligence of the unified field. Come now and amplify our efforts to the maximum degree, guaranteeing all unfolds in right divine order. Sacred allies through our one group presence pulse a mighty wave of transforming love through the collective heart of every soul, facing challenges of any kind, especially challenges of violence in any way on this earth, inspiring the highest levels of coherence, compassion, and comfort. And we decree divine love is blazing through every heart connected to this reflection. Flood the higher minds of all people, fueling the appearance of all of our issues, especially violence on this planet of any kind. Fuel the minds of all people with the light of wisdom, bringing forth the profound peace and insight born of true understanding. And so we affirm divine wisdom is purifying every mind connected to this reflection. Enliven every individual and group seeking to positively shift the conditions of this planet, especially to block and release violence of any kind individually, collectively, such as war with the cosmic willpower to have the greatest possible impact. Let courage and inspired right action increase now. And thus we affirm, divine will is empowering every soul connected to this reflection. Beloved creator, please open, expand, and stabilize the portals of light over all, all areas of this world that are experiencing issues, especially those of conflict, of violence, of war, of hatred. And through these channels, transmit a constant stream of transforming energy that significantly uplifts and empowers every being affected by these challenging circumstances. May this divine intervention and its containing matrix be made imperishable 
eternally sustained, all-powerfully active, and ever-expanding until the evolutionary plan is fulfilled for all life on earth. With our deepest gratitude, we decree it is done. And so it is. And we give thanks for this. We give thanks for this. We give thanks for this. Now, one of the things I put into the circle of support this week is the March for Our Lives. At that march, I believe, is on Saturday, June 11th. And since I knew about it ahead of time, I wanted to say a prayer for it um, today rather than, well, maybe we'll do one next Saturday too, but we want to do it ahead of time. Just feel your heart expanding as we extend love across this planet, love that heals everything and everyone. From our collective heart flame, we invoke the ultimate empowerment of the march for our lives and any other event coming up in the weeks ahead to transform this planet. Every event, every movement, every protest. May the galvanizing energy generated by these group activities be fully aligned with the spiritual laws that govern the universe. We call upon the deepest and highest self of all those involved in the planning, in the participation of these events, in the funding of these events. May the power of divine will pour forth in its invincibility and inspiration upon these devoted souls that they may serve as clear channels for positive transformation upon the earth. Let the spiritual eye of every person supporting these events or participating, planning, funding these events, let the spiritual eye be opened even wider, revealing the truth that lay behind the outer appearances of fear, control, and separation. Extend this inner expansion to reach into the hearts of all people connected to these movements, inspiring a vast outpouring of radical forgiveness and compassion. By and through the greater love within us all, inspire these positive, transformative change movements with the light of unity consciousness. Bless each of these transformative, positive movements with the love of unity consciousness. Charge these positive, transformative movements with the power of unity consciousness. May transforming energy blaze through these networks of souls to help inspire the masses into empowered right action. May may any media coverage for the March for Our Lives or any other future event, march, movement, protest that may be taking place here this summer 
May the media coverage deliver only the highest truth with total integrity. May justice prevail in every reflection of these human right causes and movements. Great Spirit, please continue to expand the benevolent radiation surrounding each movement, each event, blazing it forth to bless all those who are still holding on to any polarized emotions and divisive mental patterns contributing to the appearance of violence, the appearance of anything blocking these true events of transforming consciousness, these events of true progressive movement toward divine government, toward heaven on earth, and our ascension in the light. May every person help every person to see that we are indeed one, one with the earth and one with each other. Let positive transformative change come quickly in accordance with the highest good of all. So be it and so it is, and we give thanks for this. We give thanks for this. We give thanks for this. We call forth the blessings of the Holy Spirit. As we say, I am my I am presence. I now invoke the Holy Spirit to purify, illumine, and transfigure my four earthly bodies so that they will be fitting vehicles serving their purpose on this planet through which I am a focus of the light of my Mother, Father, God. Just see, sense, and feel the purest white rays of light once again flooding through you, flooding through the earth, flooding through every man, woman, and child. My light is daily and hourly increasing. I am one with my I am presence, working through the flesh and this embodiment, further serving the supreme source, the animating principle of life, I am throughout infinity. I am the fire breath of the Almighty. I now consciously enter the flaming presence of the Holy Spirit, whose sacred essence of the Holy Breath flows through me in a constant rhythmic pulsation. From this focus within the Holy Breath of the Holy Spirit, I invoke a ray of light into the feeling world of every person on the planet. This ray of light infuses the feeling nature of every human being on earth with the power and grace of the Holy Spirit. Now through the full authority of the presence of God, God as I am, blazing in every human heart, I make this call to the celestial giver of all life, the cosmic I am. May the electronic substance of the universe, the life force of humanity, be invulnerably charged with perfection's flame in action as it passes through humanity's vehicles, which are the open doors 
to its expression in the physical world. The electronic light will remain within an invincible armor of transfiguring divine love, emitting perfection but allowing none of the discord of the lower vehicles to change the vibratory action, color, or sound of its comforting presence. I accept this done with full power. As God, Goddess's most holy name, I am. So be it, and so it is. And we give thanks for this. We give thanks for this. We give thanks for this. So the representative of the Holy Spirit is the Maha Kohan. We call upon the Maha Kohan that also works with all of the elements of the planet. As we call forth every aspect of source to assist the planet herself. We call forth an environmental purification and protection, as we say. We call forth and invoke a thorough transmutation of all the destructive thought forms contributing to the appearance of environmental degradation and pollution and all malfunction of weather or wildfires, everything that is not the perfection of the planet. We call this forth now. And through the clarity of our intention, cleanse this water, the soil, the air, plants, and wildlife in every place across the planet. Cleanse it of all forms of toxicity. Saturate every living thing on this planet with a great healing wave of divine love. Restore harmony and homeostasis in each and every nation and locality. Inspire the people of each nation to act as empowered stewards of their nation, their region, their community. We ask that all places across this planet, each and every nation, each and every community, be surrounded in a permeable membrane of universal light that purifies, protects, and uplifts everyone and everything within it for the highest good of all. By and through the rehabilitating power of divine will, it is done. And so we give thanks for this, we give thanks for this, we give thanks for this. Take a nice deep breath. We're going to call forth for illumination, the flame of illumination. So one of the symbols of the Holy Spirit and the divine wisdom of the Holy Spirit is that flame above a person's head. So we're going to ask for the flame of illumination to activate for ourselves and every man, woman, and child. As we say, beloved presence I am, light of my soul, I call for the full power of the sacred flame and sacred fire from the temples of illumination. For a full release of the illumination flame through my entire consciousness, being, and world. I ask for the flame of illumination to blaze and transform 
all that would hinder the manifestation of love, wisdom, and power within and without my live stream and my ascension in the light. I ask the masters of light to resurrect the memory of my true identity in God, Goddess, and the blueprint of my divine plan. By the flame of illumination, I call for the restoration of my full Christ consciousness as it was ordained by Mother, Father, God in the beginning of my descent into manifest form. I call for the flame of illumination to descend and blaze divine wisdom into every cell of my being, into my crown chakra and all of my other chakras. I ask the flame of illumination to reconnect me once again to the forever present pure knowledge of the universal mind of God. Flood the earth with illumination flame each moment of each day to show all humanity their way back home. Beautiful and precious golden flame, let thy light bring the end of separation in the consciousness of humankind for the manifestation of God's holy purposes and the return of a golden age of love and enlightenment. So be it and so it is. Beloved, I am. Beloved, I am. Beloved, I am. And now we're going to call in another version of a golden flame. The flame of illumination is more of a yellow golden flame. We're going to call in the gold frequencies of infinite abundance and eternal peace to flood through us now, through every cell, chakra, meridian, layer of our arc field, multidimensionally. We call each of these energies in for ourselves, we call them in for all humanity. Allow yourself to open and receive even further, receiving as we say this prayer for abundance. In the name of my beloved I am presence and my beloved Holy Christ self, I call to the Lords of Manifestation, Angels of Prosperity. Fortuna, goddess of supply, and the Lord of gold, to assist me in now mastering all outer conditions of my life in God's perfect way, including my true abundance. Charge, charge, charge into my life and use today all the blessings that are mine to receive. Infuse me with ascended master wisdom and purity that I may never again experience lack or limitation. Blaze your heart flame through my four body systems and expand without limit a great flow of divine abundance. Saturate me with enough violet flame and emerald healing light to keep my life in perfect harmony and balance. I demand God's invincible protection and wisdom in all my financial endeavors. I demand to become a magnet of attraction, drawing to me all the wealth that I require to fulfill my divine plan on earth, to make my ascension, and to assist all humanity to do likewise. I give thanks that this is done according to God Goddess's most holy will. 
I accept my abundance with overflowing love and gratitude. So be it and so it is. Beloved, I am. Beloved, I am. Beloved, I am. So just take a nice deep breath and breathe this in. Knowing that we've activated all these amazing frequencies of ascension for ourselves and for everyone across the planet and for Gaia herself. We give thanks for this opportunity to serve. And we ask that this be sealed, maintained, and sustained in divine order, individually and collectively, for both personal and planetary ascension. And I take this moment to thank you for your divine service here as well. Thank you for joining me in this divine prayer work and for being the vehicle for these ascension energies. Keep in mind, our goal is always to create heaven on earth, to be love in action, to be God, goddess in action. to be all that we desire to see in the world. For we are the ones that we have been waiting for. And this is our chance. We have such great support at this time for transformation. So we're going to, I thank you for your service here and invite you for further service each and every Sunday and Monday evening for the Ascension Meditation and Activation Calls. It's a teleconference call. We meet every Sunday and Monday at 8.45 p.m. Eastern Time, 5.45 p.m. Pacific Time, starting with 25 minutes of greetings. Tarn Rama have about 20 minutes to give an update. And then at 9.30 Eastern, 6.30 Pacific Time, we do our work in earnest with different visualizations, decrees, prayers, affirmations, meditations, activations. Again, bringing heaven to earth. And we invite you to join us. I hope that you become a regular part of our family of light that works on this each week. So again, Sunday and Monday evening. The phone number is area code 425-436-6260. Area code 425-436-6260. The code is 946-7441-POUND. Now, there are plenty of other phone lines, other numbers to call. There's even international numbers. There's a way to get on through the computer. You can even access the app. If you need those additional resources, please contact me by email 
at Cheryl Croce at AOL.com. Let me spell that for you. C-H-E-R-Y-L-C-R-O-C-I at AOL.com. We'd love to have you as a part of our regulars. We'd love to have the light and love that you offer in divine service working with us as we work twice weekly on bringing heaven into full manifestation, bringing in that new golden age. So infinite blessings to all of you. May everyone across the planet be inspired by the Holy Spirit this week. And I thank you for your service. I thank Tara and Rama for their service. I thank Rainbow for her service. Again, infinite blessings to all, including of abundance and prosperity and eternal peace. So with that, I'm going to pass this talking stick. It's filled with that pure white light. The highest of ascension frequencies, the energy of the Holy Spirit, the energies of the elementals, the energies of all the kingdoms, and the beautiful gold and yellow gold, overflowing with illumination, overflowing with eternal peace and abundance. And it's all yours, Rainbird. I pass the talking stick. Have an exceptionally blessed week, everyone. Well, thank you, Cheryl. I'll take that talking stick. It's beautiful. And thank you for your divine service as well. So, as we are a listener-supported radio program, (laughs) I'm here to do the housekeeping. And um, each week we need $300 to cover our expenses with DBS radio. And that's what we need this week. So we're in good shape. So thank you, all of you who have contributed in keeping us going like this. And here's how we make it happen. We go into our heart space and see what is ours to give. And then go to bbsradio.com. Click on Radio Station 2 or scroll down. You'll find the menu for Radio Station 2. That's what you're looking for is that menu. And so you're looking for Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. At the 6 o'clock hour on Thursday is... And uh, you can click on that icon there and it'll take you directly to our account or you can make a donation in any amount using your bank card. So also, that's true for the Friday show, the hard news on Friday night with Tara and Rama at the 6 o'clock hour. And these are all Pacific times. So there you click on that icon there and that'll take you to our account and that's also true for this show. At the 1.30 hour, the true history here in the fair, our galactic origins with Tara and Rama. You can click on that one and and that takes you to our account too. So thank you for taking that action and contributing and making it possible for us to continue the work that we do here and have it archived and transcribed and everything. So lots of gratitude for how we work together to get it all done. So, thank you. And also, we're assisting Tara and Rumble with their needs. 
And, and, and again, I want to thank you all for making it happen. We got through this, uh, rent day and there's another month. So thank you. Thank you for this. dollars for living expenses. They need food and supplies and gas. So everybody's hungry there. The kitties are hungry. The car is hungry. And Tara and Mama are also willing to eat a little bit. So thank you for your generosity. Here's how we make a contribution to Tara and Mama. You want to access Rama's PayPal account? To do that, go to the web address, which is rainbowroundtable.net. And there on the home page, as you click on that grid, the menu grid, you will see a uh, menu drop down near the bottom of that list is the donate button or link. Click on that and that link you will link you to Rama's PayPal account where you can make a donation in any amount. So again, thank you for your generosity. And um yeah, as you make it, if, as you have your own PayPal account, you could access the friends option by using Rama's email at PayPal. And that email is Koran, K-O-R-A-N, 9999 at hotmail.com. And then as you're making that, uh, that payment that way, that just eliminates the commercial charges and your money goes a little further. So either way is perfect. We're grateful for your contributions. And as you're sending something, please let Rama know what you sent, when you sent it, and his personal email for that communication is Koran, K-O-R-A-N, 999, at so there you go. Let them know what you said, when you said it, and that as you need it, the physical address is Ron B. Berkowitz, R-A-M-D Berkowitz, B-E-R-K-O-W-I-T-Z, Post Office Box 280-280, and that is in Santa Cruz, New Mexico. 87567 is the zip code. So again, Santa Cruz, New Mexico, eight seven five six seven. There you have it. All the information. Thank you for your contributions, and I'd also like to give you the links for joining the Fremark uh, site for buying supplements and looking at the programs there, and also the Nugen site for where you would join. So these um, these addresses. <laughs> Here it is, https colon forward slash forward slash www.shopfreemart.com forward slash T-A-R-R-A-M. And that's the username. Well, you know you're in the right spot if it says account 7000. That's perfect. And, um, yeah, lots of good products there. You would go to this site to join. And... And then once you've joined, you set up your own account and you can make, you could order from there. But this account, you can go in and look around and see what's going on and see if you want to join. And if it's something you're looking for. And, uh, just do that. Do it that way. 
and then there, the um, Rainbow Roundtable was that site, and that would be your sponsor. And the same is true with the new gen address, HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash www.newgencoin.com forward slash T-A-R-R-A-N, same username. Um, and new gen is spelled N-U-G-E-N and coin, C-O-I-N dot com. So <clears throat> that's how that works. Uh, if you want to sign up under Marshall instead, you can do that. We'd like to support Marshall for bringing these programs to us. And his username, it's the same address, www.newgencoin.com forward slash M-A-R-N-O-R is the username for Marshall. So there you go. That's all the information. And with that, I'm passing this beautiful talking stick. It's covered in white light. It has the Holy Spirit and all the elementals and all the kingdoms and um, just flood it with gold light as well. And lots of little people, all the fairies and feathers and all the rays of the rainbow and all the little people are there too. So with um, gnomes and manahoonies and hobbits and unicorns and dragons, here comes this talking stick. Greetings, Tara and Rama. Here it comes. And for all you, 13 thank yous and honey in the heart for all your contributions. So here it goes. Your talking stick is yours. Greetings. All you commanders, eagles, and angels. Thank you, everyone, for all the help that has been helping us stay afloat and pay the rent and get the bills paid and stay on the air here. We are in such magical, um, mystical times. <laughs> Truly mystical times. And thank you for, for sharing with us, Cheryl. Yes. Thank you, Cheryl. She's bringing in those mystical energies. Yeah. Through the, through her, through her voice and through the power of the spoken thought, spoken word. And, uh, Rainbird, ever present in our hearts, calling in from the highest good of all concern to happen here and support coming in for financial responsibilities to take care of everything we need to do. And let's blaze the violet fire because there's uh, a unique thing going on with this this particular nation yeah. or nation about to be a nation. <laughs> uh, and the issue of guns is rather large. Yes. Um, and, uh, uh, just to remind everybody, Putin is in an underground base hanging out with Andromedans. And that is a lookalike out there. Uh, 
being run by the oligarchs, the um, answer to the fallen angels. Yeah, of both the United States and Russia. And it is a complicated story that goes right into the X-Files and ancient aliens. <laughs> and that's enough to turn anybody's head around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the other thing is that, I mean, we've got plenty to share. Did you find Abby Martin, Rama? Oh, I got to go get that in the other room. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we're not going to do that till after the sh- after the. After this. After this? Or later? Well, I'm just saying that there's two hours that we're going to play here of Kesh teaching us about taking a journey. A flight enhancement journey. Yeah, which has got to do with literally going there without any physical vehicle. And literally touching down with your physical vehicle on the moon and coming back in about five minutes. And the experience is the only way to gain that uh, wisdom at the cellular molecular level. And I would say this has something to do with activating our Merkaba vehicles. Which is quite an interesting concept because it is absolutely real. It is how we get around the universe. And this is one of the things Matthias has been teaching us for quite a while now. Not just um, fairy tale stuff, it's real. <laughs> And see, the thing is that um, the election wasn't copacetic on either side. The the education in higher conscious awareness is moving along, yet the uh, scourge of the greedy uh, characters that have been have have rigged the system for hundreds of years in their favor. Very small group of very. I don't know where the word naughty means anything, but. It is, it is unspeakable. Koyaniskatsi um, comes to mind. Yeah, and My, again, the reason that Putin is sitting in an underground base is because the oligarchs of Russia wanted to collaborate with the oligarchs of the United States and create another war for profit. Called nukes, but no... Well... They're trying to play with it. Yeah, they're saber-rattling, and there are no winners when you play with that story. Everybody has watched the movie with Matthew Broderick called War Games, aside from Tara. She hasn't seen (laughs) it. Ahem. My goodness, drama. What can I say? 
So tell me about the name of that movie again. War Games. And what? You know, it was about. Is there anything I don't know? It was about a computer geek in the 80s who actually hacked into the um, North American Strategic Command and played a war game with the computer and uh, the computer thought it was its creator and it actually started activating the launch codes for all the missiles around the planet. Oops. And it was a little scary. <laughs> but it had a happy ending. What was the happy ending? There are are no winners. Let's call it, why do we even need to go there in the first place? The so, computer, in other words, a ceasefire. Yeah, the computer said we don't need to go there. Essentially, it's not conducive with continuing life. Even the computer knew that. <laughs> and there was a ceasefire in Yemen just yes, a couple of days there ago. Was. Yet not without hundreds of thousands of children already being dead there. Yeah. At the hands of the United States, the UK, and Saudi Arabia, and Israel. And Joe Biden is going to Saudi Arabia to rub elbows with that murderer, Mr. Uh, Mohammed bin Salman. Yeah. Well, he wasn't alone. No. Trump and his whole family uh, participated. And uh, the Kushner guy got $2 billion for doing it in collaboration with the whole family. And as this whole old program goes down, every dime connected with it goes to zero for everyone. And then everyone minus... 500,000 perpetrators of unspeakable murder and genocide on this planet received 10 billion. 10 million. No, oh, 10 million, sorry, yes. <laughs> 10 million dollars. Yet within a month, they will be reassessing the value of all products and services where the value of the $10 million will be equal to $100 million in each and every person's hands, meaning there's not going to be the way the system is being run ever again. And the responsibility with that money is to renew the planet to its original pristine state. In other words, no more guns, no more nukes, no more war. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming that the energies are going higher and higher to the point where the guns don't work anymore. Well, this is leads into what I went and got a treatment from Ron Amoo today on the bio bed. And I was looking at the human resonance and it just keeps spiking and there's these white areas in that graph and 
it seems like that goes on almost every couple hours. And what Rana Moore explained to me is that's the sun sending out a pulse that is hitting the earth and everybody is kind of getting this wave of accelerated light and it's not a bad thing yet it lifts you up and as you're not embracing it and you're still in the old timeline it, it is disorienting to say the least Because you need to embrace the light coming in with love. You're well, you won't be able to go on a journey like yeah. on the flight enhancement unit. It won't work. No. So, it's a $1,000 a trip. If you order 20 trips, then it's 18000 so you save 2000 That's the word. That's a lot cheaper than Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos. <laughs> I'm just saying, why would you? They're not offering anything. No, no, they're not. That's just a rush. Yeah, and it's it's a crime to even consider going up. It was two hundred thousand dollars for a trip. Yeah, and. Place of violent fire. Well, we better get started, right? Yeah. Tell us what we're going to do here. This is um, that uh, cash to knowledge team on May 29th. Um, Mr. Cash. He explains more about the upcoming participation of knowledge seekers in the new enhancement units. Okay, this is an hour and 55 minutes? Yeah. About, and there's a few seconds. Okay, let's do this. Thank you very much. Good afternoon. Good evening. Uh, I came here as I promised. Uh, literally doing tour of all the foundation teachings, workshops, and everything. I find a lot of things about that. What we announced. It is a radical change. And many of you will, in a way, Enter unknown zone. You enter something which you do not know what will be. Uh, it's like a time of a birth, as I call it. Would the birth happen? Uh, what will be born? Uh, what will be the outcome? We, we strive to open that and get rid of the fears. As we saw with the bird, 
how would we change? How would we perform? Do all these birds manage to change color? Or we never seen, we never watched that some of them lose the power of the change and stay permanently in the last time they changed. What happened when this bird dies? What's the last color is taken in the dimension of physicality? These are not anymore one day will be answered that they has come, we have to answer. We have built the systems and we have to take that step, that giant leap to know the unknown. We were hoping for to space with a rocket and we hear maybe six out of seven billion managed to get to space and go into the space lab and you have to pass every test and half of the tests are race related and we have to have one Jew this time, the Arab guy hasn't been there, we have to get in and the rest of it. This time is us. That time has come. And uh, the reality is we have to be there. One of your knowledge stickers who we tested the system with about two years ago, a year and a half, two years ago, sat with his mother and father, both dead, to resolve a matter that he could not resolve with them. As he explains, they were sitting as we see them in a normal condition and he was talking to them and they were talking back where the problem was, whatever he went through. So, is not that we are going to start something that might be another bracket science we are opening the knowledge of the universe and as he says when he was sitting there he could see himself in the dimension of physicality he was aware of the position and time and the space with the mother and the father. He could not speak to his father during their lifetime as such. Now he could. We have seen with one of our knowledge figures how the sequence of the change comes. And as I said to one of our the first time people who are coming in uh, on Monday, you are part of the research team. Come in and tell us how you see and what needs to be done. And what is the change? 
do you see the change? There's uh, something which we have not explained fully. I think there's been a misunderstanding in the teachings of yesterday. Is that we are not looking for 10 people. We are looking for all of you. Every day, 10 people will be going into the system. Every time we open the space lab. And one of the problems which we have to overcome, we look at, if I go to Linz, I have to buy air tickets, I have to do this, I have to do that, and I have to do that. And it goes back to what we said all the time. Our job is to give. Maybe we are you to expenses to come to Linz and everything that must be five or ten thousand dollars. But you can sponsor an American, you can sponsor a Nigerian, you can sponsor an Arab guy to go in. Because everything doesn't have to be me. And this is something we're trying to bring across. If it's you who wants to experience it, you're welcome. But as one of the knowledge seekers says, if we can find a sponsor, we need to collect the data on all races. On all races of the man. And in the coming time, we'll go through animal kingdom. If it's cat. And we have developed a very elaborate system in replicating a lot of things. Um, we have never shown this system and we don't allow it to be photographed. This is correct. You will not release this technology into public. It's a knowledge never been released, never been shown. And we will not allow it to be known for the time being because we have to understand the limitations, the work, the, the the principle of the work. Continence, because we are openly inviting you. Or appoint someone to come to take place to add to the knowledge. We increase the numbers to about 50 a day in the next month or so. Because the more data we collect, the more we understand, the more we see, the better we come in what you call it, putting the flight system in its final phase and see who has traveled as well, who has come back, what they have brought back. Don't forget, we produce gold and other materials in the lab in Leeds. Some years ago, we have developed technology now that we can convert anything which comes in the system. Try not to be selfish that if I cannot go, no, I don't want to do, appoint someone. If you can get in, 
you get hit. But we need to build the numbers quite rapidly. And if we put the numbers together rapidly, we will be out of hand of the governments. The governments have not got hold of what is about to hit them. The implication and application of this technology is beyond imagination. We can put you into the office of a president sitting face to face asking for all peace. Putting a number of these machines in one room, we can deliver soldiers or saviors or rescue people in a given direction and position. The implication of this technology now which we have opened stretches beyond anything man could imagine up to now. I'll suffer the analysis here when you will hear this quite a lot in the coming time and we spoke about it before. Past few days and I was explaining to him that we put the cup and we put cancers around it. And we put an orange and we take the taste of the orange. How does that taste come in? What happened if we change the salinity of the cancers we put around the replication unit or different composition? Would that orange in the water will taste the same? But fundamentally, why do we taste that orange? One thing which most probably you have missed in the gathering of the knowledge is that you remember when you put a two metals, when you produce cancers, you produce the amino acid on the top layer. Do you remember when we asked you to create cancers of cancers? That you put cancers and you could produce some of your cancers. You still reproduced that amino acid on the top. You look for the taste of the orange in the water. And look for the taste of orange in that Invisible amino acid layer on the top. If your mustache gets on the way of the water before you drink it, it will not taste orange in the water. Because you take an amino acid out. taking the fields away. Or if the amino acid is in the process of being sunk into the bottom of the cup, you might just pick up a taste, part of the taste, part of the emotion. Now, I open your Pandora box and most of 
probably in the other teachings we opened it. So, Earth is that part. And one planet has the combination of the gans of the ganses to replicate the ganses of the life of the dog. Another planet has the replication capability of a tree. One of the trees or a shrub or a part of it and then it develops itself. Another point in the universe that orange the earth can replicate, create condition of the creation of man. Then, the question which all of you have to answer or understand is, Earth has been an ocean of water, composition of elements within it, and totality of every combination within perfect strength of a given strength of life. So, what does this mean? Does it mean that having the guns of the oceans of the earth billions of years has man been the cup or earth has been the cup and the man is a taste of that orange from another dimension which is replicated here. But because we have a Diversity of the strength and composition of the materials of the ocean has the dog has come from another dimension and the tree from somewhere else in the universe. And is it why Earth has such a big diversity of life? Because its ocean have diversity in gas production or field production that allows us to bring all the marvels of the universe to be replicated on this planet, to the works of our ocean, to the work of our swamps, to the work of dynamic fields which clouds create above us. If you understand this, it becomes very simple how the reactors in the enhancement units work. If the dimension and fields of the replication of you exist on the moon, you wouldn't land on the moon. And if the dimension of the fields of another planetary system or another star exists, that you can match to it, you will land in that place. But it's like a, what we call the jumping band. When you jump, you know you're going for a free fall, but you don't know how far deep you go. But the bungee jump road makes you back up to earth to the pole or to the bridge you lock yourself into. That pole, that bridge, you put your jumping rope on and you did the 
job is your physicality sitting in that machine. And if in any position you can create a condition because of your life, physical dimension, with the gravity of the earth, you can lift that machine out of its place to the destination and the position that where you want. These machines are set both ways, gravitational, magnetical, both for the physical dimension and for the soul. We want to see which one of you or which person who goes in will be able to do which one. The machines are marked on the floor. We know if it moves. We expect it to move. But the only thing we cannot do, we cannot shackle it to the ground. Because the field of strength is in the, what we call cosmic strength, and it doesn't make any difference. The machine is gone. But because you have a connection to it, we know you come back. see the process of the evolution as we prepare the plasma nodes, I call them emotions, getting ready to go in. On Thursday, we'll announce, and we announce it now, that most of the sessions will be live broadcast across the planet. We all watch the first people going into the systems. Would we see any effect? Would we change? Nine out of ten will not feel any difference. Or nine out of the ten feel totally emotionally going through the system and see the changes. Would we take that time? And would, for example, one of our people, the first numbers going in, will take the system and land up in God knows the country and his house as well as this machine doing in my bedroom. Because he wanted to go home. Or we have to see. We are prepared to lose a number of vehicles. We have already we are in mass production and we are prepared to lose and we are prepared to see back is an open-ended technology we have already people who have conditions who are coming in to see if the condition changes we have people who booked in to come in as family We want to know if any of you had a wish, you loved uh, another color being and you always wanted to be black, white or whatever. And would you change that color? And 
end of it is what changes from June the 6th will bring to the knowledge of man. If you can feed you and you don't feel hungry for months to come, because we have triggered the absorption limits of your body that you take from the universe, you take from the space and time. Some of you might eat three times and ten times more because now you always wanted to be size 60 and you're size 20 and you don't like it, you're all bone and skin. And how many of you will go through a transition? I wanted a blue eye. My mom gave me a brown eye. And you come out of the system and you have blue eyes for the rest of your life. Or some of you don't feel anything at all. We try to explain what is the cup. It's a huge change. We know number of governments since yesterday have started making rules to find the limitation, the application and implication of this. What happened if one of the members of the Universal Council comes into the machine and wishes to sit with the soul of one of the world leaders and change, elevate that soul and bring the change? What about if some of you go in and decide so beautiful that I don't want to return back to my physicality? Or I take the physicality with me. What is the fear of detachment from all of you who go into that system? This is a new knowledge. Is collection of all the things which we have taught over 30, 40 years. And I hope most of you have booked your way to go in. We have Americans who are flying in. I've been told we have people from different parts of Europe are walking in. We have people from different style of life are coming in to see if they can be that Mr. Armstrong, the first to break through to science and knowledge, and if they can break through science and knowledge, if one time is not enough for them to go for the next one. One of the leading sketch foundation researchers is going in to see what it is, what needs to be done to be part of the old structure to change if we need. When you come back in the dimension of the soul and physicality, we put you into what are called the compression plasma systems, which you go back as we're saying three to one, that 
you get ready for a physical life, how many of you would prefer to stay in the state of the soul and control the dimension of physicality? We brought knowledge beyond, far beyond what man could understand up to now and understood up to now. We were asked if you have a seat for two. What about if you go in and you come back with two? Would that seat be taken? So, it goes back to the point of how fast most of the knowledge is around the world can get in, or if you cannot get in, put somebody to get in, that we can complete this process. We give you a list of names of people who want to be here, but they can't. Or they like to have a black or African or a Asian or a Chinese to go through the system. We need a full spectrum. We don't need all Americans because they have money to come in. We don't want all one lot because they could afford it. Take 10 per day because we want to understand it. It's not just a fun fair to go in and come out and goodbye. I'll be there personally going through case by case what happened, what it is, what you felt. I was there case by case when we build the systems. We will live broadcast the system. And how many people around the world will rush to be there because the first one came out, said something, and he just they want to be part of it. Or we pass the enthusiasm and sit and think and do the proper job from the beginning. When you look at this bird, is as I said, as we saw with Corona, people change to black and the rest. How many people in the machine that come out different color, different shape? Because this is how you want it and your soul is satisfying your soul of physicality. Or nothing happens. Listen, I taught for years, and now this is the ultimate position. And you always answer, we should be prepared, you step by step, the enhancement you need, the vertical unit. And we didn't let any of you to go in because we kept on developing. Now, it's a collection of the body enhancement unit. Material enhancement unit, vertical enhancement unit, horizontal enhancement unit, 
all that knowledge is in one machine. You want an enhancement your needs for your cancer. You wanted the material enhancement unit to make gold and see how many of you will come back with a handful of gold. You wanted the vertical unit to transmute and transport. You wanted the horizontal unit to extend part of your length or whatever. And you wanted the vision unit to see how much you can affect or change the dimension of the vision of the map. All has been put into one unit. And all will be brought into that understanding of the unit, how it will work. How many of you will become a better man going inside when, when you come out? How many of you become detached? How many of you will increase the dimension of understanding of the languages of the world to speak 20 languages when you come out? We don't know. It's you who's the captain. And we're there just providing what I call the flight. to join in. I came here to this to deliver this and now I have delivered took more extension to it why do you want to fly the physicality when you can send the soul and then add the physicality here in the machine one Second, and then you call my dad from New York, says, Mom, I'm in New York with my brother. How did you get there in a few seconds? He left home today. I can come back. Either way, whatever I've taught you over the years, now is delivered. Units, the enhancement units, the marvel of the ganses, the marvel of the cosmic rays, and understanding of the space motion. And I hope you'll enjoy the trip. If you have any questions, I'll try to answer. But from now on, it's the questions you have to answer for yourself. Hi, Mr. Kish. I have a question about qualifications. I had cataract surgery and I had the silicon acrylic lenses put in my eyes. Would that keep me from going no. into the... only thing we suggest... These people with metal parts, hip replacements, um, if you are 
or a coal skeleton has been in any shape or form tied up with metals or plates in the back. If you have bombs, if uh, you have, we have not seen any effect on dental dentures or implants. And we have excluded that because it's part of uh, not being in the process. We still learn what they might do. If you're going to get the toothache, if you come out or you have a new tooth grown, we we watch everything. But we are a space technology development. We are mainly interested in transportation and transportation. And what happened in that process, we do always for you to tell us. We are not here to cure you from diseases. We are here to create a new space development. And that's a consequence of what happens in between is what you come in for. live broadcast on the 6th as you know uh, the television station center of the Keshe Foundation is in it so all the equipment for recording and transmission uh, all the cameras and the lights everything is there We see what we can report. We see what we can put on live. We see if people will allow us to show while they go through the emotion of the uh, system. Because I've seen it. The number of knowledge kids who have sat in the system and within seconds they have felt the change. Mostly on camera, we watch it. Most probably, the only part which will not record or plan to be recorded is when you enter into the machines. That's the, what I call the place where you have to be left on your own with yourself. There are two units in. And units are set in different ways. You want to know which one's more in line with which of the races, which of the conditions, which wishes, and which weather. There's a number of questionnaires given to you before and after. This is considered knowledge just to bring that in. Because the implication of it is huge. And no organization has ever had the knowledge to do it. We have it all of you have built pieces of it. Any other question? 
Good evening, sir. This is Galip from Holland. Hello to everyone as well. I hope you can hear me well. It I am... Uh, well. Yes, okay. Um, I, um, I have a few things wondering, but of course, as you say, I shouldn't ask everything. Uh, my soul knows it. But one very uh, physical thing is that for some reason, I cannot get any emails from the store at this moment. Well, so Why? Um, when I, I have ordered three tickets, but I don't know if I get chosen. Wait, is it, is it you, your brother and sister? Uh, yeah, it's one is my real sister, like uh, my family sister, and one is my close friend. And, uh, I was told about you coming in. We don't answer anything till Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, no, yes, I know. Uh, I was just saying that I cannot get, uh, I cannot sign in. So that's why what I. What mean you cannot sign in? Well, I um, at the mo at the day when I was trying to get the tickets, my password didn't work. So that's probably my mistake. But then I made a new account and I know the password. And I cannot sign well, in. Well, it doesn't need an account. It's a straightforward purchase. Okay, that, um, I... The only uh, thing is, if you, you made a purchase and there's an email sent, there's a link there, just fill in the form. Yeah, I didn't but get any email. That's the thing. What do you mean? Send email or receive email from us? Um... I cannot receive from you. So I say... For nothing has been sent. Nothing has been sent. Nothing will be done till Monday, Tuesday. Uh, yes, the reason why I say this, but I miss, maybe I'm just being too paranoid, but because I, are, I know I have an account with these emails because I have ordered in the past, I've gotten emails in the past, but now I click on forgotten password and nothing happens. It should so. not be. I'll check, I'll check immediately with the webmasters. With what we call IT people. You Thank you. I don't want to bother you, but... No, no, it's good for you to tell us. There should be no reason for you not to send, because most of the payment comes through systems. We don't see who's the sender. Yes. We need to see it, but in the story gets uh, done. I'll ask the, what do you call it, the IT people how it works, because it's not something I'm involved in. I don't understand it. Uh, but uh, I'm sure you'll get the response back. Uh, yes, if you have made the payment, uh, then the team is very, very active. I know about because I was looking for, um, I asked this morning from the team, they said there's a booking form three because we were looking for brothers and sisters. We're trying to bring uh, different uh, combinations on the first day. If you understand what I mean. Yes. Husband and yes. wife, yeah. father and son, and that kind of thing. Yes. Yeah, and I was told, you know, we're looking at the structure, how it works. Uh, we are allocating in a way that all 10 don't go together. You go at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, that we can follow the process, the first people. And then we go to the next one. There's, there's a preparation, there's a, 
uh, going through the flight system and then what I call platform the condition to put back in the reversal. Yes. Uh, we will inform you what time is your time. We don't want people there on top of things, especially the first day until we hand over to our people who will, what do you call it, monitor the whole work. They tell you bring back for us after going through the process from the first time you sit in the chair, number one, till you sit back on the other side on chair number one, we want to know the whole process. Yes. How you felt, how you did, what interaction you see, did you feel anything? Where we need to bring changes in, what adjustments is needed to be made for which races and what condition. And uh, we are preparing everything for it to be done in a in a very elaborate way. But uh, you will see the first. And then uh, in the second day, we are putting two people through the system at a time. The first day is one person at a time through the system. Second day, we are putting two different people at the same time in a reverse position to see what happened when we have two crafts, because there are literally two crafts next to each other. How do they interact? How can we create separation? How do we see the interactions? And then gradually we put two and two people at a time, but then after weeks, which means we get four people into the system. Four people that don't know each other, four people are related to each other, to see how well we have established the process of the control, that only one becomes the captain and the rest of it. Mr. Hi. Kesh, uh, hi, uh, Galib, uh, if you go to the store, you don't need to sign in. It must be something you don't want because I just went in there. You just add whatever you want and then you check out because I can sign in, but I went and I did it without signing in. You go to the shop and then you go to the program. You just click on it and you put how many sessions you want and go to check out. And you say, I agree with all the information and just go to. Yeah. Well, at, at, at this point, uh, the people and the beautiful people, the knowledge seekers, have know about known about me. Then I don't want to pollute the system, so I don't think there is a need to do it again. And we'll as for I'll get I'll get the the uh, IT people to come back to you tonight. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, I'll get my IT people because. Uh, we are monitoring how the applications are coming in, um, and uh, we choosing the first 10 that fits into what we want, and then every day we'll take 10 people in the first week. Second week, we take 20 people a day. And, uh, it still is the, still is the 30 minutes if you increase the number? Yes, we've done this in China. We know exactly how it works. I was wondering one more thing. If I yeah, let me explain something here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we are adding two units every two weeks or so into the structure. 
and we have access to facility to increase to 1,000 units within the same building. You've been to Lynn Center, you've seen it. We can extend into the whole of the shopping center, adding two and three numbers into the whole structure. And uh, the Keshe Foundation has built a manufacturing production line. We have assembly on production line. We know how many units per week or per month at the moment we can put out. Mr. Keshe, do we decide uh, if I want to go and sit alone or I want to go with somebody else or you decide? You decide. We have at the moment two seater. Because you said you want to test the four people, so if four people don't agree to go in together, so it's going to be useful. We leave it. No, we 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 have people like uh, uh, the gentleman just spoke uh, booking in with the sisters or a father and mother and the child. Everybody's booking their own way. You have to be over eighteen. We don't allow anybody under eighteen. And uh, why is that, Ms. Kesh? It's legal consent. And we do not. We just do the things the way it's got to be done. Um, but if the parents wanted the children to come in, you won't allow it. Yeah, no, we cannot. It's, it's a legality. No, for the time being. Mr. Kesh, I have another problem. Um, I need to get a hold of someone in IT because I'm having a hard time um, making payments or receiving credit for payments on the store website. Uh, I'll ask. Uh, I'll ask them to. Let me just talk about the keys. Just one second. I. Note. Uh, you cannot make or um, the options uh, that are given don't accommodate my needs. What is your need? <laughs> well, it says PayPal or bank transfer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I want to make a bank transfer, and it's a wire transfer. And there's no um, information given as to what the wire. Yeah, yes, I have. I actually sent the money now to a previous um, address that Klaus gave me, Which but I have have now no way of connecting that now to my order. We will we look into it. We look okay. into it. No problem. It's uh, happened several times, and I was just thinking if it was just if the system was streamlined, then it would work every time, and I wouldn't have to no, bother someone about it. No, we have uh, different banking and payment systems. Some people are still paying directly to the foundation in Holland, but we transfer the funds and we allocate it. Some people are still going to the old PayPal to catch foundation. We still do the transfer of it. Um, and um, 
uh, we'll look at it. If you made a payment, I'll check it straight away. I'll, I'll pass it on after this to IT because after this I'm going to the Brazilian teaching. Yeah, because before it took months before anything happened and repeated phone calls to Klaus and I don't really want to bother him. No, if you made it, we, we had a very big problem for um, three, four years to streamline the Keshe Foundation internally. Now it's totally streamlined. Uh, as much as we, we have managed, we brought a lot of things in and um, Thanks to the Iranian team, they brought us a lot of support with the IT working there. Some help we need, we get from them. We have a very good structure now in Linz. Before we used to wait for nobody knew where the orders go and things used to get lost everywhere in China and everywhere else. Now everything goes through Austria. We have a dispatch um, section with mm, people working in there full time, a number of people. And we have solved most of the problem. Unless there is something in product range, uh, what do you call? Uh, uh, it's, it's a website issue. Like in the website, it says to to um, to report that you have paid. Go to a certain thing to your personal profile and put it in there. But there's nothing under no, personal oh, profile where you yeah, can put let that me, let me get this check for you very, okay. very fast. Okay. Mr. Cash, with, with, the, with the money transfer, there is, a, there is a information about the bank is right there. But she has to go when it says donate. When it comes, the bank information comes. So you, all you need to do is uh, take a picture of that information on there, go to your bank, and then with that information, you can transfer the wire. Once you mm-hmm. transfer that... Oh, that you don't need to do that. You, don't, you can't do it online. You don't need to do I send the picture? Okay, yeah. Let me speak to IT after this and let me see what comes up. Because the IT team works as so I know they're working on a lot of things in the background with this process. Yeah, another thing I was gonna offer was to do some corrections on the text, like in the in the store. There's some errors in there and like yeah, please do. Please do. Who where do I send it? Send it to info at catch.foundation. Okay, thank you. I'll make a title of, even with your payment, send an information to info at catch.foundation. This web, this email is monitored on a daily basis or couple of day basis and we keep a very close tap on it. Okay, good. Send it there. Before. I said one before and it took two years to get an answer. <laughs> so oh, that was the past. That was the past. Oh, okay. Wonderful. No, Thank you so no. much. Yeah. We, we are, we are on the verge of a lot of developments. There's a lot of uh, work getting done. And, um, we, we are very, very open about it. We got battered and beaten by millions of dollars in the past three, four, three years which we invested from the investment to bring back the development and we got brought left, right and said that it was well planned by the people who were with us. Now we have brought that to a lot of control. We have increased the number of the employees in Linz to about 25, I think now. Uh, 
and it'll expand to about 100 in the next few weeks. Thank we, you. We have now, Cash Foundation has literally um, changed in the past 18 months. Now we have, uh, we, we employ, I think, about 25 now, and we are on the list to employ more people as the expansion is going in. And a lot of past problems is getting sorted. We are looking for good IT people who can be can put on position. And uh, it's getting sorted. It's, it's the, the biggest problem we had. We had to draw a line in uh, research and development and say, okay, this is it. This is it. We are not developing anymore. We finish the systems and then again go the leap of jump of development. Uh, as you've seen, as I said before, if you look at the enhancement unit, you see big, bulky units, um, each one, I think, about one, one and a half kilo. Now, in two years of research, you could have sent machines other than that upgraded. We went for a total upgrade without delivering. And now, uh, the same job, thousand times more powerful, is done by less than 50 grams. It's a revolution in technology. And uh, this thing takes time. And now uh, we have a production line, we have assembly lines, and a lot of other things. We've brought in a lot of good people. And uh, it's just uh, growth and tedious. But now we, we brought a lot of things out of it. If you want anything send it to info and then it gets sent to the people who are responsible to answer you or if it needs to be sorted, sorted. Info uh, catch that foundation. Thank you. Thank you very much. Even send a copy of your payment to info at Because I made this payment to this account and that's it. They can follow it. And if you want to sponsor somebody else from another race, we'll find them in Austria. You tell us you want the Iranian to sponsor, you want to find Chinese to sponsor. There are many knowledge because in different races in Austria, we can ask them to join us in. And they, in a way, you adopt a child in Africa, you adopt somebody to go through the process in, in uh, what they call it, in development and understanding. If I may, um, so regardless of uh, if we get not chosen for the first day, we were planning. You have. You Let me explain to you. I can't pronounce it. How do you spell your surname? Gedik. Gedik. Yes. Gedik. Mr. Gedik, I personally have asked your three to become as part of the first day. You should be in Linz on uh, Monday the 6th. Yes, sir, of course. I hope so. Uh, we have, if you have made your payment and it's there because we don't see it till tomorrow when the bank's open, I personally went through the list and they told me you booked once for yourself and once for a sister or their brother or something. I said, we need this. Because we want to see what's the connection between brother and sister. You, you come from the same strand of genes. 
So you quite welcome. You've been, uh, I personally intervened in your case and two other people. So you, you don't need to worry. We give you what time which one of you can come in. Or maybe we can put you and your sister at the same time through separate and then back together through the same double system. You know better. I was, mm-hmm. I was going to say we're open to do everything that you see fit. I'm there personally for the first few days and then we, we go through the next step and see what we do. But you personally, you and your sister, I thought it was another person, your brother. If I, I said a, I said a brother, uh, and I said my sister, but I guess I, maybe I shouldn't have written that way, but. Yeah, so that's why we chose, I chose you to come in. You're 100% in for the first day. I see. I, it's an honor beyond yeah. what I can express. And my second small question was, maybe you've uh, heard, but recently I've been elected at my school as something what we call the Universal Student Council. Oh, you are the Turkish guy. Yes. Ah, yes. Oh, I forgot your name. I met you with uh, the new Universal Council member for the Dutch. Uh, what's his name? Uh, is it Dennis? Yes. Okay. Okay, yeah. beautiful. Uh, he's, he's applied and he's been accepted. He's also a council member. He'll join the council in the next couple of weeks. Beautiful. Uh, you are. That's fantastic. We'll, we'll see you on, what do you call it, on 6th. Yes. And I, I can did bring you, Instagram account with me? Pardon? I can bring my school's Instagram account with me, or should I uh, make that later? What do you mean? Well, my school has an Instagram account, and I was going to ask if I could take over that account on that day, because I, I applied as the Universal Student Council on the website, so as part of my school as well. Um, to, that you have to... Uh, discuss with the Cash Foundation. Did you apply to become the Universal Council for the Turkish language? Well, I was born in the Netherlands where we have Dutch and English as the languages. So I cannot become Turkish Universal Council, but maybe yes. what you told me about the Dutch-Turkish one. Do you speak Turkish? You speak Turkish? Yes, yes. I explained to you, you can become the it also comes for because you ask, you want to do it as a student, you don't need to do it as an applier for it because I know I spoke with the Cash Foundation regarding your case and you don't need to go as a student, you can apply for the Turkish language in the also council for Netherlands. Or outside. the way Stefania is doing is she lives in England, but she plans the Italians from Italy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can apply for it because I know the Turkish uh, position has been vacated, so you have no should have no problem with it. But it's, I don't know if they have more applications from Turkey or Turkish language in which country. Uh, we'll see you on Monday. Yes. And uh, that would be fantastic.
Thank you very much indeed. Now I know who Thank you are. You. Thank, Thank you. And it's an honor. Thank you. Very much. Uh, I spent a lot of time talking to different members of the Kish Foundation around the world, more or less every day. And uh, this just uh, is not a 95 job, it's 24 hours job. And we meet with different groups and different people in what is needed to be done for the foundation in different structures and cultures. Any other question? Other, have you applied to be here? Uh, no, Mr. Gamsh. Not yet. You're still in Mexico. No, I'm not in Mexico, but do you want me to be there? No, no, I don't, I don't ask anyone to do anything because I know usually you no, jump. Because I know, because, I, because I, just, I just came from Mexico and then I have to work <laughs> because <laughs> then there's not going to be any money. <laughs> no problem. Because if I was, if I was just like, I mean, I was working and they didn't go to Mexico, probably I would have been there Sunday, <laughs> this <laughs> Monday. Oh, no problem. That's perfect. Thank you very much. No. Are, there, are there any questions? Any other questions? That's Mr. Cash. Um, earlier today, we were talking about all the logistics and the plane and the testing and uh, so on. And Erm had suggested maybe we should sponsor uh, someone. That that's an option. And when you just mentioned that uh, about sponsoring someone, and, and that's important too, I was seeing the picture of a, a captain on a ship, and the ship is in distress, and the captain makes sure that all the others get to safety first before he actually maybe exits the, the ship. Even though eventually... I said, unless you're a Greek captain, you jump out first before the <laughs> So I was thinking of eventually I'll get there or it'll come to me or if I could just uh, appear in Linz, that would be great. But I think sponsoring someone uh, maybe from so- somewhere where they probably would never get the funds to get there uh, would be just as important. And I think you've confirmed that. Um, we have to collect the data. Uh, in the totality of the knowledge of the, it, this, this, the systems don't have any computer built in them that uh, they can remember or data control. When you come into the system, you see it's actually a flight system. It's a, it's a working flight system. You don't see any control. But once you sit in, as I said, once you touch something, you create a link with it. Once you sit in and connect to the system, the information of what you carry will become part of the system. The next person adds to it their information. When you put a magnet on the table, doesn't matter how many other magnets you put in it, will make a connection and remember where the line has been to connect to who to where. It's the way the universe carries its memory bank. We replicated it. So, uh, 
we need to bring as many as possible. It'll be very interesting when I see the first entity from out of this planet who will go into the system and we see their true face. It'll be an amazing experience to see the other passengers of the universe with us. Or bring them back, as you said, if they can. They, 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 they are with us. Maybe we will get back, but they are with us. I'm sure some of them don't even know themselves. Mm. They've been here such a long time. What about these three-chair progress, where you said you start off in the chair of physicality, you move to the chair of the... We, it is, it's like you go, you know, when you go diving, you go through the compression chamber and the rest of it. It's the same system. We, we have to prepare the body for the, the, for being able to handle what is going into the body. So it's not that you're changing chairs, you're changing whatever field. No, 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 no. You have to wait one second. I'm going to show you what you go into. The system all looks the same. It's not something different. But the structure, the built-in is different. This is strange when you want it, you know. Interesting. Uh, Alex has been working with these chairs and changing position of chairs. And we must have had an insider, so had some sort of insight with these moving chairs. But it's been wild. No, 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 no. You're not moving chairs. You are not moving chairs. You're not moving chairs. Just give me a chance. Maybe I'm going to. I'm looking for something which I have on my picture page. I have to find it. You've seen it before, but I want to explain to you.
We have set up um, six of these units. We call them unit one, unit two, unit three. Each one looks the same from outside, but constructionally inside they're totally different. They're not the same. And each internal construction is set up for a given purpose. And uh, Are you trying to share a picture with us? Yes, I'm getting too old or blind. I can't see the picture I'm looking for. I'm way up and down. Um, we don't want to share something which we don't want to go public with. That's a problem. Uh, let me see. Yes, you have this one. You've seen this one. I'm going to share with you. Missed it. We came back to it. Uh, we put three of these units on either side, entry and exit from what I call flight system. Um, the structure inside is totally different. And you, one is built to handle the dimension of physical life, the energies which are in physicality. Number two is set up to handle what we call the soul of the, uh, uh, soul of the physicality. Number three is built to handle the soul of the man, which is a cosmic race, which is a very advanced structure in what we call cosmic race. And uh, we take you through this process of uh, going through uh, you can see this picture just waiting for it. Yes. You see this unit? It's a vision unit? Yes. These vision units are set in a specific way uh, and we have number one, number two, number three. Each one carries a seat. You sit under it. One is to handle the physicality. When you find a balance in physicality, we give you time. There's no two minutes. Then you go to second seat till you find the time. Then you move to the third seat, which is for the soul of the man. In a way, we prepare all three that are in a working balance condition. And then you move into flight number one system, then flight number two system. And then when you come back out, you go to another set of three like this, 
both are set on the other side, which you enter because now you're coming from a condition of the, uh, what we call expansion of the soul, as you call it. You go into the soul system first. And then when you feel settled, you move into the chair with a soul physicality. Then the last one is the physicality of the man energy. Then you come back to the condition as a man. Is this part of the processing time, or is this something independent of the processing time? No, 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 no. It's part of the processing time. It's part of uh, preparation. We cannot send you directly into the big systems. It's mayhem. This process takes five or ten minutes. depends on how people, you know, find themselves. We built the system to go to Arizona and with the situation we sit at the moment uh, in the limbo with negotiations. Total, we kept it with, kept with us. So it's a building for us. We're using the systems which are Arizona systems. And uh, what do you call it? Uh, another 30 odd is in the process of getting manufactured and built to go to Arizona. And, uh, um, when you go into the flight system, flight systems are in totally two different settings. We want to know which setting fits more appropriate for which job, which setting, one setting is set for the physical takeoff in the way of physical flight, one set up for the expansion of the soul. We want to know which, how, People will respond to which one is more. If you want, don't want to go to moon and you want to be here, but you want to be able to expand the, the strength of the soul of the man that you can become to learn how to handle it. And then the rest of it, which comes with it, you, we put you in, in the, from then on into one system. If your target is to go to moon, you sit in another system. Uh, everything is set up and to go through it. Very nice. And this is part of the way we're going to attract the attention of the world leaders and others to move away from the... On, on Saturday teaching, you might have heard something, you might have seen something, you might have not understood, but things happen in the background. President Xi of China was present online and the CPC of China. Chinese military were online. Iranian leadership and Sepah were online. And one of you, somebody sent me a message, why did Iran suddenly today release immediately something about the defense system to distract what is to come. We know that the members of the cabinet of the White House have been on it. 
if you listen to yesterday's teaching, uh, and press our security informers, Beijing is online, they're sitting with us. And if you listen to what I mean, she says there are many people in. We were informed that the leadership of China is online, and I bless His Excellency President of China, that we stay loyal to China for the confirmation of our work. We are very political. We, we know exactly what's happening in the background, that we stay correct. And if you listen to yesterday, I the Iranian leadership because they're online exactly what they cannot. And what did they do today? It's there. I received the confirmation. Iran has suddenly released uh, the new aircraft or whatever they want to on the military base. That they will not use the technology for what's in that beat with the Iranian part. Things don't happen quite simply the day after whatever. We said on the 3rd of December, on the 4th of December, drone was captured. I arrived back in uh, Vienna, met with the Iranian officials at 10, 11 o'clock in the morning on Friday. Friday, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, the Iranian delegation left because of the attempted on my life. And on Saturday, those who planned it were flattened out. It's got to be understood that we work within a framework and all leaders listen to what is going because they understand what is to come. If you enter the system and you wish to serve it Putin, you can do so. But would you elevate his soul? That He'll withdraw or stop or he'll come to the conclusion. That's your problem, not mine. If I sit with him, he will change. But I know I did the reason they're doing what they're doing. If I hit you, I become a criminal. If you hit yourself, you're crazy. Or you enjoy it. And if the Christians try to wipe each other out, it's their problem. How they do it. If we get involved, then we have something else to do with it. We've seen the Islamic court is trying to reach an agreement between Sunni and Shias in Baghdad. We soon will see some sort of agreement will come through the rest of the world. Through the Christianity. And there is a reason for it. So, Let's see how and which one of you, what it does, what you feel, how you don't feel anything. Most probably people who come on the first day, we make arrangements to, uh, even they can go through the system twice to see the difference in the first or the second one. But we have to understand, we have to literally see the process. Do they feel the change? Don't they feel the change? When you sit in this, uh, 
in transformation of the housing unit, you feel it instantaneously. And then when you allow it to progress to the other parts and to develop the other parts, one of you in this room has been in it. Emotions ascertains. We haven't done anything in the finding or whatever, but we chose people who we go through the process to develop. be so fantastic to see the government start to sponsor their own populations to go to Lentz or even start to bring the units into their own countries. We don't need to, there's a problem, these are prototypes, I call them even though we are mass producing. The point has to come where we don't need this physicality of this machine. I see it maybe a few months away. Now we have to embed the system inside this. But I see next coming time that we will see a collection of fields building the structure we're looking for. Very much like different part of the brain of the man. It's like a godsend. <laughs> no, it's evolution in science. You see the chair is underneath the unit when I tell you you move from one chair to another. That white uh, chair, that's a chair, plastic, is the chair which you sit in when you go through the process. It's a beautifully designed Italian chair. I mean, Mr. Cash, I mean a gift from the Creator in so many ways. Yes. Hello, Mr. Cash. This is Ed. Could you explain to us the benefits of going through the units more than once to sign up for more than one sessions? It's not a benefit. We want to see what desires you can satisfy. Well, is there a the development process that you go through? You go through the same system again as before. Well, uh, I mean, internally, in, inside yourself. That is time. you will tell us, yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe the first time you want to see what you get out of it, you get nothing out of it. Maybe the second time you go with the sincerity because you come back to your soul and not to the system. You want to see it with Mr. Putin. Or the third time you want to sort out the cancer in such and such a position in your body. The the new units are even different than what you see here. The they're designed to interact with the emotion of the body very much. Since we build this unit in front of you, 
to what is you will see in the 6th of June. Even the physicality is the same. I mean, it's the same shell. Inside, I can say it's like 200 years of development and researching gone forward. Even the past six months since we built the first of these as a prototype, we started. The uh, systems built to go to John, <laughs> if you say <clears throat> that third generation, that now the technologies are the fifth and sixth generation, which is used in the flight systems. We have to draw a line because, as I said to our people, I moved away from the lab totally. Because every time I went in, we added something. And I said, you know something, we never stop adding, changing, and expanding. So I'm moving out till the units are finished, and I come back in. Because otherwise, we keep on going. And now, now when the units are finished, the next generation, we bring out maybe in six weeks, maybe in three months, whatever. It will be, again, totally different structure. I have to teach as much as our team can understand what it does. Otherwise, it becomes a fairy tale job. Ed, I'm going to close your microphone, Ed. Oh, you have it. Thank you. Hello, Mr. Kesh. Yes. It's John. Arizona. Oh, can I not know your voice? How are you, John? Oh, I'm fine, thanks. How are you feeling today? You're okay. Um, yes, sir. So the um, the up on joysticks, those little things hanging down. Um, what is hanging down here? There's nothing hanging down. You're not supposed to give a secret away, John, just because you know it. <laughs> <laughs> This system doesn't have those, but now we, now you understand what we say. John more or less is aware of all the developments on daily basis. I try to keep him debriefed. So now you get the cat away. So carry on. So will the um, person that sits in the chair um, actually hang on to those joysticks and and? Uh, oh yes. And. Will he make a turn? You know, he sees something he likes in his, in his travels and makes a turn with the joysticks? You can do. But you don't. No, 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 no. I don't understand with that. No, 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 no. Joyce, those two, what you call joysticks, what we call controls, is totally for different purposes. So you don't move those around to go? No, 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 no. Okay. Uh, I'll explain to you in private what they're for. Okay. Okay. Uh, John is talking about what I call the fifth generation or sixth generation because he gets debriefed on a full basis what we're doing. These systems you will see on next Monday uh, carry two um, cables. For a specific purpose that um, the participants have to hold when they enter the system. 
the uh, uh, the eight units that people will go into in Lens, or will these all be the uh, the freestyle ones? What are you talking about, Nigel? The the um, body enhancement units. We are not, you're not going into an egg. So there'll be no eggs there within this system? No. As I said, the new systems have no physical boundary. It's far more advanced than UFOs. When we give you the, the enhancement units, the white units, then you have a limitation of the filtering of the fields on the strength of the walls. As I said to you, uh, that those enhancement units are like dinosaurs compared to the technology which is used today. evolution in science and technology. We've never shown, nobody has ever seen it. And the person was here, but he wants to disclose what they felt when they went in. I'll give it to them. How it affects directly. And this is in the, what we call previous generations. The very first generations. Now it has moved on. It's very, very, very sophisticated, very elaborate in trying to match into more or less 7 billion souls and remember all of it. Well, I'll, I'll disclose that that person he's talking about was me. Um, I went into one of these units, um, and when I went into the unit, um, like he, like he was saying, there was this immediate connection. Um, I could feel it in, in my, my head, if you will. Um, a sudden burst of, not burst, but a sudden energy field, uh, overcame me. Um, maybe overcame is the wrong word, but, um, I could feel it in my, in my head. Almost, I call it an energy headache, where all of a sudden you feel like you get an energy wave come over you, and it was like a connecting of my soul with the soul of this unit, and it had to find its balance. So as I sat there for the first two or three minutes, there was a balancing of the feels, and all of a sudden, this bigger energy wave kind of died down to where it was, um, say, balanced. It, 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 the two systems were balanced. My energy field and its energy field became balanced. And at that point, um, I, I just kind of sat with it with no expectations or anything. Um, to kind of see how it would, how it would interact with me and, and what the, uh, the reactions would be, you know, within my, 
physicality. Um, it was it was interesting because even after so even after I got out of the unit, I I sent the unit uh, the emotion my emotion of love and gratitude, and I could feel like the love and gratitude coming back to me. So there was this connection between the unit and me. So it's my thinking that even the people that, you know, use the unit, that they'll be able to connect back with the unit if they, if they desire to after they leave the, um, after they leave Lens. Um, because the connection is established. As long as the unit's on and, and running, um, there's that connection that you'll have. So potentially, you know, as we talk about the soul travel, um, you'll be able to travel, you'll be able to utilize soul travel without being in Lens if you're, if you're ready for it. Um, maybe Mr. Kesh can talk a little more on that if he, if he wishes. Now that you disclosed your position, do you remember when you sat in and I stood in front of you, how you felt between your soul and your soul of physicality, your heart? Um, there was a, um, it was a little, it was a little bit like falling in love, like there was emotionally, um, kind of the fluttering of the heart, you know, that, you know, you feel like, uh, uh, It's like like you first fall in love, you know. It's like you you're kind of your heart's racing, and uh, you know you feel you know in love. <laughs> so it was. So this this kind of came, I'll say, five minutes after being in the machine. So first you have the balancing, then you have the. Uh, the emotional connection with with the heart, and at first, you know, you, you're not really ready for it, um, and it kind of because it's 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 so powerful. I mean, it's not like a you know a kiss on the cheek. It's a uh, it's an overwhelming you know emotion of uh, of love. You know, that just kind of overwhelms you initially. And then again, you balance, you know, so it's like you start with, with, you know, the emotions of the, or the energies in the, in the head, and then it moves into the heart. And, you know, the heart, you know, finds its balance point. So it's like you balance the two of them. And then, you know, it's, it's more like you're, I'll say back to normal. Um, but it's not really normal. It's, it's like you're, you're, um, you're ready. You know, it's like now you're ready. And this is uh, the yeah, what we call the system number one, which John has been on. 
since John was uh, sitting in this, uh, the system for the soul or the system for the soul of physicality is added on to. It is one of the most powerful systems man will ever know to know himself. John, do you remember the first few seconds when you sat in, what you felt emotionally? I watched you all you through it. So, almost right away, you know, you could feel, so I, I kind of went in with a blank slate. I sat in the chair and um, almost emotionally, immediately, you got this overwhelming feeling of something's, something's happening in my head. I have this, you know, energy field that was, you know, almost like an energy headache, you know, because it's like initially it was, um, a little bit, a, a little bit, you know, it's, it's like you could actually feel a headache in, in your, in the top of your, you know, like you're coming down with a headache, but then it balanced out pretty quick. So within the first five minutes, you went from, uh, you know, actually first two minutes, you went from, um, a lot of energy to a balancing of the fields to, you know, moving down into the, into the heart area. So it was, it kind of, um, all happened very quickly. So you sat in a chair and all of a sudden you got, uh, uh, you know, you, you got a headache, you know, um, not a strong headache, but just that it was like he knew that something was going on in your head right away. And then, you know, it balanced out, you know, if you just sat with it, don't, you know, fear that, oh, this is too much. You know, you just sat with it and let it, let it, uh, balance. Then it, uh, it found its space and then, you know, moved in the heart. And again, it, the heart had to find the balance. So it was like balancing one and then balancing the other. Thank you very much. <laughs> As I said, we did. we work very close with John in development and everything else. And those of you who go through this process very rapidly find out exactly where you want to be, how you want to be, and how you want to change the time and place and the position. Is there anything else you want to add, John? No, I, I kind of, so after the, um, the initial five, ten minutes of balancing, I kind of had my own personal agenda that I was um, targeting. So even before I sat down in the chair, I had my own desires, and I just kind of... Uh, uh, after everything was balanced, kind of focused on sitting it with sitting in it with the energies of what it is that I wished and desired. So rather than trying to jump into 
uh, travel right away or, or uh, other things. It was uh, allow the system to uh, do its work and then after feel balance, then to focus on why you came into the chair, what it is that you wish for. That was my approach. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I don't know that, uh, all of my wishes have been, <laughs> you know, fulfilled, but it was, a, it was a test for me. And I kind of sat and I moved around in the chair a little bit, kind of just see, okay, what does it do now? What does it do? And maybe I'm disclosing too much. But if you turn the chair sideways, you uh, it helps more with the eyes. So potentially, you know, you improve your third eye if you move into a sideways position. I tried, I tried that also. Uh, I don't know that I can claim any results or anything from it, but I just tried it. Thank you very much. Now, I think everybody knows how real these systems are. And they, we are just continuously developing. And when we reach a point of a star, Creation, magnetic field, plasma positioning in these systems. I see it maybe a few weeks, few months away because our team have to understand it. Then we don't even need the enhancement units. Can I say something, Mr. Cash? Yes. Uh, this is Selena from Georgia. Uh, I I can explain. Uh, proper, uh, very good, but, but I, I want to explain my, uh, experience one day. I have so traveled a lot of time, but that day was different. I was sleeping, laying on the bed. I woke up in the early in the morning, but I'm laying in the bed. Suddenly, I felt I'm inside something, like spaceship. I don't want to say, but something. So, and I'm trying to lift it up. But I was, I was laying in the bed, but I saw I'm standing. There is no chair. I'm standing there. And I'm trying to lift it up. And then, um, but that time was a little bit darker early in the morning, but I'm seeing very bright day outside. And then um, I, I lifted the, the, uh, the thing like a, like a third floor. And my body is like, the, I, uh, I, I was sleeping at the uh, second floor. So uh, when I woke up, so I'm watching the ceiling fan and then I, I close my eyes. So when I feel my body is lifted up, 
So I felt it is, I, I think it is in the, touching the fan. So, 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 so when I thought I'm touch, my body is touching the fan, then I felt my ship is, uh, touch, uh, is little bit, one side is, uh, going to the ground, is, 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 is touching the ground, and then again I lift it. And then again it's touch, uh, when I thought the, about the fan, and then one side is going down. And, uh, the, when I, moving the ship, uh, I felt it, it is the... Would you, would you like to come and test it in the real structure? I don't know the structure, but I am seeing no, the... Oh, you don't? Uh, what I'm saying, would you like to come to Linz and see if you can reach that point? <laughs> I'm a housewife, you know? What we are trying to do, and here is trying to explain yeah. that, sorry, if you can close your microphone, please. What we're trying to explain is for man to um, understand that he can expand the soul of the man, the fields of his own existence, we call the soul. Beyond the boundary of the physical life, even though we still see the dimension of physicality within the physical body. Uh, I, I speak about this in a very different way sometimes. It's like uh, being in a submarine. When the submarine is out on the surface of the water, we stand on the deck and we see with the eye. When we submerge the submarine in the water, we, we become, it's like a physicality being submerged in the soul. We extend the soul that the physicality goes inside. Then we take out the telescopes, or what they call it, there's a name for it, in naval pieces. Periscope. Periscope. And we take a periscope and we look out again to see what's happening outside the surface. This is what's going to happen to what we try to do in this technology. You know, that's a very, but the water is inside. But now once we go in, the water takes over and you want to still see what's happening in the dimension of its scan or you create the sonic waves and see, feel what is going on, what, what you could imagine the outside. Is the extension and expansion of the field. And that's the beauty of it. Should I explain a little bit more? Mm-hmm. No, please, because we are here for a different purpose, if you don't mind. Um, the, the whole purpose is, please find your way to Linz, because we need to collect as much data, as much as possible, or sponsor someone. We try to gather the data as fast as possible, that our flight systems sit within the structure that 
uh, we can fly the soul or we can extend the soul. The soul decides in the interaction with others. And then when the soul does, the concrete, the basement, the building has no limitation because it works in different dimension. Or in another system, flying system, see where it lands. If you take our system, we'll bring it back to it. We need to bring it back. But as the capability, is a dual capability. And we would like you to be there and bring as many people as possible that we connect with all the souls of the mankind and what, any kind of being on this planet. And I'm sure 100% we will see creatures of the universe with us. And we can extend the knowledge and we bring it in. And when we tell you we've done a lot of work, a lot of knowledge because are working with us in the background in a very quiet way as you heard now join this course. He came all the way from the United States to here to test, to be in it. And we have done the same with many, many knowledge seekers. It is our job to share the knowledge freely and to everyone. And how it will evolve and develop is on the knowledge seekers. And how what you bring with it. How the members of Universal Council will bring this knowledge to be shared amongst the men and beyond. Up to now as members of Universal Council, we always looked at you'll be in touch with the others from in the universal community to get something. Now you have realized you've become to give something because the crown of the knowledge of the creation has been given to the man as of now. You will understand what I have given you to as a knowledge. There is no material in the world which can pay for such a beautiful knowledge. It's just to help mankind use it wisely for peace and creation of peace on this planet and the rest of the universe. Thank you very much. I have to get ready. I'm going to go to the Brazilian team and hopefully we'll be able to carry more knowledge when we are together. If there is any question, I'll try to answer very quickly. Hello, Mr. Keshe. This is uh, Nikolai. You hear me? Yes. Thank you for today. This is gorgeous. I have one question, and it is, are these systems um, creating essentially a library of the human? And uh, my question is, in regard to the beings that have implants in the body, metal and so on. Will there be a point when the system has acquired enough knowledge in its library that it can uh, also accommodate those beings with uh, had implants and understand the difference? I understand what you're talking about, but you have to understand 
we should have no limitation in materials or no materials. It's just to be protective, just to not to create anything which can go wrong. Because the implants is the interaction of the two totally different materials, the bone and the metal, and the, and the bone, if expands or the metal expands, can create havoc. That's all. Yeah, thank you very much, Dr. Sam. I, uh, my, my question was only related to myself in this regard. I have two shoulder surgeries and in the time that I had the two shoulder surgeries is when I found Keshe Foundation when I was sitting on the couch for two years watching videos. So for me, it's a funny, is it the funny moment. Titanium, is it titanium joint? I believe, I believe so. Uh, titanium, uh, little pins and they stretched the oh. labrum back onto. Uh, it's not a full shoulder titanium replacement. No, no, just small little uh, anchor points. No, I don't think that will be any problem. <laughs> Beautiful. We well, I uh, I look forward to. I'm in I'm in Arizona now, so I would uh, be very happy to look forward to seeing these units arrive in uh, United States and with John. Wish wish that your leaders come to their senses. Or somebody in these machines have to do that. <laughs> very well. I will put the wish Thank in. You. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much for letting me be here. And hopefully we meet again soon in teaching standards. Thank you very much, John. Thank you very much, Mr. Cash. Thank you. Thanks, John. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, this was a different way of going through a process of learning where we slow down and we listen inside. Um, So this is the second um, connection to this healing modality. I'll read this. Uh, we have seen them in many science fiction movies, yet now they are here and operational. Our special guest, John Bliven, is the managing director of Keshe Foundation Spaceship Arizona Institute, and they are revolutionizing the medical science technology. They have a prototype ready. Let's just get started. Yeah, you too. (laughs) Welcome, everybody, to Broadcast Team Alpha, where we bring you cutting-edge conversation, and we're not fooling tonight, while exploring the quantum possibilities. We have an incredible show tonight. But before Augie tells you about our guest, I just want to thank you as always. 
Thank you for showing up. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the lively chat that goes on in the chat room. Thank you for your super chats. Margaret, I didn't get to say thank you for last week. Thank you so much. You know, when you send us the super chats, it's just, it's such a gift of love and we're so grateful. I just want to invite you to join us on Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern time for the Mastermind Connection. A group of really cool people get together. That's uh, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we create an intention. And together we um, we envision beautiful imagery that supports the intention. And we go into the feeling place of it. Right? We tap into the quantum. And we evoke changes in the physical. So we've done things with healing. We've done things with weather patterns. We've done things with um, things that people have needed, you know, like a home if they were homeless, right? Really amazing things have manifested. If you're curious or if it feels like something you would like to check out, send us an email to the, T-H-E, Mastermind Connection, all one word, at gmail.com. Augie will send you the link. You can come and join us um, at 3 p.m. We have an open discussion. It's always very, very interesting. And if you like it, you can hang out and stay there um, and discuss with us. So, Augie, I'm so excited. Tell us about our oh, guest. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, th- this is going to be good. Tonight, you will hear about the absolute leading edge of plasma science and technology of the future. The only trick about this is that this future technology is here today. And uh, we have John Bleven here to explain what the technology is, the capabilities of it, and what they are doing at his laboratory in Phoenix, Arizona, and the main research center also in Europe. Uh, I know just enough about this technology to talk a little bit about it. Because much of it actually can be explained through quantum mechanics. And uh, this is what I'm telling the listeners and the viewers out there tonight. I don't care what you had planned for tonight. I don't care if it's dinner or going to the movies or visiting your brother-in-law. Cancel it. Stay with us for this hour because this kind of technology is something you want to know about because it is coming to your neighborhood soon. Then again, chances are it already is in your neighborhood. Because if people in your neighborhood are sharp enough to go to the website that we're going to show you shortly, then they can find some of these devices and some of these things that would really make their life totally different. And um, in relation to that, I want to tell you about a 35 second story that um, I have just a very small part of, and that is that I have a friend over in Germany, and uh, Klaus over there, uh, not this last winter, but the winter before, he heated his house, not by turning the furnace on, but by using a little device that he got from the people that you're going to hear about today. And he heated his house with this device. And it wasn't plugged in anywhere. So now, (laughs) I told Jan about this about two hours ago when we talked on the phone, and he wasn't impressed. And he said, yeah, yeah, I know, but 
there's so much more now. So, okay, a guy heats his house by not turning the furnace on, but by using a little device. That is impressive to me, but I guess that's that is. We want to hear the rest of the story, Jan. So we have Jan Bleven with us. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you very much. Yeah, so exciting. So the Cash Foundation, which I'm a part of, um, is a spaceship organization. And what they're doing under the leadership of Moran Kesh, an um, Iranian scientist, and they're bringing forward technologies that are uh, technologies that have never been seen on this planet before. Um, and they work with magnetic and gravitational fields to create energy fields that uh, can be utilized for a number of different purposes, uh, whether those purposes are for healing whether those purposes are for elevating the soul, balancing the energies within the uh, individual, or uh, creating crops that you know, are GMO-free, for example. Um, there's a wide variety of stuff that uh, these energy fields can do, and we're on the cutting edge with the foundation of bringing these things forward. When Augie told me about the, the story of the, the heating, um, I heard these stories before and they are true, but there's so much more that's coming forward that's almost, for most people, um, unbelievable. Because as a spaceship organization, we're bringing forward space technology um, that will allow for travel into the depths of space in a completely different way, without rockets, without, um, um, you know, fuel. They're, they're um, developing technologies now where you can travel in an energy field. I don't know if anybody's seen the movies where they create an energy bubble and they travel in this energy bubble, kind of like a Merkaba. Mm-hmm. But these things are going to be become um, reality for for today's citizens. And when they become available, it will open up an entirely new world for all of us. It'll open up a world where uh, what we thought were, you know, we would call them aliens or space beings. Um, we'll start to understand that this universe is much bigger than people understand. And these craft that they see in some of these uh, videos where they're um, uh, a light energy and they flicker and they change colors and then they zip from one side to the other. These are the types of things that we're creating and we're creating them not only at our facility in, in Mesa, Arizona, but also in, um, in Austria, in Linz, Austria. So I'll share with you, you know, some of the things that we're doing, um, but I'll 
for the time being, pass it back to Augie um, and let him uh, work on some questions and we can address those specifically. Let me just mention one thing in relation to what you just said about these technologies and moving in space and so on. In about 1978, the head of the Lockheed Martin Skunk Works, in an interview, he did say that we know how to take E.T. home, and it would not take a lifetime to do it. And that, and he also said <laughs> that uh, if you have seen it on Star Trek, we already know how to do it. Yeah. So the technologies you are talking about is now finally coming out into the private sector where maybe the military have had it for many years. You know, one of the good things about the cash technology, it's, it's a step above even what the military has today. Mm-hmm. It's the higher dimensional um, energy fields. So, um, for example, the military might use something like a TR-3B or a flying triangle to get from, you know, here to the moon or Mars or wherever they go. We'll, we're bringing forward at this particular time as the earth plane allows the higher, higher dimensional energies to, to come into the plane. We're bringing about, um, energy fields of a, uh, higher magnitude or cosmic energy fields. So we'll be able to travel not only our universe, but throughout the universes. So this is, this is, uh, you know, it, it's, it's exciting because it's all brand new, never seen before on this planet. Um, and the technologies are, you know, they don't cost billions of dollars. They cost, um, you know, relatively, relatively cheap in comparison. So it's going to be available to a lot of people. And it's really, that's what it's for. It's for, I'll call it the average man, um, versus, you know, in the hands of, you know, a few that control it. One of the things that the foundation is really all about is bringing peace to this planet. And the technology won't come forward until peace is a part of the planet and the, the technology is used for peaceful purposes. Because if in the wrong hands, um, it can be as destructive as it is positive. Yeah. We want to make sure that the technology comes out in a safe and correct way that uh, people have access to it. Wow. Well... I am kind of almost speechless here listening to this because I can imagine the scope of it from medical. Well, can, and from, can we get a little specific? I mean, yeah. how does the technology work? What does it look like? I mean, it's a little nebulous right now. Yeah. So let me, um, let me share my screen if I can. Okay, so if you go, can you see the screen okay there? Mm-hmm. That's good. 
Okay, so this is the Keshe Foundation Spaceship Institute YouTube page. And if you go to the YouTube page and click on videos, then you'll see a bunch of videos about detective teaching that's been going on every Thursday night with Mr. Keshe, where he talks about um, a lot of things that are getting us prepared for our future. The current uh, episode, I think, is 400 and 434, 434 workshops that he's been doing on a weekly basis. I want to pick out a picture here. Um, and this... Uh this is open to the public then? Anybody can watch it. Anybody can teach themselves about technology by simply watching these videos. They can go through and, and watch 434 of them. Wow. Um, and there's a lot of information, not only about the, the, the technology that's coming out and what it's all about, but also about um, uh, how the individual and um, manage his own elevation. So it starts him down this path of, it's really about where the soul and the science meet each other. So soon, um, as the energy shift on this planet, every individual will start to realize that they have capabilities that have been latent and that uh, there's... Um, ability within their soul, if they can tap into them, where they can do things that they that in the past looked like magic. Things like um, creating something out of thin air. Things like um, healing another individual by simply being in their presence. Or changing an environment in a room by simply being in the room with a group of people. This is a picture of um, one of the um, is the the healing universal body enhancement units look like this in this picture where you go in this um, called an egg like environment you sit in this chair and the energies um, around you provide all the um, things that are needed for the body. So, for example, if you're short on, your body is short on iron and you're feeling sluggish, it will provide it to you. If you're on medications, it will provide the, the things that are necessary where the medications no longer are required. It will feed you so you don't need to eat. It will do... Um, uh, other things. So what it's really doing is it's balancing the energies within your body so that the soul can control the healing of the body. So we don't say that we're healing people um, and we don't call these med beds. Mm. What we call them is body enhancement systems where the body is balanced so that in this found state where the soul is able to communicate with the 
uh, physicality of the person and heal itself. So the healer is really the person who utilizes the system versus um, somebody else doing it to you. You're doing it to yourself. And your, your soul is working with you to do it. When you go into the system and your soul is, I'll say, balanced, then your energy fields are greater. And when you come out, you're able to, I'll say, influence the uh, the people around you. Is now all of a sudden you have um, um, more energy fields within yourself that you can share with others. So it really is going to be a snowball effect that when we light up, when one person lights up the room, then the rest of the room can light up the rest of the community, and the rest of the community can light up the rest of the world. This is how this is how we move uh, humanity forward. Uh, is one step in how we move humanity forward. It is through these systems. Now, the same system that you're seeing here is actually can be utilized as a spacecraft, um, where you create these energy fields where you can travel the depths of space. Um, in this energy bubble. So it doesn't matter, you know, how fast you're going. The people inside it are not affected by the G-forces. It's like they're in a regular cocoon, and the energy fields around you um, protect you to where no harm can come. So if somebody, you know, um, if there was a meteor or something that was heading your direction, it would uh, it would protect you from that. So you're in a protected cocoon. So, John, may I ask a question? Yes. You you're referring to soul. So yes. why 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 the word soul instead of spirit? Similar words. Similar. Okay. Similar words. Yeah. Okay. Just curious. Within each person, there's a there's a uh, everybody has a soul. Everybody has a spirit. Um, people use different terminology. Yeah. Mm. So, so really, you know, what we're talking about is bringing this, the soul and the science together that when we understand that our soul has this ability to, I'll say, fly without this unit, you know, in this, um, uh, energy bubble. Uh, we start to understand where our future is going, but it, it's a progression. It doesn't start overnight with everybody, you know, flying all around the universe. It starts with, you know, one group showing another group, and it goes from there. And that's what this technology is all about: is providing the knowledge so that everybody has the ability. To control their own destiny. So then, um, uh, once you say you, you travel in space, you don't necessarily take this unit with you. You are creating, by being in the unit, you are creating an energy bubble that your consciousness or soul travels in. Is that more like it? 
So you have the ability to travel with the physicality and with the unit or without the unit. Oh. And that's your choice. So let me go back. Um, so this is just um, available to anybody. You know, you go in, you find the Cash Foundation Spaceship Institute. You go to their um, their web page. You know, go ahead and subscribe. There's no cost or harm done in it. Then you go to the videos and you can watch any video you want. Um, there's a lot of interesting stuff on here. Um, I, and I recommend you watch the uh, um, watch this particular video here on this public flight test announcement. These are the um, space flights that they're they're offering to um, people right now to go on um, and uh, um, experience what it's like to be in these energy fields and travel wherever you decide to go. Oh. Again, it's testing. So um, we're documenting people's experiences and what they get out of this uh, this process. So just because they want to go to Mars doesn't mean that they're going to end up on Mars <laughs> right away. It'll be an experience where um, they'll get to maybe get the sensation or get glimpses of being on Mars. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they have to experience it for themselves. Some people will go to Mars and bring back a, you know, a rock from Mars. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they'll actually be able to bring back physical objects and send wow. physical objects. Wow. Wow. So if you choose, uh, if you choose not to travel with the unit, how does that work? Um, so eventually, um, everybody has the ability when they, when their soul is elevated to a higher dimension, they have the ability to bring their soul out to the point where it encompasses the whole physicality and they travel within, within that physicality if that's what they desire. Um, we have to learn. Is it consciousness driven, maybe? Yes, yes. As a matter of fact, the, the uh, those units that you saw, they have no control system. It's all consciousness driven. And so that that particular unit that you saw is a consciousness energy that you connect with with your consciousness. So the two are what I call symbiotic, and the two, you know, all you have to do is decide, you know with your thoughts and your emotions, what it is you want to do and where you want to go. So cool. Very cool. I, I wonder, okay, here we go. So, all right. Here's the units that are in Lens right now. Um, here's two of the units. Um, the foundation is offering now um, a limited number of people starting on June the 6th to participate in space flights. 
are not here to, to try to sell, you know, the, the concept. Everybody has to decide what it is that they want for themselves. Um, but you can go to Lens Austria, L-I-N-Z, and participate in, in the program. You have to make reservations and you have to um, have an agreed upon date and time. Um, and you can experience not being in these units, but being in units without just an energy field. So this will be traveling. This is the next generation traveling without the, the uh, material state units. So you'll travel simply in a plasma field. So it'll be very exciting. It has, it'll have no limitations. Um, so, you know, as we learn to do it, we'll be able to go to, you know, the outer reaches of space. Uh, now, when you're in these energy fields, things change for you. Your field, your, um, your fields are your soul and your physicality are balanced with each other. So if you are carrying, you know, lifetime worth of, um, I'll call it baggage from traumas that you had, you know, earlier on in your life, it will balance these energies so that you're, when you're in this balanced state, you can, um, you can find the way to your soul easier and when you find your way to your soul, you can find your way to other people's souls. Mm-hmm. So in other words, you can interact in different ways. Mm-hmm. And this is the way the universe works. So what's been brought forward is uh, technologies that um, are uh, universal technologies, um, not of this earth plane, um, of a higher dimension. And has been seen before. Um, so you can go to the Cash Foundation store. Up on the top here is, is store.cashfoundation.org. Um, and you can find this, um, this, uh, spaceflight simulation. And if nothing else, you know, watch that video, uh, understand how the, the future is going to be. Um, and, uh, and maybe watch some of the knowledge seeker workshops, you know, maybe you start at 434, which just happened last Thursday and, mm-hmm. uh, listen to what's going on. I understand um, that you may have one of these devices pretty soon. Yeah. Arizona is going to be one of the, um, space flight centers of the, of the world. And matter mm-hmm. of fact, we're going to have, we're going to have 12 of these, uh, Universal body enhancement systems here. Um, we're going to have, um, um, vision, vision enhancement systems, which will allow the, um, the mind to reconnect neurons that have been, uh, out of order. Um, and will also allow for growth of new neurons so that um, potentially we have to test it, but potentially blind people can see again. Wow. It'll be excellent. It'll be excellent for people with Parkinson's and, uh, Alzheimer's 
Matter of fact, there's uh, um, tests that have been done with Parkinson's patients that are online. Um, you can see where um, a Parkinson's patient came in without the ability to walk or control his uh, uh, functions, and within uh, um, 40 days was, you know, running and jumping and driving and doing all kinds of stuff that, uh, you know, he, he had um, been been unable to do in the past. So, yeah, it's uh, it's um, it's going to be uh, very exciting when we get the units in, in Mesa here. Um, and uh, um, most exciting will be the spaceship unit. Um, we, our, our organization or our group is called AF Spaceship Arizona. And we're located in Mesa. And we have a big facility up there, a pretty big facility. Um, and um, people will be able to come in and enjoy not only a space flight um, experience, but also the wellness center. Mm-hmm. Um, let me uh, let me ask you. Um, I know you you mentioned something about health and so on here. Let's say talk a little bit about the capabilities of. Uh, this unit. Uh, let's say that I've been a lush and my liver is uh, totally destroyed almost. Uh, what can it actually repair like that over maybe a period of time or can you speak to the capabilities of the unit a little bit? Yeah, so I'm not very familiar with the way Mother Teresa used to heal people. She used to heal people with her energies, with her soul. So mm-hmm. you just need you know, it was like soul would talk to the, to the soul and the other person. There's no operations, no, no whatever. It was simply energy fields that were transferred from one person to another. Well, this is what's going on with these units is when the soul is allowed to be balanced and allowed to um, be at its full potential, it will have the ability to help the body in the areas that it needs. So if it's a, a, a liver that's bad, um, it will have that ability to help help the liver to restore to its optimal condition. When you go in these universal body enhancement systems, that's what they're doing. They're balancing the energy fields so that the uh, the individual can be um, can heal themselves with their soul. Mm. This is amazing. So what happens at the wellness center, Jan? So at the wellness center, we're going to have um, different units. Uh, We'll have uh, these body enhancement systems. And when they're put in the right configuration, they'll create an energy field. So it'll be like you walk in this building and um, you, you won't, you won't be able to not notice that you're in a different environment, a higher frequency environment. We're going to have the vision enhancement units. We're going to have um, uh, what we call um, horizontal um, body enhancement systems that will act like, um, as you seen in the Star Trek movie where you have a, um, the beam me up Scotty type yeah. of concept where you go from one environment to another environment. 
We're going to have those in our in our facility. Um, those will come after the spaceship uh, stuff comes. Um, but we're on the cusp of all of this, um, and nothing is years away; it's months away. Yay! Finally, <laughs> yeah. we've been waiting. Yeah, I know yeah. everybody has. So, so what? Are there any limits, or is it just the limitation of your mind? I'd say it's a limitation of your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, we cool. have this capability within us to do things that, you know, we've never done before, um, and we're going to tap into that. Amazing. Mm-hmm. That's, why, that's why we keep talking about spirit and, and our soul and uh, science meeting each other. Now we're helping the soul to be able to reach its full potential. Yeah. You, uh, you mentioned that it was consciousness-driven. Yeah. Does it go even to the extent that, well, I don't really believe this happens, but I'll try it anyway. Will it still work, or do you have to totally also believe it? Um. So I don't know about yes. the, the concept of belief, but you know we all have free. So if we if we desire it, then we we can achieve it. If we don't desire it, or at a deep level we don't we don't feel like we're worthy of it, or blah blah blah, um, it won't work. So maybe the belief thing falls into that same category. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so these things. So when when I say that they have consciousness you're going to be able to connect to the consciousness of these devices even after you leave because you have this connection that you've established, you'll still be able to tap into um, utilizing these energy fields. So you'll walk in once and then next week you'll, you'll decide to, you know, allow your consciousness to reconnect with that same device and continue to, you know, elevate your soul. It's like remembering your grandmother. You know, you're remembering the time that you connected with this device. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, wow. and so, you know, this device now is, is also, will be this connection, this is communication with the higher energies. So as you connect with um, this device, you know, there's nothing to say that you can't connect with, you know, a spaceship that's out there in the universe and have a dialogue, a more meaningful dialogue where you're, where it's two-way um, and, uh, you know, yeah. start experiencing other, other things that are out there in the universe. Give me a little bit of an idea of what is your concept in your mind? What do you see the future of medicine in the, let's say, in the next uh, few years and maybe also in the next 10, 20, 30 years? What do you see happening within medicine? Will they be participating in this or dragged to it screaming and just not wanting to or will this be accepted. So, as we get more experienced cases where 
you know, a person comes in with Parkinson's and walks out healed, for example, you know, it will get more and more attention of the medical community. This is really the future for all of the, um, the med- medical practices, if you will, um, because it, it works on, you know, it works without the medications, without the surgeries, and without the, you know, all of the things that the past medical system has has done to us. So if you go in because a heart valve is is not working properly, you know, in the in the medical field, they'll they'll cut you open and try to put stints and all this kind of stuff in you and put you on medications for you know Lord knows how long. Mm-hmm. In this case, your your soul will help open up those arteries and and heal it so that you don't have to go through the 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 medical procedures, if you will. Remember that these units will feed you or provide to you anything that your body is lacking. So the the concept of the pharmaceuticals and the medications, they're going to become obsolete. Right. They've actually done experiments where they've taken um, an individual that was on I think it was 43 or some ungodly number of medications each and every day just to survive. And they, they weaned them off to uh, a small number, you know, five or six or, I don't know if he completely got off the medication. Sometimes you have to go real slow in coming off medications, but they reduces um, pharmaceutical intake dramatically. Amazing. Yeah. Great. How do you think the pharmaceutical companies are looking at something like this? Will they be able to participate in some way or would they, um, well, I know what I'd like to see happen to them, but what is your opinion? So at some point in time, the pharmaceuticals companies and the medical professions you know, we'll start to understand that we're not fighting against them. We're not, you know, their enemy. We're actually here for all of humanity. Um, so I think the public will push the medical community to not interfere and allow the technologies to come out to where they, they're the public can fully benefit. Now, even with space travels, there's a, you know, not everybody wants it to come forward and not everybody wants the secrets to be exposed. Um, But we're in this time, it's a unique time in our history where the energies of the planet are allowing for these higher vibration energies to come forward. And, we, it's pretty clear to almost everybody that this world and this uh, societies that we live in need these kinds of changes. We can't keep going the same way that we've been doing business. You know, we can't keep, you know, working nine to five just to survive. There's more out there for everybody. And um, we just need to tap into it. 
<laughs> so how will it be available to people? I mean, for a price or, I mean, they don't, they don't take insurance, right? <laughs> yeah, so, um, the technologies that are coming forward are stepping stones. Um, because everybody has this ability within them yes. to bypass these devices. I love this. Um, but in the meantime, in order to get um, people, you know, kick-started, if you will, yes. um, these devices are available so that souls can start to balance themselves. When they're out of balance, you're not going anywhere. When they're balanced, you have this ability to, um, you know, start to elevate your soul more. So, so if somebody if somebody's on forty three pharmaceuticals, they're yes. not gonna their soul is gonna be completely out of balance. Yes. So they they don't have a whole big chance of doing that on their own. I mean they would need an intervention like this, right? Mm-hmm. So you gotta be thinking that a potential intervention is an elevated soul standing next to them. Another uh, Teresa type being yep. that doesn't need these devices, yep. that has gone through these processes that by simply being in their presence can help, can help their souls make better choices in their life Love so that. that they can, that they can move forward. In the interim, however, we need to, um, understand that there's tools that can um, kickstart, um, you know, all society. Because, you know, there's 7 billion people out there. And to think that, you know, one elevated soul is going to go around and, and heal the world is, is kind of... Kind of silly. <laughs> okay. So, we have learned different things. Yet miracles are afoot, everyone, and these are the teachings that, yes, you taught walking the planet 2,000 years ago and multiplied those teachings by humanity, all of humanity. Uh, And... uh, they say love is not enough, but the meaning of that is a deeper awareness of who we are. And I hope we got a good start on that today. Mm. Thank you for this moment. We'll complete this one after we take a break now and we take a, when we come back, we'll take a look at the stars with our brother Richard and Kay Pacha and Tanya and Tanya Gabriel. Gabriel. So this break will come first just for a little, maybe 10 minutes or so. We'll see you back very soon. So much love. Namaste. Thank you, everyone. Sasa. Pass the talking stick to you, Richard. Hello and good evening. Good evening, Richard. Yes, it's the 4th of June. That's one one month from the 4th of July. 
and uh, 15 days from summertime. Oh, my goodness. 15 degrees from one camp, sir. It's really been hot today. I'm not sure what this summer's going to look like, but if it's going to get hotter, oh, my goodness. We can't do fireworks here. It's kind of like damn. No, it's totally dry. Yeah. Pray rain. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, the sun has been ahead of Mercury because Mercury has been retrograde, but it's not retrograde anymore. Mercury went direct this week, and it's at da, 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 27 Taurus. Ooh. Yeah, so the sun's out there leading the way in Gemini all by itself, and then behind, behind Mercury is Uranus, which is now at 17 Taurus, and... Venus is at nine Taurus. So we got that going on. And then on the other end, uh, of course, Pluto hasn't changed. Going from the other direction, it's a 29 Capricorn. And it's retrograde. And next comes Saturn at 26 Aquarius. And it's stationary about to go retrograde. So Saturn stationary at 26 Aquarius. That's a key point this week. And then, of course, we got our little collection there at the end of Pisces and into Aries. All together here, we got Neptune at 26, Jupiter at 5 Aries, Mars at 9 Aries, and Chiron at 16 Aries. So the Sun is sextile Chiron. Neptune is sextile Mercury. Saturn is still doing its square to Mercury in the North Node. The moon tonight is in 16 Leo, so it's first, first quarter moon. At 15, Leo. And probably the nicest part of the whole chart in terms of action is Moon, Trine, Mars. Nine Aries to uh, 16, Leo. <laughs> so that, that'll be over. That's that was what was going on yesterday and the day before was this moon trining Jupiter and Mars. So that's the layout. And now we let's go see what Kaipachi was thinking about back he's on got, Wednesday. He's very long winded today, Richard. He's thirty nine minutes, so we'll get started. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's got a humdinger. Yeah.
everybody. Welcome to June. June 1st. Can I find you with the weekly paleo report, astrology for the soul? We're going to be looking at a lot of things today, but we want to start out with Mother Nature. We want to start out with Gaia. We want to start out with Venus and Taurus, beauty, the earth. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mercury coming into a station, like slowing, slowing, slowing down, going direct on Friday in square to Saturn, which has been slowing, slowing, slowing down for quite some time up there in Aquarius and stationing, going retrograde. So I, I did up a chart at the beginning there where both Mercury and Saturn are like dead in the water. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Mercury says, I've had enough. I'm going direct. I'm getting away from this square, finally. And Saturn goes, oh, my God, I've had enough. i got to go back. i got to go back up there in Aquarius. That's what I'm going to be talking about today. We had the new moon in Gemini. And so we are, you know, approaching the first quarter, right? She's, uh, she's going to go through cancer. She's in cancer right now, today, as I am speaking to you. Thursday and Friday, you know, it's going to move into Leo on Friday, cruise on through to the other side of Leo, obviously, uh, going into Virgo by Sunday. And there we are going to then have the first quarter square, crisis in action, the 90 degree square happening next Tuesday. And that's going to be actually pretty much, I mean, kind of coming in to an opposition with Neptune. I mean, you know, not, not, not exactly, but these are the major aspects. Uh, the sun is sextile Chiron, um, and the moon is making various aspects, but I really don't want to go into all of them. So uh, I'm just going to look at the camera and talk to you. All right, everybody. What's going on out there? On planet Earth, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> I have to humbly admit that I made a mistake. I know, I know. I don't, I don't, I don't like to make mistakes, but I said in last week's report, right? You know, all oh, this new moon in Gemini, like, yeah, new energy. It's gonna lighten up. Everything's gonna be cool. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if I use those exact same words, but. I did really feel like, yeah, this new moon is going to, like, chill things out. And not, right? I mean, it, it did in one way. I felt kind of a new burst of energy. There, there was kind of a, a, a newness about it. But we have to understand, Mercury is the ruler of Gemini, right? This whole new moon is disposited by Mercury, and Mercury is retrograde. So come on. And... Even worse than that, it's in square to Saturn up there in Aquarius. And Saturn is still slowly squaring the moon's nodes. Now it's going to go retrograde. Well, the moon's nodes go retrograde. So, like, you know, instead of, like, just passing up and making a square, oh, no, 
No, no, no, no. Saturn goes, uh, I think I'll go retrograde with the moon's nodes so I can stay square longer. <laughs> I, holy shit, like, what is this about? <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you what it's about. I mean, that's what today's report is about. Um, yeah, this is, uh, this is a, a challenge. This is like, it's not gonna blow over. This is not something light. It's not something to like joke about. We are in a serious, you know, uh, this is, I, I, I feel, you know, like really Krishna and Arjuna, you know, on the battlefield. I think of the art of war. <laughs> yeah, you know, which I've been meaning to read for a long time, but, uh, it's a very powerful book. It has to do with strategy. And, you know, Gemini has to do with strategy. Mercury has to do with strategy. Saturn in Aquarius has to do with strategy. So, you know, you think of General Patton, you know, or you think of, you know, like, you know, when, when we're, what you need to look, you need to be aware. I'm going to read the, uh, the Sabian symbol for this week. Okay, it's the 26th degree of Aquarius. It has to do with Sat. This is the degree that Saturn is stationing on, and I didn't really look in the ephemeris, but it's been slowing down and staying kind of at this degree for quite some time. It takes a while for Saturn to station and go retrograde. Yeah, so it sits there at that degree, and this all has to do with that we really need to, and even today's mantra is born out of this, we really need to coordinate this left brain, mercury, ego-driven, linear, logical, rationalization of our reality with something higher, something wider, something broader. We cannot forget that we are spiritual beings. We have to tap into Venus and Taurus. North node of the moon in Taurus. We need to connect, okay, with this Mars-Jupiter energy happening in Aries and come into our bodies. Not let our heads run away, okay, with the media, with the social media, with the mainstream media, with the, you know, the monkey mind. The mind games could be the uh, song, uh, you know, uh, for today. But let me let me read this uh, Sabian symbol to kind of be able to move on <laughs> because uh, there's a lot to say. A garage man testing a car's battery with a hydrometer. Skill in applying knowledge of natural laws to the solution of everyday problems resulting from life in our technological society. we got to come to terms with this technology, man. It's not all spiritual lovey-dovey. I mean, you know, we are in, you know, a, a, a computerized technological, in some places or some cases, you could consider it a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> but of course, you wouldn't be listening to the Pele report if it wasn't for the technology. So it's a blessing and a curse. You know, Gemini, you know, the twins, 
one foot in heaven, one foot in hell. You can look at either side of the coin, its heads or tails, light or dark, masculine, feminine, plus or minus, good or evil, but it's all the same coin. I usually don't butt into Dane Rudier when I'm reading the... It's a special day. Here we see a man using his analytical mind to check up on the operation of the machines his inventive genius produced. This simple, commonplace, Gemini, operation is used here as an indication of how deeply technology, Aquarius, involves us in small matters, Mercury and Taurus, yet matters which in some circumstances could make the difference between life and death. South node of the moon in Scorpio. A mechanical failure in a car on a crowded freeway. Sun in Gemini. <laughs> the need for management. Saturn in Aquarius. Therefore is seen to affect every detail of our individual lives. This applies as well to the complexities of interpersonal social, or political, Saturn in Aquarius, Pluto in Capricorn, relationships. Because our modern society is indeed like a huge machine speeding on dangerous ground. And here's an important line. It's the last line. Safety depends on available power. Let's think about this. <laughs> Actually, what I consider a must-see video, I'm putting a link to it down in the notes on YouTube. Hit show more. And there's notes every week. It's got the mantra. It's got everything I forgot to say. Not everything. But it's going to have a link to an interview with Matthias Desmond, a university professor from the Netherlands. Wow. Powerful. Powerful. He wrote a book, The Psychology of Totalitarianism. It's just coming out June 23rd, and it contains within it a lot of answers, a lot of observations, and I'm going to go into that a little bit because this Mercury, okay, stationing, conjunct the north node of the moon, our sole destiny right now is to think, is to communicate, is to analyze in Taurus, a very practical way, what the hell is going on, and deal with the square, okay, of Saturn. And it's even a trine to Pluto and a sextile to Neptune, but, you know, this square to Saturn 
is really in the foreground. It's in the forefront of this new transition, not only into the age of Aquarius, but the end of patriarchy of 6,500 years and the end of Kali Yuga, a few thousand years also. I mean, we are in a big transition. And if you're listening to this report, you have incarnated at this particular time to in some way, shape, or form assist in the deconstruction of the old in preparation for the construction of the new. And this has to do so much with this whole dynamic and what this guy's talking about, he's a psychologist and he works a lot with mass psychology and the mass formation of psychosis. We called it, you know, in previous places, the Watiko. And, and it's very, very powerful information. I'm going to just bring up some points, but you should listen to the whole thing. And, you know, what, what we're looking at here is it's this whole great reset is an attempt by a few to take total control of the entire planet and the entire world population. And this is not the first time that this has been done, and it may not be the last time it's been done. And this guy goes into the history. He goes into the Crusades. He goes into Stalin. He goes into Hitler. There's a, there's a pattern that happens. And the origins of the pattern I don't want to get into today. I think it has so much to do with materialism. And materialism started out so much with a materialistic view of science, bringing in, ushering in technology and rationalization. And this whole idea that we can figure out everything with our mercurial left brain. It was really Sir Francis Bacon a few hundred years ago that kind of initiated this whole idea Okay, you know, of third dimensional physical, you know, science and repeating experiments to verify and validate and uh, just an absolute left brain analytical mercurial Gemini approach to life, to reality. And this whole limiting perspective cutting us off from our intuitive Jupiterian right brain from our Neptunian connection to all that is spiritual heart space and focusing on this very narrow portion of our reality and calling it the totality has le is leading us down this path. And yet this path is a necessary path in order to end an old approach, an old reality, an old third dimensional limited understanding of life and of what it means to be human. And this has to happen. There is a purpose behind this grab of power, okay, you know, that is happening now. And it would have been nice if we could have all 
have learned this with uh, World War One and Hitler and you know this whole Nazism approach and fascism and everything. But obviously, we did not collectively understand enough. So this is now taking it to another level. <laughs> this is another level, and he points out that there is a certain uh, necessary soil, a ground for what he calls the mass formation, and this and and the, and the common ground that needs to happen is number one loneliness, a sense of disconnection. Saturn in Aquarius, okay, technology, uh, you know, it's proven that video games and all this social media actually separates people more than brings them together, and you're relating to avatars now, you know, people making their little avatars instead of, you know, connecting to a flesh and blood and juicy kind of heart space, unique individual, it's a picture. It's not a person. Yeah? And prior to this whole power grab, he points to a study that says 30% of the general population is lonely, experiencing isolation. And of course, this has been seized upon. Social distancing, put on a muzzle, lockdown, stay home separate people, make people more lonely, more lonely, more lonely, right? Divide and conquer. And then the other aspect is a sense of meaninglessness. And he says a study was done prior to what's going on now. It said 60% of the population is performing meaningless jobs. <laughs> you know, like my daily 40-hour-a-week job is meaningless. 60%? That's almost two-thirds of the population having a sense of meaninglessness. Like there's no purpose to life. There's no higher calling. Life is pointless. The third condition Free floating anxiety. Just a sense that I'm not safe. Uh, I, I, things are not okay. Uh, things are, you know, uh, wrong, bad. Uh, now you can see how, you know, this free floating anxiety. Well, let's go back. I, I, I forgot, you know. That's 60% of the meaningless jobs. Obviously, if you destroy the economy, you're going to have more and more people not only performing meaningless jobs, but not even having jobs, <laughs> which increases the sense of free-floating anxiety in the general population. And you put these three factors together, and you have a prime recipe. Create an object a scapegoat, something to give people a false sense of security that if they attack, yeah, you know, like a virus or like a small group of people that are natural and not going along with the mainstream media and, and 
not feeling lonely and are, are not feeling a sense of meaningless and are not feeling a sense of anxiety that actually have a life. <laughs> let's, uh, let's make these people a target. <laughs> yeah, man. And gather together, you know, whether it's the Jews or the witches or, you know, in the past, it's like, you know what, create a subset. Create an enemy and it will give the general population a sense that if they go against this enemy, they're going to regain a sense of control, get rid of the free-floating anxiety, they're going to have a sense of meaning and purpose, destroy those bad scapegoats, and they're going to not be lonely because they're going to be all connected to a common goal of destroying the people who actually have their shit together. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about revolutionary astrology, baby. <laughs> Whoa. This is what's happening, man. And so, you know... Don't think it's over, okay? Don't try to escape this. Don't think that you can lay on the beach or get a suntan and, you know, this is going to go away. Uh, another thing that Mateus points out is the importance of speaking out. Because what this whole thing is like is hypnosis. The mainstream media is using fear and every shooting and amplifying all the bad negative deaths and da, 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 how everything's falling apart, you know, get everybody, you know, more anxious and more anxious so that they come in with a solution. And that solution is going to be their totalitarian control, okay, you know, with the passports and with electronic, you know, turning you into QR codes so that they can surveil you and, and, and have absolute control over all of the world and the world's population. The good news that this guy says is, you know, he says that totalitarian regimes destroy themselves. I don't know. I'm not a historian, I, but... I don't know exactly. I don't know that Stalin got destroyed. He was replaced with Khrushchev. Uh, you know, Hitler and that whole uh, totalitarian grab, power grab, uh, that was stopped uh, by allied forces, uh, you know, outside forces destroying it. The Crusades, I don't know exactly. But anyway, he did say that Stalin killed 60% of his army. Like these guys end up. Not only, you know, with this population control of trying to destroy, you know, so many people, but they end up destroying their own base and it falls apart, ushering in a new age. But there's a, there's a few steps here. And what he says is, you know, what we need to do is, you know, we need to like stop before too much damage is done. Right. You know, it's like we need to step up. We need to speak out. There are important points that he makes. Number one, this hypnosis, this mass formation of psychology, this Watiko, okay, really involves, uh, rather than looking at a total reality 
It focuses all of your intention. This is what hypnosis does. Just watch this one little thing. So you become, you don't, you lose perspective on the, on the totality of your reality by focusing on this one little thing. And then with that hypnosis, then you can be guided. And what he's saying is there are 30% that are completely hypnotized. There are 60% that are on the edge of wanting to, you know, belong and follow. And there's only 5 or 10% that are actually rebelling through all of these grabs, these, this mass formation. The interesting point that he does say is that the leaders themselves are hypnotized by their own ideology. So the people who are trying to take over, okay, are trying to create a condition and a situation according to their ideology that is so strong and so powerful that they are fighting evil and that all horrendous acts against humanity are justified because they're because of this ideal it's like the savior complex or the rescuer complex that it's okay for us to wipe out all of these you know Jews or all of these witches and have people you know turn in their neighbors and create all of this division and paranoia because we're going to usher in a great new earth, you know, with, you know, uh, clean water and clean air. And we're going to use, you know, this whole climate crisis, even creating some of the, the climate crisis. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking chemtrails here in California. It's amazing. DARPA is messing with our entire environment. Yeah. Anyway. I don't want to get off track here. I want to just kind of say that this is all psychological. This is all Gemini, Mercury. Okay, you know, but what we need to do and what's really powerful, Venus is coming to Uranus in the North Node. And then by August, Mars is going to join Uranus in the North Node. Okay, and this is an intensification. This is a revolution and a rebellion. And the important thing is that he says, we need to continue to speak out. If we don't, the hypnotism works. And people's minds just focus on what they're being given by the mainstream media. And they are grabbed. Whereas we have to kind of be the irritate, we have to be the ants in the pants. <laughs> yeah. And just kind of, you know, not necessarily argue or judge or try to win, but just try to, you know, create Gemini, alternative points of view. And you've got that opinion, you've got that truth. I have a, a different opinion and a different truth. And it's just enough to take that 60% and help them to rethink 
Yeah, we're, so we're the, you know, we're the garage man, you know, checking with the hydrometer, right? We have to, like, really analyze our situation, and we need to talk about it. Because there are these 60% that are kind of on the fence. They're not fully sucked in. And what he says in his video, you know, like, it's a great video, you know. He says, if we don't, speak up. And we don't. Challenge the muzzle and challenge the inoculation and challenge our family and our friends and this and that in a gentle, nudging way. Within six months, the regime will separate, right, isolate the scapegoat and attack it. So if we're quiet and we just hide out or we run away or, we, you know, we do our plant medicine and we just like lay low and pretend nothing is happening, give ourselves six months to be the object of attack. <laughs> and they will have succeeded. Yeah. So I want to encourage everyone during this time, particularly with the moon coming into, you know, this first quarter square, the moon is in Virgo, right? Boom. Powerful Virgo energy ruled by Mercury. Square the sun in Gemini ruled by Mercury. Now Mercury is going direct. I can't wait for it to get out of Taurus, right? Oh, my God. It's just like boom, 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 boom. I can't wait for it to stop being square Saturn, you know, mm -hmm. redo this, re, you know, rethink that, you know, it's, it's just like, I've been having such a hell of a time, you know, with the technology and getting stuff done and running into blocks and obstacles and, you know, people not returning calls or not getting through or, you know, wow, everything taking forever. <sighs> Taurus is so slow. <laughs> but now the grand finale. And this is where I think Matthias, at the end of the video, his solution, okay, you know, it's almost like the guy is a professor at the university. He is an academic. You know, he is looking at this whole thing from an Aquarian, Uranian perspective. I just wish he knew astrology because he's like, well, there's no way of knowing or telling, you know, what, you know, blah, 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 so much when actually if you got into astrology, there is. And if you got into parapsychology and if you got into spirituality, we can see and feel and with extrasensory perception understand more. Okay, than what he is seeing with his not using the crown chakra, yeah, but just kind of using the intellect. Because at the end, it's almost like these people are afraid of the L word. Love. Love. <laughs> it's like, oh, let's not go into love. Let's not go into spirit. 
let's not go into you know uh, you know kundalini sexuality tantra let i mean well let's keep it he, he talks about ethic ethical principles like if we all just you know do the golden rule and you know treat others like we want to be treated and follow ethical principles that's what's going to pull us through and i yes uh, i'm not going to argue but i'm going to say it's not it's not just either or it's both and more there's more love is the answer yeah. love is all there is <laughs> Love is gives us a sense of meaning. So wipe out that 60%. Love gives us a sense of connection that wipes out the 30% of loneliness. Right? Love and connection and meaning and finding communities of like-minded souls wipes out free-floating anxiety. And this whole thing this house of cards collapses so love is the key love is the answer i'm doing this workshop on relationships okay in greece i'm doing a, a workshop here in lake tahoe uh, you know having to do with sexuality having to do with this really coming into uniting spirit with our physical earthly rational mind and body. Yeah. This is connecting the upper three chakras where Matthias is living and the lower three chakras where a lot of the fear and anxiety is living and bringing them together in the heart chakra and expanding this magnetic field. I got to do another kundalini yoga mantra some breath work or you know i mean I, i i i do a lot of talking here but it would be good to pop up some stuff on youtube i i i mean i have some you know uh yoga videos on my website but it's been a while since i put out a new one but yeah this is uh you know this is our time the powerful energy of mars ruling aries the masculine Venus in Taurus ruling Taurus the powerful feminine and it's going to it's not going to be until next paylay report that Mercury moves into Gemini Mercury rules Gemini there is going to be this period you know moving up here in June where we have very powerful energy and it's happening in the first three signs Aries Taurus Gemini this is the fundamental instinctive realm of the zodiac but Mars Venus and Mercury all in their home signs okay is really going to give us an opportunity i think you know to uh get it all together so before i go on forever with this the mantra for today is you know in the midst of all the complexity i will not forget 
that the point of life and living is to love and reconnect. We come out of the oneness of spiritual unity, of multidimensional reality, and we incarnate into a separate, egoic, third-dimensional consciousness, and we want to reconnect above and below. We want to reconnect our separate egoic consciousness to the collective spiritual, collective consciousness and unconsciousness. This is a return to source. This is the goal of the earthly, I call it the school of planet Earth. If we want to graduate out of this earthly third dimensional physical material existence, we got to love it all. We got to love it all. That's graduation. We have to we have to see the interconnectedness of all that is. I want to make sure I got that freaking mantra right. <laughs> there was a point I didn't know if it should be the point of life and living or the goal of life and living. You can change it if you want. But in the midst of complications in the midst of complications, technology, right? The, the garage man checking the battery, you know, all the computers and everything in the media that we have created with our genius, we have to master technology. But it is complex. In the midst of complications, I will not forget that the point of life and living is to love and reconnect. Reconnect the fragmented parts of our souls and ourselves and reconnect with each other. Yeah. Create a parallel society. Find like-minded souls and unite. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I know you know what I'm talking about. Namaste. Aloha. So much love.
so uh, one, two, three, Thursday, Thursday, Friday, it's going to be opposite Chiron, and we get a little bit of a break. Now, next next Saturday, uh, Moon is going to be opposite Venus. So the day before, we're going to start Moon opposite Uranus conjunct Venus. Venus is going to conjunct Uranus this week. Okay. So that could bring surprising and unexpected information in. And, and yep. And then, uh, yep, next Saturday night, Moon is be at uh, 17 Scorpio. And it'll be opposite Venus at 17 Taurus. And that's, that's your week ahead. And... Uh, See what else? Anything else in here interesting? I don't see anything. Let me check one thing here. Uh, yeah. Um, Saturn is moving retrograde about a half a minute per day, 42 seconds. Oh my God! So only only a half of a minute. Which is a hundred and twentieth of a degree, right? So it doesn't re, it doesn't retrograde very much, especially in the early days. It may pick up speed um, as the Earth swings ahead of, of of Saturn in its orbit, and uh, Pluto's retrograde is only a, a minute a day in reverse. So got that going for you so you know it's like okay if Pluto is at uh, 28.11 then uh, it's going to take um, 11 weeks before Pluto goes back to 28 Capricorn from 29 Capricorn it's very very slow and this this Pluto influence um Often overlooked, but it's it's a prime it's a prime factor in in the reconstruction of the civilization. As, as he said, first first you got to deconstruct, which is the destroyer aspect of divine will, before you can reconstruct using the third aspect of divine will, which is active intelligence because humanity is in one of those weird stages where um, how do we, how does this go let's see here um, I had a thought I had a I had an image there for a minute but anyway so we're in that we're in that transition period where we've got to deconstruct the old way of thinking, which is still mostly materialistic, except for the the 10% or so of us that are, uh, you know, on the spiritual route, the mental route, the uh, <coughs> self-aware route, and the non-reactive route. 
to, you know, rioters in the streets, which are running on feelings and not running on intelligence anyway. All right. That's it for me. Okay, okay everybody. We're going to play Tanya. Now, she's 19 minutes, so we're going to go a bit past the top minutes. of the hour. 21 minutes. All right. Well, let's get started. Thank you, Richard. Thank you. All right, everybody. Have a good week. Yes, yeah. you too. We can meet every challenge with love. Here we go. Compassionate understanding. Compassionate understanding. Welcome to Star Code. This is the forecast where we look at an astrology numerology event that's coming up. And in this case, it's the Sagittarius full moon. And of course, Sagittarius is such a wonderful sign of expansion and joy and fortunate outcomes and trust and faith. And so today we're going to dive into that extraordinary full moon, which this year makes amazing transits and has a fantastic numerology code as well. So it is exact on June 14th at 12.52 p.m. Universal Time. That's in Greenwich, England. And that would be 7.52 a.m. New York Eastern Time and 4.52 a.m. Pacific L.A. Time. Now, Sagittarius is always on a quest for truth. And so it gets there by going out on an adventure, getting out of your comfort zone, expanding your horizons. And because the 21st century, the number 21, is aligned with truth and actually means the truth shall set you free, this full moon is very important. And another reason is, that it happens at 23 degrees in Sagittarius for the moon, 23 degrees in Gemini for the sun. Now, 23 is the royal star of the lion number, the strongest number in numerology. And 23 reduces to five, which is the number of taking a risk and adventure, which is how Sagittarius expands, how Sagittarius is infused with joy through that adventurous spirit and that expansion. So the full moon happens at 23 degrees, sun and moon, and then it happens on June 14th. And both 23, 2 plus 3, and 14, 1 plus 4, add up to the single digit 5. So why is 5 important in this regard? Well, 5 represents freedom. 5 is the number of adventure. 5 allows us to discover our origins by taking a risk and allowing change to infuse our day so that we are always in the flow. Five sits on a rocker. It faces left and right. It is open to everything and it epitomizes just exploration and seeking something beyond your current Awareness, so going out and exploring and and taking a risk. So we have this optimism and faith through Sagittarius. We have this wonderful five exploration energy. We have positive expectations. We feel the positivity, and that results in, of course, positive outcomes. So you're actively seeking solutions 
And that is catapulting you forward toward successful outcomes. Now, this 555 code, anything that comes in a triplicate means that it is very potent. So be aware there is this quickness, this quickening of energy with this Sagittarius full moon. Now, the sun and moon create a T-square to Neptune. That means the moon squares Neptune on one side and the sun squares Neptune on the other side. And T-squares are very dynamic because they put you into action. So a T-square with Neptune makes you feel more sensitive and you question reality more. You you want answers, but you're also in this dreamlike state which can open the veil or put a veil over. So the dream itself is an emotional perception that's extremely activated, very, very strong. So you want to also focus on staying grounded and tuning into the Neptune energy through beauty and art and anything that soothes your nerves in any way, mystical experiences, uh, Reiki, meditation, massage, sleeping, take that extra time to rest. Now, also, your inspiration is really heightened with this square to the moon and the sun. So you want to focus on what is what is inspiring to you, what is coming through. Because if you don't pay attention to your creativity and your imagination, you may get out of sync or you may feel energetically depleted because it is the creativity and the imagination that are truly heightened and want to be uh, part of your life at this time. Now, fortunately, to help you with manifestation is that the moon is sextile Saturn and the sun is trine Saturn, and Saturn is the manifesting planet. It is all about self-control and taking life seriously and getting down to the nuts and bolts of the matter. And so this full moon also encourages you to take some alone time so that you can commit and know what you want to commit to and share that practical encouragement with others as well. So there's a real nourishing energy here regarding the responsibilities that you have, but they come as a result of you having a spiritual download and wanting to make it real and have a long-term impact. Other transits are that the Mars conjuncts Chiron. This transit is exact, this conjunction between Mars and Chiron. It's happening in Aries, Mars's home sign, and that gives you tremendous courage. You feel like you can accomplish anything, and so you feel uh, the capacity to direct energy with a lot of conviction, with a lot of confidence, and just feel that sacred warrior energy in your life. Mercury's trying to Pluto, and Mercury's important in this regard because Mercury's the co-ruler of this full moon. Mercury is the ruler of Gemini, where the sun is opposite the moon in Sagittarius. So we have two Mercury transits. The trying to Pluto really infuses you with a lot of ability to transform, to feel um, the impact that you have, to feel the recognition, and to really take hold of that you are in charge of your life. Pluto is the planet of empowerment. And Mercury is, well, how do I use words? How do I communicate? Is it in an empowering way? Is it actually helping people feel more courageous? 
or and myself as well or am i using these amazing psychic abilities that are activated during this sextile or trying to mercury to put people down so this is something to really look at and how you use power and influence because you can make incredibly empowering discoveries now and change your life in a really amazing way now mercury co-rule of the full moon is also sextile to jupiter which is absolutely lovely because jupiter is the ruler of sagittarius so we have both rulers of each sign creating a very harmonious aspect to each other what more can you ask for and it makes this full moon especially optimistic of course jupiter is the planet of optimism and so in connection with mercury it means that your ideas are just flowing there's a wealth of them optimism is enhanced especially with how you communicate and the message you share uh what you feel and see lies ahead just is very expansive very exciting um you're focusing actually on planning your future more you're very enthusiastic uh you express yourself with a lot of joy and your focus and concentration are also enhanced so there is just a lot of really good good energy <laughs> with this full moon and that mars conjunction with chiron is fantastic as well because it gives you the drive and the energy to actually take advantage of all the goodness in the full moon now sagittarius does govern wisdom higher education religion philosophy and beliefs and beliefs are really important in our society they are a cornerstone of how we live the freedom to believe as you wish is part of a healthy society as long as those beliefs don't result in harming others in other words your freedom to believe anything must be completely extended to everyone else as long as uh, their beliefs are uh, supporting the, the benefit of everyone in this society so you're free to believe anything you're free to believe lies as long as those lies don't harm others so that's really the key many other sectors of of society are full of beliefs that don't serve you or me or society well for example mainstream science still believes and continues to spread this message that life arose by chance for no reason with no purpose and even though the statistical chance of that happening is practically nil it's really beyond the bounds of possibility that beliefs still exist that everything is chance so that negates the fact that everything in life every even what seems to be dead matter is not filled with a purpose but modern physics has definitely shown that everything is in constant motion at all times just like the fire in Sagittarius fire spreads it's always moving everything is always in constant motion even if it seems like it is dead materially so dead matter is still alive and they and science doesn't give an answer as to how everything is in a state of movement movement and motion and why it would not be having a purpose for being here. So the truth is that everything exists is eternally connected to each other. So there is an infinite field of energy 
and that energy is comes from love, it comes from source, and we are all one with it. So we appreciate every part of that source energy. Now Sagittarius wants us to move from this hoping things will work out or hoping somebody is right when they say something or hoping our dreams come true. So Sagittarius wants us to move from that hope to trust. Because once you trust, you have no need to worry about what might happen, which is what hope is. So be aware during your daily life around this full moon in Sagittarius of hoping for something, including hoping for approval, which is a very basic instinct. So most of the time we don't do this consciously, but when we complete a task, whether it's mental or physical, we often have an underlying hope that somebody will notice and appreciate us in terms of what we've achieved. And in reality, we are always, we always feel at one with spirit. So we always know that we're infinitely loved and infinitely appreciated. And that means we can extend that infinite love and appreciation to ourselves and don't need to hope that it is externally reciprocated or, or activated in order to fulfill a, a need that really has no reason for being there because we are completely aligned with spirit at all times and spirit already knows and and infinitely loves us. So our natural unchangeable state is not to hope something will happen, but to have faith that the perfect situation will arise in the perfect time and to trust in that benevolence of the universe. And this is really the key to Sagittarius. So recall the synchronistic events in your life where you felt lucky, where something just by coincidence made everything uh, so exciting and, and, and relieved a challenging situation. And these synchronistic events will always be with you and they remind you to trust in the goodness of life and to let go of needing to be directing the energy always towards a specific, very specific goal that you may have concocted in your mind as opposed to directing it towards a frequency, meaning a feeling that you want to experience, a feeling of abundance, for example, a feeling of peace, a feeling of contentment, a feeling of joy. Those are frequencies. They're not specific goals that we concoct in our mind based on our past. So they don't allow us to trust that the universe will bring what is exactly appropriate in that moment for us based on where we are in our state of being. So it's a really fantastic time to clear that out, right? To know that every thought that comes into your mind is actually a belief or based on a set of beliefs and every desire is based on a belief that you need something for whatever reason. And without that belief that you need it, you wouldn't have a reason to go and desire it and seek it out. So what about if we exchange belief with inspiration, natural inspiration, just doing something for the sake of doing it because it arises within you? Not because you believe you should do it. Which again, that can be very unconscious. So you have to be very aware and observe. 
But doing something for the sake of doing it because it arises within you and prompts you to move forward, that's being in a state of flow, a state of enlightenment. Because you're not saying I'm discarding my beliefs. You're saying I'm aware of them. I'm gaining more discernment about them. I'm distinguishing between the ones that serve me and others and the ones that do not. So then you're set free and you literally tune into what arises naturally as a result of you being in the flow. The thing is, most people don't want to examine their beliefs or even if they do, they don't do it in an in-depth way in order to discover which ones actually hold truth and which ones are unhelpful. And so we need to really now with this Sagittarius full moon be aware of how we respond to situations because the beliefs we hold in response to anything are what determines how we experience, how we feel about the situation. Beliefs determine the nature of the experience that we have and it actually can also determine the situation itself. That's why having a frequency like joy and love and peace and abundance and contentment and whichever you choose instead of the actual belief is always much more freeing and open-ended and creative. So again, what you believe has everything to do with how you feel and how you respond to life and others. And as a consequence, how life and others respond to you. So we are here to learn to be happy and at peace with the circumstances that life brings us. And that is really the challenge. So Sagittarius, governing higher education, reminds us that life is a school. So we are students at all times in this school and life is purposeful. It's designed and guided by loving forces. And so your life is purposeful. Your life is divinely guided, trusting in that, even though you, in your thoughts, may not know what that is. An inner knowing arises from you that you are always supported. And also to just embrace that you are a unique expression of the divine. So there is a divine intelligence behind life. There is a wisdom behind life. And this divine intelligence is benevolent. So asking for a benevolent outcome is something you can do with your guides for anything. And that is putting you in the flow. That's something that you can do many times over the day. Feel the blessings, trust in the blessings, appreciate everything, be in direct communication with spirit. Because God, your guides, source, loving forces, they're all available to you and anyone at any time of the day. So, That's really the big message for this Sagittarius full moon is looking at the nature of your beliefs and trusting in the goodness of life and being there in a way that feels light and enlightened and delightful. Jupiter rules Sagittarius. Jupiter loves joy. Jupiter is the planet that instills the importance of joy in your life. So smiling at others, smiling at the world, having that inner smile is 
so helpful when we are grappling with all these external crazy stimuli that are surrounding our lives and that we, of course, can turn off at any time, but have to have the discipline to do that. So the discipline itself arises from the smile. So does it make me smile? Does it make me happy? Does it uplift me? That is really the question with whatever stimuli comes your way. So have a beautiful Sagittarius full moon and remember your own star code as well. That brings a lot of joy just to understand what that is. And I have a free masterclass for you that describes your birthday, your birth certificate name, your astrology birth chart, the degree numbers in it. It includes a handout and you can access that at starcodeclass.com. It also helps you to understand the people in your life, which is a big blessing because then judgment ends, right? Because understanding brings compassion. So you can basically connect with the purpose and destiny of people in your life as well and understand what their shadow side is. And it's just amazing when we accept others for who they are and give them that compassion that we would like extended to us as well. So enjoy that free masterclass at starcodeclass.com. Have a beautiful week, a wonderful full moon, and I'll see you in next week's Star Codes podcast. Lots of love. Right, Ram is going to give us the phone numbers for our conference call now. Um, 720-716-7301. And the PIN code. 353-863-POUND. Okay, everyone. We will see you on the conference call for this next hour and at the top of the following hour. We will be right back here at BBS Radio, best radio there is. Where else can you listen to stuff like this? All right. Namaste. I'll see you very soon. Namaste. So, Rama, can you, we'll just continue, finish with our brother that works with Kesh. Okay. Um, I'm getting there. <clears throat> Won't you come with me, <laughs> everybody? Um, I'm not sure. This one right here, Rama. Yeah, I'm just trying to recall because I said 43 minutes and I'm not sure if we went that far or did we? I think we did. Okay, here we go. Yeah, we only had that. That's right. Okay. We're going to finish this. John? No. We're still living. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Yes. However, devices that can, you know, help other people to where they can help um, will will make a difference. So the concept is... Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Please, you go on. Mm -hmm. I just want to say that the concept is that 
the more you're able to give and the more you're able to help, the more you, the more, Oh, one of them. This weird blue liquid saved my wife's thinning hair in just a few short months, and now her hair is as thick and full as when I met her at 26 years old. <laughs> the more your glass continues to fill up. So your glass is never empty as long as you're giving and in service to others. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of how we... Uh, um, you know, keep keep things moving, if you will. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are there any practical things that people can do to begin to elevate their soul? Um, I always tell people that there's three things that are important in their everyday life that they can do that starts them on this path down um, the elevation of the soul. <laughs> You need to understand that their thoughts have energy, their words have energy, and their actions have energy. So if you become more the observer and less the, um, the one that interacts with these energies that are coming your way, for example, if you see the shooting in Texas and you get all emotionally wrapped up in it and you know, start charging the front. We need to stop guns or blah blah blah. Right. You know, you're 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 adding to that ener the energies that you know are, are not supporting you. If you simply are the observer of those types of events, send them loving energies. Then you are the healing the planet, and you're healing yes. yourself. So everything you give out, you give back. So right. Your thoughts, if you keep them, you know, as pure as possible. Yes. And your actions as pure as possible and your words as pure as possible. Yes. Try not to use words, the hurting words. You know, try to use the, you know, pick different choices of words so that they're yes. more neutral. Yes. Those are all things that you can do on a daily basis and it, it's, uh, it's a process. I love that. That's yeah. awesome. Now, in a way, though, even if you get in this, uh, this, I guess I should call it a pod or something, you get in there and you get, uh, you participate in a treatment and elevate the vibration of the soul and you leave, that energy will stay with you for a while. So you could actually use that. Let's say you wanted to heal someone else or help someone else to become better at uh, you know, in some way, will that energy stay with you for a while? And can you recharge without going back to the pod? Or do you just stay with you forever if you keep that mindset? So you'll have a, um, a permanent connection to the, to the unit as long as you are able to connect. You know, yeah. your energy feels and its energy feels. Um, and... It's important to understand that it doesn't necessarily happen to everybody in one sitting. Yeah. So you go into these units and for one person, they might, you know, their energy levels are such that they, they come out and they, they don't understand what happened. For another person, 
they're, they're, you know, all of a sudden beaming like a light bulb and, Mm -hmm. you know, anybody that they're around realizes that things have changed. Yeah. So it's going to be a mixed bag and you have to kind of, you know, walk through these experiences. But even the, the, I'll call it the hardened veteran, um, with lots of, you know, baggage to remove, um, they're still possible to be changed. So you can take somebody who's like a hardened, hardened criminal and by going in these units, you know, maybe not on day one, but maybe on day five, they become a different person. They become more peaceful. They become, you know, um, you know, less things bother them and they're, you know, maybe they were, you know, ADHD or what have you. They become, you know, calm again. Same thing with a, you know, maybe a student in, in, in high school who has trouble getting along with, you know, society. They can become balanced. Nice. Mm. Wow, this is, this is so hopeful. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, it's so exciting that we're on the cusp of this really, really rolling out. And I think one of the elevation tools that we may all need to take, like you were talking about the the shooting in Texas. The minute I saw that happen, Jan, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be part of that. And I have given it zero attention because I don't want to, I don't want to be building and uh, amplifying that kind of energy. And I think, I think we're going to have to stop the fight, right? The fight that we're having with the medical system, the fight that we're having in our minds with big pharma, you know, the fight that we're having with the other side, right? I mean, that's, that's like the first order of business to begin to elevate our soul so that we can heal ourselves and others. Exactly. Yeah. Well said. Cool. Cool. Very cool. And like you said, even you use these, um, Units, in a way, it is self-healing because it is your soul and your energy that is healing yourself. So you're yes. not looking for anything from the outside to help except just being in the presence of exactly. that unit. Exactly. Again, it's energy Energy fields. Energy fields are all around us, you know, your energy field. And it's when, it's when our energy fields get out of balance that we get diseases. Yeah. So, you know, we carry these emotions and these, you know, emotions lead to, you know, cancer showing up in our body because we have this baggage and we're not able to let it go. Yes. So it ends up being a cancer. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. Well. Oh, now, go ahead, Tori. No, 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 you go, you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say you are in this unit for a while and you do the, I guess I should call it treatment, self-treatment maybe, and then you leave. And then from there on, you can transmit that energy to someone else by explaining maybe what it is and it helped them elevate the soul. Can they also connect back to that unit and get recharged maybe like I was? No, it's probably not. 
Maybe, maybe yes, maybe no. I, I, my guess would be no. Mm-hmm. You know, because they don't have that direct connection. It's more yeah. indirect connection. Okay. Um, I don't know. Sometimes we're gonna have to, you know, we have, we're gonna have to walk through the experiences and have people, you know, share their stories. And through their stories, you yeah. know, we'll be able to, you know, understand better. You know, we're all connected um, to this, you know, greater God consciousness, if you will. Yeah. And, you know, part of it is just understanding that we're all connected and tapping into those connections. So even though, you know, grandmother passed away, know, 10 years ago, we can still tap into that connection of uh, the grandmother on the other side and, you know, experience the feelings of, you know, what it was like when she was here. Mm-hmm. Do you have any timeline in your mind for maybe to a point where this could be somewhat available to people just want to come and do it? Is there any... Uh, So 2022 is kind of this year of change. Um, it's the year of change for the planet as a whole. Um, and um, these tools, um, and there'll be more tools that are coming forward, are going to start showing up in the next four or five years. Um, things like flying cars and things like... Uh, You know, building a, a city out of out of energy fields—they're yeah. all going to be within, you know, I'll say our lifetime. Um, you know, it's not 10 years away. We're kind of in this cusp where everything's ready to, to to open up in big ways. You know, depend on how our society embraces this these technologies, um, whether they're able to grasp the concepts of the soul and fully manifest. The, uh, the creator of beings within themselves to how fast, you know, everything rolls out. My suspicion is that, uh, you know, as more and more of this gets talked about, more and more of this gets shown, um, it will open up in a very, very quick, you know, radical way. Mm-hmm. Wow. So this could actually, or uh, pretty close to, Create everything that people would need. If they know how to create things from the zero point vacuum and bringing it into the physical existence so it becomes real in the holographic existence we are living, let's say they need something, they could create it by the power of their, well, thought, I guess I should call it for right now, but there's more to it than just thought. But the thought is the physical expression of what's happening in the creation process coming into the the uh, physical. So they could create food. They could create, let's say they need new tires on their car. They could create that also out of that, out of the unified field. So this could totally redesign society we are living in, wouldn't it? Yeah, um, so one of the devices that uh, the foundation is bringing forward is what they call a material creation unit. 
where you can create things like gold. You don't have to mine gold anymore. You can create it out of thin air. But again, it's a tool to realize that everything it can do, you can do. We have to learn, we have to learn all this information that we forgot when we came into this, this lifetime that, you know, we are creator beings and we tap into, you know, these, the universal energies, um, you know, the world is our oyster. Now it's my feeling, you know, when there's all of this talk about, you know, a new money system, you know, Nisara, Jisara, blah, blah, blah. Um, and how it's going to roll out. It's my feeling that these creation energies that are coming forward will really be the new, the new paradigm for how we interact with money and tangible assets in the, in the near future. You know, the material enhancement system or the material creation unit is all already available. Um, we're going to actually have one in, uh, in Mesa in our facility, um, along with some of the other devices. So when you can show stuff like this, you know, you don't have to have, you know, people sweating and risking their life to mine, you know, whether it's uranium, gold, or cobalt, or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. It can be created in a safe and easy manner where it's available in abundance. Matter of fact, not just materials of this world, but materials beyond this world. You have to mm-hmm. learn, you know, one step at a time. Mm-hmm. And the awesome. more people that, you know, become, you know, aware and you know, working with this technology and the technology of their soul and their creative abilities, the quicker this stuff comes forward. And it will be kind of technologies that will be difficult for people to stop because when you, when you're a creator, you can create whatever you want, regardless of what the government says. And you don't have to worry about, you know, the laws that say, you know, I have to pay taxes, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, you can, you can control your own destiny. Each person can control them. It's not just me. It's anybody. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Wow. We we only have three minutes left. <laughs> so tell oh, us where you can be reached. The- yeah, yeah. So um, if they if people go to Kesh K E S H E, just like it's spelled up here, dot foundation. Org, they can they can view the uh, foundation website and they can see what the space technology, um, what the capabilities of it are, and there's some of the new products that are coming out. If they want to see, there's a, a whole host of different products that are actually built and on display in Lens. They can book a, a a an experience with the. Um, a flight unit where they can, if it's their desire, they can travel to, you know, wherever they want to go. I think we're limiting it to this planet for, for the time being, but, um, they'll be able to, you know, spread their wings if they will. 
um, realize its soul, you know, can be balanced and that they can, you know, start to tap into these, um, universal creation energies. So, uh, that's this, this link up top here, storecashfoundation.org. That's great. Um, and, and there's other product stuff on the store. In Mesa, um, we're going to have our own website. We, we haven't opened it up until the units come in because we didn't want to get inundated with, um, you know, too many questions before we're ready. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was wondering yeah. about that because we got a bunch of people in in Phoenix listening, so we were wondering about that. Yeah, we'll be able to um, – we'll probably start it off with a um, – um, call factory tours, uh, where we show everybody the devices and then offer, you know, the services, the wellness services, the, um, you know, the flight, the flight services. Um, and we really want to get with the flight system. We want to bring the governments on board because this technology is going to be, um, Something that needs to be, that needs to have a certain level of control where, you know, people don't just really nearly show up in areas that they're not supposed to be and, you know, get themselves in trouble because, you know, they're not, uh, not aware that, you know, going here mm-hmm. is not a place to be, like going into mm-hmm. the dark alley. Now, we have been talking about a lot of far out things here, but I want to just talk for about 15 seconds to the people that joined us late in the show. What we have been talking about is very possible because there are other people that are saying the same thing. Ben Ritz, he was the head of the Skunk Works at Lockheed Martin, and he said in 1978, right before he retired, he said, he said something to the effect of that these technologies, they've been locked up in classified projects and it will take an act of God to get it out to benefit humanity. If you have seen it on Star Trek, we already know how to do it. So there is a different branch of it. That's the military branch that have their form of technology. But I, from what I'm hearing, this is beyond what they're doing. And this is real. So just keep in touch and uh, when you get the uh, the flight furnace there up in Phoenix, I'm going to come and visit you. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Amazing stuff. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being with us and for your beautiful energy. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, for your, for your um, audience, remember that knowledge is power. So um, there's a lot of good information on the website. If you, you know, go look through some of the videos and such and, and start to understand, you know, how you can take control of your life. Yeah. And here's my favorite question. And that is, if you could talk to the whole world, Jan, and they were listening, what would you tell them? Um, think positive. And uh, there's a there's a bright future out there. See the positive and um, hang in there. Yeah, we will do that. All right. Well, thank you for being with us. And uh, 
when you are getting a little deeper into your project there and got some more equipment, maybe we could talk you into doing a show again. <laughs> yeah, maybe it'd be nice when, when the U.S. actually arrive in Mesa, we can uh, show a live demonstration on your show. Yeah, maybe uh, Nori and I could be right in your laboratory and you're showing it off. That'd be great. Yes, possibility too. Okay. Thank Thank you very much. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye. Live long and prosper. I heard that G-Sara, Nisara slip Mm. statement there. <clears throat> there is no G-Sara. And we'll leave it at that. Um, mm-hmm. So we're going to go on. Rama's going to pull up Greg Braden. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called the Wisdom Codes. And I'll read this little bit here. Greg Braden shares insights from his new book, The Wisdom Codes, Ancient Words to Rewire Our Brains and Heal Our Hearts. Okay, this is... um, Event is hosted by... Banyan Books and Sound. <laughs> In the Wisdom Codes, the cutting edge of neurolinguistics <clears throat> meets the spiritual wisdom of the ages in a handbook of key words that literally rewire our brains. Purchase the Wisdom Codes in all of Greg Braden's books here. So you go to www.banyan.com, B-A-N-Y-E-N.com, slash contributors, slash, and then there's a small g, dot, dot, dot. Greg Braden is a five-time New York Times best-selling author, scientist, international educator, and renowned five-time New York Times best-selling author, excuse me, and renowned as a pioneer in the emerging paradigm based in science, social policy, and human potential. He is the author of several books, including The Divine Matrix, Fractal Time, The Science of Self-Empowerment, The Spontaneous Healing of Belief, and the wisdom codes. To date, his self-empowerment, excuse me, his to date, his research has led to 15 film credits and 12 award-winning books, now published in over 40 languages. So just Greg, G-R-E-G-G, Braden, B-R-A-D-E-N.com is another place you can go. Banyan Books and Sound is is Canada's most comprehensive bookstore. Wow. Specializing in spirituality and healing. Now celebrating 50 years in Vancouver, B.C., Canada. Banyan is open for in-person purchases as well as web and mail orders. 
All right. Let's start. This is um, 47 minutes. Here we go. It's coming, everybody. podcast in conversation today we're joined by author greg braden really excited to have him here and before we get into greg's formal introduction i'll just do our usual banyan announcements first off acknowledging even though we have people joining us from around the world banyan books and sounds physical location is on the traditional unceded territories of the uh, coast salish peoples that's the musqueam squamish and tsleil nations Banyan Books is in its 50th year in business as an independent bookstore, Canada's healing and spiritual resource since 1970, so celebrating that. And we encourage everyone to go to banyan.com, B-A-N-Y-E-N.com, or if you're in Vancouver, stop in at our location, open 11 to 7 every day at the corner of Dunbar and 4th. So our guest today, Greg Braden. He is a five-time New York Times best-selling author, a researcher, educator, and lecturer. He is internationally renowned as a pioneer bridging modern science, ancient wisdom, and human potential. Greg's research has led to 15 film credits and 12 award-winning books, now published in more than 40 languages. The UK's Watkins Mind Body Spirit Journal has listed Greg as among the top 100 of the world's most spiritually influential people for the seventh consecutive year. And he was also a nominee in 2020 for the prestigious Templeton Prize, which was established to honor outstanding individuals who have devoted their talents to expanding our vision of human purpose and ultimate reality. Greg's books include The Spontaneous Healing of Belief, Resilience from the Heart, The Divine Matrix, and formerly called Human by Design, now called The Science of Self-Empowerment, which preceded his latest book, which is called The Wisdom Codes, Ancient Words to Rewire Our Brains and Heal Our Hearts, a wonderful book like his others, all available at banyan.com, B-A-N-Y-E-N.com. Now, the Wisdom Codes is described as the cutting edge of neurolinguistics meets the spiritual wisdom of the ages in a handbook of keywords that literally rewire our brains. So, Banyan family, please join me in welcoming our honored guest today, Greg Braden. Greg, thank you so much for being here. Oh, Ross, it's uh, it's a pleasure, it's an honor to be with you and to be with our, our community today. Thank you for my, my warm introduction. Uh, I especially like the part about uh, the, the Templeton Prize 
being offered to uh, living individuals. I like to be in that category of living individuals. <laughs> just, just, just the affirmation, you know. So I, I just want to uh, thank Banyan Books. You all have supported me for um, this is the 37th year I've done this in one form or another, and Banyan Books has been with me since the very beginning. So in one form or another. So uh, I want to thank you for that and thank my banding community. I'm excited for this conversation today. I don't know where it's going to go. It's a dance, and I'm going to let my brother, Ross, uh, lead this dance. So uh, so here we go. Thanks so much, Greg. And, and as we discussed before the interview, there's so much we can cover. But I thought I'd, I'd personally be interested, and I think our audience, too, would be interested to know in your creation of this book, The Wisdom Codes, you've, you've been doing this for over 40 years, exploring all the world's wisdom traditions. Yeah. How did you go about selecting which prayers, mantras, affirmations to use for this book? What was that process like? Well, I, uh, that's a good question. It's a big question. It might, might be the whole, uh, the whole conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so I, first I'll just begin by saying I'm a scientist. I'm a degreed, um, I'm a multidisciplinary scientist, a degreed earth scientist with a strong background in the, the life sciences, math, physics, computer science, and archaeology. And, and I say that <clears throat> because it is that background that allows me to stay current. Uh, with the, the publications, the very technical and in, in some cases, the obscure publications that are revealing new discoveries that change the way we think about ourselves, about our bodies, our relationship to our bodies, uh, our, our capabilities, our potential, our relationship to the earth, our relationship to time, to, uh, to the cosmos. And a lot of that information, Ross, is simply not being shared in the mainstream. So our, our young people today are actually being taught uh, information about their bodies and what they're capable of that we now know is obsolete. It's based on false assumptions of obsolete science. But until these discoveries and the, the content is approved in, uh, in the, the curricula by the school boards and public schools, teachers can't teach Legally, they are not allowed to teach these new discoveries. So what, what I want to do in this book and, and uh, the previous books is bring facets of those discoveries to the forefront in our lives in ways that are meaningful to us, to help us navigate uh, the, our, our time of extremes. I think we all know that we're living a time of extremes and it's not enough just to survive. We want to thrive. We want to navigate in a healthy way whatever it is that life brings to our doorstep. So that was the impetus for me putting this book together. As a scientist, uh, what I am, I'm a student. I'm still learning. Uh, but the new discoveries are showing very clearly. Now, this is, this is really interesting, that the words that we use to communicate with one another, like the words I'm using with you right now, uh, and the words that we use to communicate with ourselves. And this is really important because the, the scientists tell us, the average person, we have about 60 to 80,000 words that we speak to ourselves on uh, in a 24-hour period. Many of them are the same words. They're loops that we give 
So the words that we use not only determine how we think about the world and about how we solve our problems, but the mind blower is the words that we use determine what we're even capable of conceiving. Right. If we, if we want new and innovative solutions, the language that we use determines the parameters that we even allow ourselves to explore. And the reason, this is where the science comes in, the reason is because those words are directly linked to uh, neurons in the heart that were discovered in 1991. Now, uh, they were published in 1994, the first uh, journals describing the neural network of the heart as well as the neural network in, in the brain. So the words we use determine, you've all heard this, uh, this term, how the neurons wire and fire together. And the way they wire and fire determines how we perceive our relationship to the world, how we solve our problems, how we treat one another, how we heal our bodies, how we create our relationships, uh, all, all of those things. So this is, this is where the science is going. Now, as a researcher, over 40 years, I have had the opportunity to to travel and to lead groups into some of the most remote, uh, isolated, magnificent, beautiful, pristine places remaining on the earth from the, the highlands of central China and Tibet and the monasteries in Nepal and India and all through the uh, the Karo villages in, in the Andes of southern Peru and the with the shamans in the Yucatan, uh, all through the American desert southwest, uh, the Bedouin of, of Egypt. I've had the opportunity to study with these people to understand what they have known that we have simply forgotten and what they understand that we're only beginning to come to terms with in terms of our relationship to the world. And the reason I say this is because as different as those Traditions are from one another. There are, are things that uh, are common to them, that, that weave them together. And one of those is that every ancient culture, every ancient tradition has always had words and phrases that they turn to in times of need for comfort, for strength, for reassurance. Uh, in times of loss, you know, we're all experiencing loss right now, whether it's the loss of our loved ones or the loss of a way of life. We are all mourning a loss of something. A lot of us don't know that. And, uh, and if we don't know that, it, it impacts the decisions that we make and our relationships, the way we live our lives, our immune responses is all linked to that. So when I wanted to, to put this book together, what I found is over the last 40 years uh, is that every culture has these words that have worked for them, and they've been preserved as mantras, prayers, hymns in terms of the Gnostic traditions, uh, Sanskrit traditions, um, the, the ancient Aramaic traditions, of pre, um, the pre-Hebrew language. Uh, Native American traditions. And so I wanted to bring, I'm, I'm looking over here because the book was just released in paperback and I'm, I'm glancing here because it's the little paperback. What I wanted to do was to put together a quick reference guide 
uh, by categories. So there is a category of, uh, of protection and there's a category of loss and, uh, and within each category put together four, three, four, maybe five of these word codes that have worked for our ancestors in the past because if it worked for them for so well, there's a good chance they're going to work for us. So I'll, I'll give an example before we, uh, you know, before we close out here today. Uh, but that was the impetus for writing the book. It, 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 I'll just share a secret. It should have been called Wisdom Codes Book One because right. there are so many that I, I had to draw from, from the ancient Vedas and the, the Hindu traditions and the Buddhist traditions and the Christian and pre-Christian and native and indigenous. And, uh, so I, I had, it was very healing for me actually to go through and to, to call this information uh, and put it into a, a book. It can be read cover to cover, but more often than not, it's a quick reference. People, small small format book. You can carry it in your purse or your briefcase. Uh, and uh, and to be able to share those those word codes in, uh, in meaningful ways. So that was, it's a long answer to a short question, but that was the impetus for me putting the book together. And since the book has been written, even newer discoveries now uh, are substantiating the, the fundamental premise of the book. I just I want to share something with our our, our viewers here. It is the um, the epigraph the, at the very beginning of the book that was. And I'm going to read it directly so I get all the words correct. Okay. It's from a neuroscientist uh, Andrew Newberg. He's right. uh, he's an MD. Listen to what he says. He goes a single word has the power to influence the expression of genes that regulate physical and emotional stress. Right. So what he's, he's saying is something that we can't see and we can't touch has the ability to literally shift the fundamental code of our biology that we can touch and we can see. So we can see the upregulation or the downregulation of, uh, of genes that result directly from the language that we use. And that makes these words, and we've always known words were powerful. The second, the second part of the epigraph is from Emily Dickinson. Um, and she's, she's not a scientist, but she understood the power of words. And she said, I know nothing in the world that has as much power as a word. Can't get any clearer than that. It's not science, but it's true. It's, it's the deep truth of our relationship to language. So, uh, so in each of the codes, in addition to giving the codes, I want people to understand where they come from. So I give, I give the code, I give the source so people can go and check these things out on their own. If there is a native language, uh, I offer the native language of Navajo or, uh, there's Aramaic, uh, there's Sanskrit. And in the audio recordings, uh, people can actually hear. I, I recorded this myself in the studio. So people can actually hear how these ancient mantras in, in Sanskrit and Aramaic and the prayers are, are actually stated. Wonderful. And you're, you're talking about these ancient languages. And I guess this is a two-part question because the power of the word affects our feelings, which then affects our physiology, our biology, and our perceptions, and our capacity to think in different ways. I'm curious, first off, how it affects, how that actually, how that process works in the body, but also the other part of it is around the language itself and 
have there been any studies done that indicate whether, let's say Sanskrit, for example, a lot of the teachers from those traditions will say it's one of the original languages and yeah. it has a lot of power. Is have they found that one language might be hold more power than English, for example? Uh, it's. I'm going to start with the second question first, and they're both good questions. The it's less about the it appears to be less about the language itself, and it's the significance that we attach to the sounds that the language makes. So to to really flesh out this answer, and, and I describe this in the, in the first chapter in the book. We'll go back to early linguistics, early in the uh, in the 20th century, and you know you can't make this stuff up. I mean, this is how the universe works. What some people say is a total fluke that led to this understanding is actually the foundation for the, the modern study of, of linguistics. Harvard University, uh, 19 mid 1930s. There was a professor that took a sabbatical, and he asked a friend of his to sit in for him for a semester and teach linguistics, he opted to teach indigenous linguistics for a language that was very poorly understood in the early 20th century. It was the language of Hopi. The man's name was Benjamin Lee Wharf. And if anyone's listening and has ever studied linguistics, you know exactly where I'm going with this. What Benjamin Lee Wharf uh, had to do before he could teach is he had to understand the language. And he spent time with the Hopi that apparently very few people had done from this perspective in the past. What he understood, what he began to understand, Ross, it's really interesting that the Hopi live in the present moment. Now, a lot of spiritually oriented people say, oh yeah, I live in now, I live in the present. But the Hopi really live in the present, and their language reflects that because they have no words in their language to separate the future from the past. They they cannot set, talk about the past. They can't talk about the future. They have no words to separate what's happening in one place or another. It is all alive. In the Hopi language, the universe is alive. It's conscious. The world is conscious. It's present. And it is happening in the now. So, uh, for example... And I, these sound very awkward when I talk about these examples. Uh, if you were standing with a Hopi elder and you were look, looking, if you were standing on, on a beach in Vancouver and you're looking at the waves coming in, you and I would probably say, hey, look at that wave. By doing that, we've separated ourselves from the wave. We've said that and we've isolated that wave from all the other waves, the Hopi in a very awkward way, uh, because there is no direct translation, but what they would say is, see the waving, because it is happening in the moment, and it's not separate from the other waves, see the waving, or or if you're looking at lightning, we had amazing lightning storm uh, two nights ago, and people would say, wow, did you see that lightning? I hope you would say, it is lightning-ing, because it is occurring in the present moment. Now, here's why this is important. When you talk about the Hopi worldview, they see everything as connected. They see everything as alive. They see us as part of a unified field, part of a unified ecosystem, part of a unified consciousness, and that is reflected in the policies that they create, uh, the, the laws 
of, uh, of their tradition that they choose to live by, the way they heal their bodies, the way they honor their ancestors, the way they think of time, the way they build their relationships, the way they build their communities, the way they educate their children's. So it's more than just a philosophical conversation. It is actually the foundation of the, the way that they see their relationship to the world and live their lives. English, on the other hand, uh, is a very good language for technology. But English, we uh, see us as separate from everything else. So there's you and me, them and us, over there, over here, past, present, and it's not bad. I'm not saying it's bad, but it has an influence. And this is this is where this uh, idea of and the the tradition, the study of linguistics, began from this perception. And now, with the new technology, we can actually see how the neurons begin to to bind and fire together when we begin to use these words and we begin to think and see the world differently. So that that's the power of the language. In terms of the human body, I'm just going to do this very quickly. Okay. Because the science is giving us the reasons to think about ourselves very differently. In the mainstream media, there is a battle playing out right now. And I think we all there's a battle for our thoughts. We all know that. <laughs> Everyone is competing to tell us what to think and how to think. There's a battle for our beliefs, what we believe about our origin. Where do we come from? Are we the product of a random process or are we the product of some kind of an an intelligent intervention? Where did the universe come from? Is the universe dead and inert or is it alive, conscious, and connected? And by the way, that's what the science is showing, that the universe now, new discoveries, it is conscious, it is intelligent, it is ordered. It's not random. All all of those battles are playing out, but for me, they are all static. They're all noise for a a deeper battle, a battle for our very humanness that is playing out right now. We are being taught that we are weak, powerless, frail, and we're being taught that carbon-based life in general and humans specifically are flawed and that we need technology to realize our potential and to save us. This is the conditioning that now is coming for our young people. On the one hand, the other hand, listen to the new science. What the science is telling us is every cell, the average human body has about 50 trillion or so cells, whatever average is. Every one of those cells has an electrical potential of about 0.07 volts, small. But when you multiply that by 50 trillion, all of a sudden we've got 3.5 trillion volts of electrical potential in the human body. And just to wrap your mind around what that, that means, if you, if you can envision a 12 volt battery in your car, 12 volt car battery or solar panel battery is what we use them for now, 3 billion of those 12 volt batteries it takes to equal the potential in a single human body. Wow. It doesn't, it doesn't stop there because every cell is a transistor. It's a resistor. It's a capacitor. And these are components that massage information as they pass through our, our computers and our the computer I'm talking to you now and our, our mobile phones. Our cells function in the same way. Every cell is a transmitter of photons of light. We emit light. 
We receive light. That light is information informing our bodies. Every The surface of every cell. Everybody knows what cells look like now because of COVID. And the surface of every cell has receptors that are antenna. They are receiving chemical signals. We know that. But they are receiving electromagnetic signals and even beyond. And inside the cell, the nucleus, the DNA is an antenna. The genes are even finer antenna. We are gated circuits. And all of this, all of this, when we begin to think of our bodies from this this perspective, we are literally a soft technology. It's not a technology based on hard computer chips and wires and chemicals. We're talking about neurons and cell membranes and crystalline bone. And here's here's what ties it into this book. We are the only form of life known to exist today. I'm sure there are others in the cosmos, but we're the only form that we can confirm today that has the ability, Ross, this is so beautifully awesome for me to say this. We're the only form of life with the ability to self-regulate our biology, to self-regulate all of those components, all of that electrical potential, and and direct that for our, our, our healing or to awaken the longevity enzymes in our body or to create resilience to change or awaken deep states of intuition or to rewire neurons so that we can achieve our, our greatest capacities. We're the only form of life that we know of that can self-regulate. So what I mean by that is we're the only form of life that can sit in a chair in a moment in time and say, in this moment, I choose to awaken the longevity enzymes to give me, if, if you're, if you're living a long time, it means you're healing, you are rejuvenating, you're regenerating. The only form of life that can say in this moment, I choose to ignite a, a powerful immune response. And man, who doesn't want that, you know, in, in the, the time of, of a global pandemic? And so much more. So this is why when we use, and it's not just words, in the book I talk about a biological state that is called coherence. When we can create coherence in our bodies and then apply the word codes, that is where we are very, very potent in terms of our ability to influence not only our inner world, but how we function in the world around us. And that is something our young people simply are not being taught. And because they're not being taught, they are willing to give their biology away to technology as individuals, as a society. This is up for all of us right now. And, uh, and I talk about this. We've done television specials. We've got new books coming out on this. Because here's the thing. Once we relinquish our biology to a chip or a wire or a chemical, our bodies, we, we've all heard the term use it or lose it. Our bodies begin to atrophy for those capabilities and we lose <laughs> the potentials and the capabilities that define our humanness in one generation, the next generation, pretty soon kids that are born, if we're not using in our generation, the body says we don't need these functions any longer. And we begin to give away the very essence of what we cherish as human. And I'm not saying it's right, wrong, good or bad. I'm saying before we give it away, we owe it to ourselves to know what we're giving away 
And that is where the new discoveries are important. So this book is identifying one of those, the words that we use, influence uh, and, and allow us a deeper potential uh, to, to self-regulate our biology. The book, Human by Design, or, or The Science of Self-Empowerment, goes into that much deeper. Our, uh, all of our books talk about this in, in one form or another. So we just covered a lot of ground, but I wanted to give a context. This is It's more than just a nice, it is a nice book, but it's more than that. It is a vital book in in the time when our very humanness is being challenged, taking and marrying two great ways of knowing, the wisdom of our ancestors that weren't scientists, but they understood our relationship to our bodies in the world, and the discoveries of science that now understand those relationships, but they're not really sure how to apply them. So we're building on the best science of the modern world with 5,000 years of human experience, weaving them into a wisdom that's greater than either could be on their own. And that gives us the evolutionary edge, I believe, to thrive and transcend our time of extremes. And that's why I wanted to release this book. So I, I want to give an example before I do. I'm just going to stop. Does that make sense? What, what I've said? Uh, absolutely, it does. And if I can just interject and let our audience know in about three, four minutes, we're going to take just one or two questions from the audience. We just have a, a shorter interview. Greg's got a tight schedule today, so I just want to let everyone know what were your questions in the Q and A time. You know what? I, um, I I I have another interview coming up, and uh, it's a soft interview. And I told them this one may run late. And I just talked a lot more than uh, than you did. So <laughs> if we if we go up, uh, we can go to a quarter to the hour. I'll push this to a quarter to the hour because I'd like to, to take some of the questions. But I also want to give an example of, of what one of these wisdom codes uh, is all about. Are you okay if I do it that way? That's great. Thank you so much, Greg. Appreciate your time. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you, and I certainly uh, we love our audience. Our co- I, I tend to think of it more of a community than an audience, yeah. but there is an audience that's there. So I want to thank everyone for tuning in today for all your support for me over the years of for banning books over all those years, 50 years. I've only been doing this 40 years, so you guys got 10 years on me. And and you, you don't look like you've aged at all. <laughs> so so I, I'd like to, you know, we're kind of talking, we're covering a lot of ground. Let me get a little bit more concrete with uh, the, the wisdom codes. Uh, there are so many examples I, I could give. Um, there is one particular code. I'm hesitating a little bit because I don't know how much of a story I, I want to tell, but there is, is one particular wisdom code that I use almost every day of, of my life. And it is a, a Navajo uh, prayer I'm coming to you today from a, a studio just outside of Santa Fe, New Mexico, and we're surrounded to the north. It's it's Navajo land, so um, this is is very close to to me and and my history and my experience. In the Navajo traditions, they view beauty as a force of nature rather than simply an aesthetic. When we talk about beauty, as a scientist, I was taught beauty. You know, you look at something and say, oh, that's, that's beautiful, cool. You know, what's next? Navajo think of beauty 
from literally as a force of nature. So physicists will tell us there are four fundamental forces of nature. There's gravity, uh, the electromagnetic force, the strong nuclear force, and the weak nuclear force. And that's these are the four forces they're always trying to unify uh, into the, the unified physics. Navajo tell us there's a fifth force, and that is a force of beauty. It is more than an aesthetic. It literally is a, a force, and that we are changed in the presence of beauty. So when we behold what we perceive as beauty, there is a, a, a chemical and a biological and a neurological change that happens inside of us. Literally, our sense, our perception of beauty is, is changing our biology. So this is the, the, the basis for this prayer. Now, the, the original prayer, it's a long prayer that I have in the book uh, used in ceremonies, and there's an abbreviated form of this prayer that I'll share with you now. It's three short phrases, and it simply states the beauty that I live with, the beauty that I live by, the beauty upon which I base my life. The beauty I live with reminds us that beauty exists everywhere. It's already there. Our job is to seek it out and to find the beauty in all things. Sometimes it's difficult to find the beauty in tragedy or in loss. But what this prayer says, if, if we look hard enough, we will find beauty in everything. It's the beauty that I live with. So we don't have to create it. Our job is to seek it out. The beauty that I live by invites us to allow the presence of that beauty that already exists, to allow that beauty to play a foundational, fundamental role in our lives. The beauty upon which I base my life is the, the proclamation that beauty becomes a foundation or a, a, a keystone upon which our choices and our relationships revolve. If we can honor this principle of beauty, find this principle of beauty, honor that principle of beauty in every business relationship, in every emotional relationship, in every health relationship, this is where we find our power. So I, I find myself, and I'll tell you, I'll just be very honest with our audience. The reason I'm hesitating, I lost my mom to COVID uh, early in the year, and yesterday, uh, well, Monday, uh, Sunday was Mother's Day. It was my first Mother's Day without my, my mom in the world. And lo and behold, as an author, I turned to my own book. <laughs> I turned to my own book of the Wisdom Codes, and this is under the chapter of Strength. And the beauty prayer I look to for strength, and I use this a lot. If I know I'm going to have a difficult phone conversation, you know, with a producer trying to produce a physical event somewhere in Europe in the time of COVID, and it can't happen. Sometimes those are difficult conversations. So I, I will use this prayer often. I'll say the, the beauty I live with, the beauty I live by, the beauty upon which I base my life. I feel different when I say that. And... I also say it in the presence of the coherence that I mentioned. I can't go into that in detail in this brief conversation, but I do describe it in, in the book. Yeah, exactly. So I create, yeah, the, I create the coherence in my body. Then I, I uh, uh, to, for me, either out loud or often silently, I'll recite that mantra, that powerful prayer. 
then I'll, I'll click that Zoom link or make the phone call. And it, it, I become more objective and less reactive in difficult situations. And, uh, and I think that's a good place for all of us to be. It's so easy. There's so much hurt in the world right now. And if the hurt is not understood, it's often expressed as fear. And that fear will come out as anger and hate. And, uh, and it's not personal, typically. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. And, and so the more that we can find that place of, uh, of, of neutrality, the more objective we can be when it's incoming, when you're, you're getting the hurt and the anger and the hate. Uh, don't react in the same way. So, so I wanted just to, to say that and share with you a little bit an example of, of one of these. Uh, and I also offer that in the Navajo language as well. It's a very, very different way of using vowels. It's a vowel-based language. I you know, Navajo was so powerful. Navajo is the language that was used by the code talkers in World War II because the when the uh, the foreign armies, when they were trying to crack the intercepted codes that they were picking up on the radio waves, they were looking for patterns that are typic, typical in the rom- Romance languages uh, in, and in, you know, typical uh, Western languages. So they were looking for consonants and vowels and uh, the word and and, you know, Navajo doesn't work that way and they were never able to break that code. So I think it's a, it's a very powerful language if people want to, to, uh, to listen and, and read the syllables for themselves. So, yeah. so I'll, I'll stop there and, um, we have a few minutes if we want to entertain some of the, the questions. If we, do we have some questions? We do, we do. Cool. Uh, and I just want to say it, it, this book is a wonderful reference and I'm going to keep it on my shelf for sure. Uh, and that Navajo language, like you said, when I read the Navajo, there was something like quite powerful. But I said it out loud, and the, it was almost like it opened my heart immediately. Speaking that language, yeah, it's a, it's a different way of thinking about beauty. Now, I have to tell you, as a scientist, this nothing could be more foreign to the way I was trained. However, a true scientist, if you're really a scientist. It means that you are, science is always being upgraded with new discoveries and new information. And a true scientist is open. Not, not a gaping mind, but has an open mind to, to new discoveries and new possibilities. Uh, we have 5,000 years of human experience that predates the scientific method. We cannot discount what we have learned in those 5,000 years. And there is an arrogance in science often that says science is the only way and everything else is, is invalid. So that may work for some people, but we're living in a world like we've never seen. And I, I personally, this is my personal one man's opinion, uh, I believe that we owe it to ourselves to draw upon every iota of knowledge that we have ever accrued as a species without judging where it comes from. If it's, if it works, it works. Draw upon that wisdom and weave that wisdom into a functional, a functional wisdom that we can apply in our lives today. And, uh, and I think people that do this are often surprised at how powerful and effective it is. 
this book, Wisdom Codes, is, is an example of that. So let's let's take a question. Yes, yes. Um, Linda asks, or sorry, Paige Onja asks. Uh, hello and thank you for your time. You mentioned that when we are in coherence, we become potent. Can you speak more on that, please? How does one get into coherence? Yeah, well, it's, again, it's beyond the scope of what I can do well here right now. So what I'll say is uh, in 1991, science, and I talk about this, a lot of books, a lot of our TV shows, all the Gaia programs. I have a, a free video on my personal YouTube channel that will actually lead you through the uh, the experience of creating coherence. So 1991, scientists discovered uh, 40,000 sensory neurites in the human heart. They're essentially brain cells, but they're not in the brain. So in the human heart, it has its own neural network. It thinks independently of the cranial brain. It feels, it remembers independently of the cranial brain. So when we want to heal emotional trauma, we've got to go beyond the cranial brain. We've got to begin to address the, the language of the heart. So the, there is a technique that our ancestors understood that has now been refined in the laboratory in the three simple steps where we harmonize the neural network in the heart and the brain. We harmonize them through breath, focus and feeling and, uh, and a very powerful feeling such as gratitude or appreciation. Uh, and what the harmony is scientifically, it is a low frequency that the heart is sending to the brain and the optimum frequency is 0.1 Hertz, very low frequency. And when you can create the focus in the heart, slow the breathing to reset the vagus nerve and free yourself from fight, flight, or fight or flight, and then then create that positive, uh, positive emotional experience. You create this coherence between the heart and the brain. It sets up a coherence not only between the heart and the brain, but with the entire body, all the systems in the body. Uh, all the organs, all the glands come into this coherence. So it is a healthy thing to do. It optimizes your immune system. I, I talk about all this. And uh, if you go to go to the YouTube, Greg Braden YouTube, and it's a very recent release on heart-brain coherence. Um, uh, optimize the immune system. It's, it's where you begin to access deep states of, of intuition, uh, it resets what's called heart rate variability, HRV, for our medical people that are listening. And the greater heart rate variability, the more resilience you have to change, to embrace change in a healthy way, and so much more. So I would invite you to go to the, the book. Uh, well, actually, in this book, I describe heart-brain coherence at the beginning, as, uh, and I recommend that you do that, and then from within that place, apply the wisdom codes. Now, one, one last piece, very specifically, the brain is a polarity organ, left and right brain. So when we think about our trauma, for example, in the brain, you'll always have a good and a bad, a right and a wrong, a success, failure, worthy, not worthy. The heart, the neurons in the heart, they're not a polarity organ. 
And that's why when you create the coherence before you go into a difficult conversation, you are not hearing criticism, for example, in a hurtful way. You're not hearing it through the lens of uh, success, failure, worthy, not worthy. And this is a very, very empowering place to be. So uh, it's a long answer to a short question, but I want to spend a couple of minutes. Coherence is uh, we are the only form of life that we know that can create coherence on demand, harmonizing two separate organs into a single potent system and then applying that system in whatever way we choose. And that is the foundation of all the live events that I do, and it's a lot of the... the, I I wanted to put a lot uh, at no charge on YouTube in a really good way. So uh, I've got a company I'm working with, and they're, they're representing these ideas in a really beautiful way. Absolutely no charge for any of it. Uh, and I think uh, if we were ever going to use it, now now is definitely the time. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I think we have time for one more question from Tanya. And she asks, are there any particular medical or biological scientists that you would recommend follow? Uh, I definitely recommend my dear friend, my spiritual brother, my colleague. I've traveled the world with, presented with for 30 years, Dr. Bruce Lipton. Uh, his book, The Biology of Belief, is a landmark shift uh, of epigenetics and our ability consciously and subconsciously to upregulate or downregulate our genes. That would be the, the primer for anything else. Uh, I recommend my book that is still out. Uh, it's called Human by Design. It's actually a two-part book. My publisher wanted to emphasize the self-help nature so they of the book so they renamed it to the science of self-empowerment i personally prefer the original title because that's the one the universe gave me but that's exactly the same book uh and it details a lot of what i'm talking to you about right now i recommend those those two books and all the science reference all the medical i've got 40 pages of references at the back of that book if you want to go deeper perfect that's so great I just want to say thank you so much for not only coming today and giving the Banyan community your time, but also for extending that time and your heart to us. I love you all, and I appreciate you, my brother, and my brother behind the scenes that we don't see, but that's making this all possible today. I want to give a shout-out. Yes. Uh, I just want to thank our, our community for just everything you're doing to be the best person you can be in one of the most challenging times in recorded human history. Uh, this is where we get to find out what works and what doesn't. And, uh, and I think the better we know ourselves, the better equipped we are for whatever life brings to our doorstep. And hopefully the time we've shared together today helps you to understand yourself a little bit better. So Ross, my brother, thank you so much. I look forward to our next. Likewise, Greg. Have a wonderful day. Okay, take good care. <laughs> so I guess that was one, Ramath. I think I remember that part where we played it before where he was talking about his mom mm-hmm. leaving the planet early this year from COVID. It's a good refresher, but this one we're going to play now is called Beyond Thinking. Rama's choice. 
Okay. This is by Patrick Sweeney. And here we go. It says, we live our lives pursuing happiness and freedom. And then in quotations, out there. As if it is a commodity. We have become slaves to our own desires and cravings. This is Maya illusion, the endless play of form. It is not wrong to desire to be awake, to be happy. Yet we must come to realize that it cannot be found outside of us. Mm. Absolutely. So there we go. This is uh, 29 minutes. Okay. Okay, everybody. Ready, Ron? Yeah. Okay. It's coming. <laughs> Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We live our lives pursuing happiness out there as if it is a commodity. We have become slaves to our own desires and craving. Happiness is not something that can be pursued or purchased like a cheap suit. This is Maya, illusion, the endless play of form. In the Buddhist tradition, samsara, or the endless cycle of suffering, is perpetuated by the craving of pleasure and aversion to pain. Freud referred to this as the pleasure principle. Everything we do is an attempt to create pleasure, to gain something that we want, or to push away something undesirable that we don't want. Even a simple organism like the paramecium does this. It is called response to stimulus. Unlike a paramecium, humans have more choice. We are free to think, and that is the heart of the problem. It is the thinking about what we want that has gotten out of control. Consciousness, 
but by quantifying and qualifying what we perceive to be the external world by using scientific means and thought. Thinking has only led to more thinking and more questions. We seek to know the innermost forces which create the world and guide its course. But we conceive of this essence as outside of ourselves, not as a living thing intrinsic to our own nature. It was the famous psychiatrist Carl Jung who said, One who looks outside dreams. One who looks inside awakes. It is not wrong to desire to be awake, to be happy. What is wrong is to look for happiness outside when it can only be found inside. craving and never satisfied. 
We have created a maelstrom of data flying around the planet to facilitate more thinking, more ideas about how to fix the world, to fix the problems that only exist because the mind has created them. Thinking has created the whole big mess that we are in right now. We wage wars against diseases, enemies, and problems. The paradox is that whatever you resist, persists. The more you resist something, the stronger it gets. Like exercising a muscle, you are actually strengthening the very thing you want to rid yourself of. So then, what is the alternative to thinking? What other mechanism can humans use to exist on this planet? Western culture in recent centuries has focused on exploring the physical by using thought and analysis. Other ancient cultures have developed equally sophisticated technologies for exploring inner space. It is the loss of a connection to our inner worlds that has created imbalance on our planet. The ancient tenet, Know Thyself, has been replaced with a desire to know and experience the outer world of form. Answering the question, who am I, is not simply a matter of describing what is on your business card. In Buddhism, you are not the content of your consciousness. You are not merely a collection of thoughts or ideas. Because behind the thoughts is the one who is witnessing the thoughts. The imperative know thyself is a Zen koan, an unanswerable riddle. Eventually the mind will become exhausted in trying to find an answer, like a dog chasing its tail. It is only the ego identity that wants to find an answer, a purpose. The truth of who you are does not need an answer, because all questions are created by the egoic mind. You are not your mind. The truth lies not in more answers, but in less questions. As Joseph Campbell said, I don't believe people are looking for the meaning of life as much as they are looking for the experience of being alive. Yeah. Suffering. 
Every major religious tradition has a name for the state of being awake. Heaven, Nirvana, or Moksha. A quiet mind is all you need to realize the nature of the stream. All else will happen once your mind is quiet. In that stillness, inner energies wake up and work without effort on your part. As the Taoists say, Qi follows consciousness. By being still, one begins to hear the wisdom of the plants and animals, the quiet whispers and dreams, and one learns the subtle mechanism by which those dreams come into material form. In the Tao Te Ching, this kind of living is called Wei Wu Wei, doing, not doing. The Buddha spoke of the Middle Way as the path that leads to enlightenment. Aristotle described the Golden Mean, the middle between two extremes, as the path of beauty. Not too much effort, but not too little either. Yin and Yang in perfect balance. Vedanta's notion of Maya or illusion is that we do not experience the environment itself, but rather a projection of it, created by thoughts. Of course, your thoughts let you experience the vibratory world in a certain way, but our inner equanimity need not be contingent on external happenings. The belief in an external world, independent of the perceiving subject, is fundamental to science. But our senses only give us indirect information. Our notions about this mind-made physical world are always filtered through the senses, and therefore always incomplete. There is one field of vibration underlying all of the senses. People with a condition called synesthesia sometimes experience this vibratory field in different ways. Synesthetes can see sounds as colors or shapes, or associate qualities of one sense with another. Synesthesia refers to a synthesis or intermingling of the senses. The chakras in the senses are like a prism, filtering a continuum of vibration. All things in the universe are vibrating, but at different rates and frequencies. The Eye of Horus is made up of six symbols, each representing the senses. Like the ancient Vedic system, thought is considered to be a sense. Thoughts are received simultaneously as sensations are experienced on the body. They arise from the same vibratory source. Thinking is simply a tool, one of six senses. But we have elevated it to such a high status that we identify ourselves with our thoughts. The fact that we do not recognize thinking as one of the six senses is very significant. We are so immersed in thought that trying to explain thought as a sense is like telling a fish about water. Water 
What water? In the Upanishads, it is said, not that which the eye can see, but that whereby the eye can see. Know that to be Brahman, the eternal, and not what people here adore. Not that which the ear can hear, but that whereby the ear can hear. Know that to be Brahman, the eternal, and not what people here adore. Not that which speech can illuminate, but that by which speech can be illuminated. Know that to be Brahman, the eternal, and not what people here adore. Not that which the mind can think, but that whereby the mind can think. Know that to be Brahman, the eternal, and not what people here adore. have taken place in the area of brain research. Scientists have discovered neuroplasticity, a term which conveys the idea that the physical wiring of the brain changes according to the thoughts moving through it. As Canadian psychologist Donald Hebb put it, neurons that fire together, wire together. wire together most when a person is in a state of sustained attention. What this means is that it is possible to direct your own subjective experience of reality. Literally, if your thoughts are ones of fear, worry, anxiety, and negativity, then you grow the wiring for more of those thoughts to flourish. If you direct your thoughts to be ones of love, compassion, gratitude, and joy, you create the wiring for repeating those experiences. But how do we do that if we are surrounded by violence and suffering? Isn't this some kind of delusion or wishful thinking? Neuroplasticity is not the same as the New Age notion that you create your reality by positive thinking. It is actually the same thing that the Buddha taught 2,500 years ago. Vipassana meditation or insight meditation could be described as self-directed neuroplasticity. You accept your reality exactly as it is. As it actually is. But you experience it at the root level of sensation. At the vibratory or energetic level. Without the prejudice or influence of thought. Through sustained attention at the root level of consciousness. The wiring for an entirely different perception of reality is created. We have got it backwards most of the time. 
We constantly let ideas about the outer world shape our neural networks. But our inner equanimity need not be contingent on external happenings. Circumstances don't matter. Only my state of consciousness matters. Meditation in Sanskrit means to be free of measurement, free of all comparison, to be free of all becoming. You are not trying to become something else. You are okay with what is. The way to rise above the suffering of the physical realm is to totally embrace it, to say yes to it, so it becomes something within you, rather than you being something within it. How does one live in such a way that consciousness is no longer in conflict with its content? How does one empty the heart of petty ambitions? There must be a total revolution in consciousness, a radical shift in orientation from the outer world to the inner. It is not a revolution brought about by will or effort alone, but also by surrender, acceptance of reality as it is. open heart powerfully conveys the idea that one must open to all pain. One must accept all if one is to remain open to the evolutionary source. This doesn't mean you become a masochist. You don't look for pain. But when pain comes, which it inevitably does, you simply accept reality as it is, instead of craving some other reality. The Hawaiians have long believed that it is through the heart that we learn truth. The heart has its own intelligence, as distinctly as the brain does. The Egyptians believed that the heart, not the brain, was the source of human wisdom. The heart was considered the center of the soul and the personality. It was through the heart that the divine spoke, giving ancient Egyptians knowledge of their true path. This papyrus depicts the weighing of the heart. It was considered a good thing to go into the afterlife with a light heart. It meant that you had lived well. One universal or archetypal stage that people experience in the process of awakening the heart center is the experience of one's own energy as the energy of the universe. When you allow yourself to feel this love, to be this love, when you connect your inner world with the outer world, then all is one. How does one experience the music of the spheres? How does a heart open? Sri Ramana Maharshi said, God dwells in you as you and you don't have to do anything to be God-realized or self-realized. It is already your true and natural state. 
Just drop all seeking. Turn your attention inward and sacrifice your mind to the one self radiating in the heart of your very being. For this to be your own presently lived experience, self-inquiry is the one direct and immediate way and observe sensations within your inner aliveness you are actually observing change this force of change is the arising and passing away as energy changes form the degree to which a person has evolved or become enlightened is the degree to which one has gained the ability to adapt to each moment or to transmute the constantly changing human stream of circumstances pain and pleasure into bliss Leo Tolstoy author of War and Peace said everyone thinks of changing the world but no one thinks of changing him or herself Darwin said the most important characteristic for the survival of a species is not strength or intelligence but adaptability to change. One must become adept at adapting. This is the Buddhist teaching of Anicca. Everything is arising and passing away, changing, constantly changing. Suffering exists only because we become attached to a particular form. When you connect to the witnessing part of yourself with the understanding of anicca, bliss arises in the heart. describe one sacred union that occurs in the heart whether it is the writings of St John of the Cross Rumi's poetry or the tantric teachings of India all of these different teachings try to express the subtle mystery of the heart in the heart is the union of Shiva and Shakti masculine penetration into the spiral of life and feminine surrender to change witnessing an unconditional acceptance of all that is in order to open your heart you must open yourself to change to live in the seemingly solid world dance with it engage with it live fully love fully 
but yet know that it is impermanent and that ultimately all forms dissolve and change. Bliss is the energy that responds to stillness. It comes from emptying consciousness of all content. The content of this bliss energy born of stillness is consciousness. A new consciousness of the heart. A consciousness that is connected to all that is. Uh, uh, I like the music. <laughs> mm. uh, awesome. Okay, I was thinking of playing uh, Regina Meredith's drama. This one. <coughs> okay. Mm. All right. This one goes like this. How can we change the voltage of our electric selves? Author of Electric Body, Electric Health, Eileen de Mikusik discusses the human biofield and how we can use physical activity, nutrition, and mindfulness of past experiences to align with the energies of the natural world around us. Describing her tribulations earlier in life, Kusik illuminates how to recharge our internal batteries and change our energetic frequencies, demonstrating how sound waves of a tuning fork can tune to the electrical field of the human body. Kusik shares how this allows her, as a practitioner, to read an individual's energetic patterns to help facilitate a higher voltage in their biofield. Okay? Mm. It's 48 minutes. Here we go. around people, their therapeutic outcomes started becoming really dramatic. People that had had pain for three years, it's gone in one session. People that had massive anxiety, it's gone in just a few sessions. What people were reporting to me was really kind of stunning and astonishing. 
and unexpected. Mm-hmm. Anytime we're not in integrity or authenticity or we're suppressing or repressing what our body naturally wants to do, that all creates resistance in the system. And then our voltage gets caught up in the resistance Interesting. instead of the flow. The biofield, what we call the biofield, the body's electrical system is our conscious mind. It's our subconscious mind. But I would also call it our soul. A lot of times when people have an experience of their own inner illumination, the only framework they have to apply it to is religious. But when you have an understanding that this is part of your biological reality, that you are electric, that you do have an inner life, then that becomes both spiritual and scientific. Virtually everyone in this community has used the term raising our vibrations, but what many of us need now is another kind of raising, raising our voltage. How many of us have been feeling afraid, confused, even physically weakened by the times? And I'll raise my hand on that one. Eileen McCusick is going to share with us how we can care for our electric selves, without which we'd be dead. (laughs) Welcome back. It's been a few years since I've seen you. A lot has happened in your world, and it's almost like what you're doing was made for these times right now. People need a lot of help right now. And we're, like I said, exhausted. And you have a whole different way of explaining that. So let's go back. For those who didn't see our first interview, let's just go back into your life a little bit to begin with because you had burnout really early in life in your youth. So let's talk about you and your own electrical story. Well, yeah, I I burned out several times, actually. (laughs) I'm sure there are other people who've had that experience as well. It's really easy to do. Uh, our, Our culture demands so much of us and women, you know, we think we have to do it all, right? Uh, but my first experience of burnout came, I started a restaurant with my family when I was 20 years old. And I worked 100-hour weeks on my feet, really for years, and completely toasted myself. I, was, I had the experience of feeling like burnt toast. Right. Emotionally, physically, mentally exhausted, strung out. Just couldn't take it anymore. Really needed a big uh, pattern reset. <laughs> yeah, and you you went on. You did get out of that, but then you were very entrepreneurial, which you are. I mean, you're a powerful woman, and you came up with an idea I just love. So what happened there? So you thought, okay, go the entrepreneurial route. Well, after I got out of the restaurant, my husband and I moved to Vermont, and you know it's hard to find a good paying job in Vermont. Yeah, but what happened was. Uh, I'd been doing this work with tuning forks on the side since 1996. But then my practice sessions with my clients with the tuning fork, and I was seeing maybe two, three people a week. Um, previously, when I started doing it, I was just working right over their bodies. But I discovered sort of by accident that there was stuff going on around people's bodies. And so when I start using my tuning forks around people, their therapeutic outcomes started becoming really dramatic. People that had had pain for three years, it's gone in one session. People that had massive anxiety, it's gone in just a few sessions. What people were reporting to me was really kind of stunning and astonishing and unexpected. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I realized that I had sort of unwittingly stumbled into the kind of healing that people are looking for. Mm-hmm. Which is vibrational healing. Vibrational healing, but really getting right into it and solving mm-hmm. the problem. Mm-hmm. Right? Just solving the problem. And so how does voltage uh, factor into that story? Well, it took me a long time to come to understand that the part of the body that I was interfacing with, with the tuning forks, 
was the body's electrical system in its entirety. Now, have you ever heard of the body's electrical system? Well, I only have because I've been researching this stuff for 30 years. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the body electric and all that. Yeah. I had, but most people certainly had not. Most no. people have not. The fellow that wrote the body electric, he was talking about the body's electrical system, yes. Robert O'Becker, back yes. in the 80s. That's right. That's when I read it. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and but that never made it mm-hmm. into any kind of mainstream mm-hmm. awareness. We're just very conditioned to think of ourselves chemically and mechanically. Right. And But when you think about it, like everything in our body is actually electric. Like our heart is mm-hmm. running on electricity. Our brain waves, when you get an EKG, that's electrical activity mm-hmm. in the brain. We're just very conditioned to think of ourselves chemically and mechanically. Right. And But when you think about it, like everything in our body is actually electric. Like our heart is mm-hmm. running on electricity. Our brain waves, when you get an EKG, that's electrical activity mm-hmm. in the brain. Uh, our bones are electric, our blood carries the charge, our fascia, our collagen, like everything is actually running on and conducting electricity. Mm-hmm. And anything that has an electrical current running through it, like our human body, has a magnetic field around it. Mm-hmm. And that's just basic science. Mm-hmm. And so what I discovered was that I was actually interfacing with and working with the body's electrical system, that I was finding areas of noise and resistance in the electrical field Mm -hmm. and getting it to resolve and release. And when I fixed things at the level of the body's electric system, it resolved in the rest of the body. So let's talk about, first of all, just to get a baseline, what is it that creates voltage, raises our voltage, and what is it that lowers our voltage? So we get a kind of baseline to this conversation where each one of our lovely viewers can tap in themselves and say, oh, that's me. Yeah. Well, first of all, I I would invite people to think of themselves like a battery, like you mm-hmm. have a battery meter. So on a scale of one to 100, where is your battery meter at right now? What's your level of charge? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say like 65%. And that's right really now. common. Yeah, a lot yeah, of people right often now. answer like 60%. And obviously mm-hmm. it's variable, sure. right? But if you had a business with 100 employees and mm-hmm. only 65 were showing up for work every day, <laughs> your business wouldn't be yeah. optimized at all, yeah. right? And that's kind of what it's like. When your battery isn't full, you're not fully present and you're right. not uh, able to do all the things that you're capable mm-hmm. of doing. So that's when we talk about voltage and this idea of raising voltage. Mm-hmm. It's about raising that battery meter. It's about mm-hmm. optimizing our electric health. And there's many ways that it goes down. So what I've observed is that most people give more than they receive. Mm -hmm. They discharge more than they recharge. Mm -hmm. They hold themselves back. They hold back their emotions. They hold back their words. They hold back their truth. They say what other people want to hear. So anytime we're not in integrity or authenticity or we're suppressing or repressing what our body naturally wants to do, that all creates resistance in the system, and then our voltage gets caught up in the resistance Interesting. instead of the flow. Mm-hmm. Right? So we want to be in a flow state. So ways that we raise our voltage, uh, certainly movement. You know, Our mm-hmm. bones actually produce electricity when they're compressed. Mm-hmm. So exercising, dancing, bouncing on trampolines, that sort of thing. Right. Walking with Percussive a movement. Yeah, walking yeah. with a spring in yeah. your step. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so that helps build electricity, uh, allowing our emotions to flow. You know, what I really discovered that ails most people and most people's experience of physical pain is actually some kind of emotion. 
that we're repressing or not allowing ourselves to feel. Mm -hmm. And that seems to be the single biggest inhibitor of voltage is mismanagement of emotions. But that's also the single biggest factor in the creation of disease. Disease. Yes, same thing. The low, and low voltage is the same as low pH. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. Dr. Jerry Tennant talks about, yes. about the, you know, that equation of low voltage and low pH being the same thing. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's kind of a keystone in translating our language from chemical speak when we talk about our health to electrics. Right. We talk about our health. Well, and when you were burning out, you were also living, if you want to get into the more chemical, mechanical part of it, you were living on carbs and caffeine. Yeah. And that's kind of <laughs> what you did. And then you, you know, get rid of it just as like, oh, I'm going to get fat if I do this. You had your own kind of eating disorder that you, a lot of women have that you had to work through, but that was your way of giving yourself a little bit of cheap juice, which it seems that our society is running on the cheap stuff. Definitely. Definitely. And, you know, one of the really important factors in electric health is the minerals that is in our food supply. Mm -hmm. And most commercially produced food has virtually no minerals. I recently interviewed a friend of mine who runs a very beautiful organic farm. And he was telling me about the science of soil management and getting all of the right things in, that it doesn't only impact the mineral quality of the food, but also the taste. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if anyone has had the opportunity to have truly biodynamically raised food, for example, which takes the cosmos, the soil, everything into consideration, the flavor is like a punch. You would think there were enhancements to it when it's just the natural vitamins and minerals in the, in the foods. So absolutely, but that also brings with it more voltage, right? Yes, more voltage, more minerals, right. transfers the electricity in your body. So if you're eating a diet of food that's depleted minerals, or even a lot of people think reverse osmosis water is good for you, but it's really not because it's taken all of the minerals out. Right. And we absolutely need the minerals and the salts in our body to keep that our batteries working properly. What do you think about, uh, at this point in the conversation, it will just stay here for a sec, what do you think about supplementation like uh, cell food using various minerals from the sea or so forth? Do you think this is a good idea since so many foods are so depleted now? You know, I'm really not a a specialist on supplements because what I've figured out uh, is that when you raise your voltage sufficiently in in all these ways by getting enough rest Mm -hmm. and eating the right foods and speaking your truth and allowing your emotions to flow through you, letting yourself feel love and joy, uh, doing what I call following your updrafts, you know, going with the ahs instead of the uhs. when you're when you have sufficient voltage, you don't really require supplements. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So as long as you're in the sun, you're touching the earth, you're doing a little percussive exercise, even walking, something as gentle as walking, and raising your voltage these ways, the food almost becomes secondary. Yeah. I mean, I think that you don't have to be quite so religious about food. Right. I think that a lot of people go into that, oh, I have to only eat clean thing. And that's really a trap. You know, Mm -hmm. that's a limitation. I actually follow what I call moderate hedonism because I like all the bad, all the bad things, you (laughs) know? (laughs) And so I give myself permission to enjoy small amounts of whatever I want. I don't label anything as bad or wrong. Um, I have a very strong digestive tract, which didn't used to be the case. You know, like many people, I have gas, bloating, indigestion, heartburn, stomach aches constipation, all of that. 
And that was really a consequence of giving my power away, my own solar plexus energy being kind of scattered to the wind Mm -hmm. and, and my voltage being low. I was doing all the wrong things Mm -hmm. for my electric health. And as I started to understand electric health and the importance of having high voltage in the body, I came to see that even our digestion is an electrical fermentation. Mm-hmm. You know, you have all these gut bacteria right. in there that are electric and that is what it, you're essentially incinerating <laughs> your food. And so when I started to bring my own energy back through receiving biofield tuning from students and, and understanding electric health, my whole digestive experience changed. And now I feel like I can incinerate anything and not suffer from it. But good for you. <laughs> you know, so uh, here you are now. We're going to go more into the actual biofield tuning in just a sec. We're just kind of getting to know your story. So now here you are. Um, so many years later, you've been doing this a long time. You've charted the whole thing, which we're going to get into, mapped it. Um, and you now have a couple thousand practitioners. You're teaching all the time. You could be exhausted again because you have more work than there are use. So what are you doing to protect yourself? Or is it just so, such an innate part of your being to use the forks and all these healthy principles you can now take on more? Yeah, I think the combination of receiving a lot of tunes, so part of what makes us tired and drags us down is all the undigested emotions we're carrying around our field. It's our baggage. Right. Because that baggage is actually living in your electrical system. Mm-hmm. And so Biofield tuning is kind of like using a tin fork to, as a comb to like tease out tangles in your hair. Mm-hmm. You know? it's yeah. a, and so when, when you get all smoothed and groomed and you've digested and integrated uh, all of this past pain, just in and of itself, you feel lighter. In mm-hmm. fact, that's what people say whenever they receive a session. The adjective that most people use is that they feel lighter. And I've had thousands of sessions at this point. So yeah. So you got enough to keep you going. I feel super, super light. <laughs> and, um, and able to, yeah, to keep going. I don't, I don't ever have, I don't ever feel tired or, and I also am in tune enough with my body to know like when I need a nap, when I need to say no to things. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't push myself and be like, oh, I have to go do this. And I'm like, no, like I, my battery meter is the most important thing here. Yeah. And so I'm going to take care of that. I like to keep myself between 90 and a hundred, like topped off all the time, staying there. Good for you. Learning to say no is the big one. Yep. Especially for women. So here we go. We're going to talk about actually going into the field. So you started really mapping the field and what was showing itself where within the body. And you started seeing with thousands and thousands of cases, uh, these kind of universal truths within the physical body, um, the auric field that you were teasing out. So you could really predict, kind of predictability and reliably start working with clients. So let's talk about the phenomena of the sound of the forks when interfacing with certain conditions versus healthy areas. Sure. Well, everything in the body is in motion. And anything that's in motion makes waves and waves propagate. So, for example, if you get an EEG on your head and they put all those electrodes, mm-hmm. and, you know, that that information that they're reading has made it all the way through the skull. OK, so those vibrations being generated in the head don't stop at the skull. Mm-hmm. They go out into the world around you. Mm-hmm. So if you have something wrong with your car and your car is making a funny noise and you bring it to a good mechanic, he will know by the sound that your car is making that it's the left CV boot or something mm-hmm. like that. You might not know, mm-hmm. but he's heard enough of mm-hmm. those to know, right? Because if something isn't moving properly, it makes noise. 
And so it's the same in our human body. If something in our body isn't moving properly, it will give off waves that are discordant. So, for example, if somebody has arthritis in this joint but not this joint, the the vibrational emanations of that area of the body are going to carry the information of that arthritis, that Mm -hmm. degradation of bone at the joint. Mm-hmm. And so when I hold a tuning fork near it, where these waves are being given off, there's like an intersection of waves. The tuning forks produce technically an infinite number of overtones and undertones. Mm-hmm. And those intersect with these inaudible waves coming off the body. Probably at the very high overtones where, you know, where you can't hear it, but then it precipitates down through the octaves into the hearing range. So that the tuning fork actually becomes kind of like an invisible ink decoder. And it it allows me to hear the different sounds that the body's making. So an arthritic joint sounds grainy. There's a grainy texture in the tone that isn't coming from a healthy joint. So I know immediately if grainy someone has... Grainy is kind of staticky? Yeah, it's kind of staticky mm-hmm. and, and grainy. Um, if somebody has fatty liver, that sounds really different than a healthy liver. If somebody has a, a joint that's out of whack or a subluxation in the spine, all of these things have different tones. So I can pretty much diagnose what is going on in the body. And I'm not a doctor, you know, so it's not, this isn't a medical Yeah, but you can listen here and say something's up with the liver. Yeah. 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 In fact, there was a time that I was working on a young man and he was a yoga instructor and he was a spiritual guy and I held the fork over his pancreas. And it was, and it made this horrible screeching sound. It's probably like 32 or 33 years old. I've never heard anything like it. And he was like, what's that? And I said, that's your pancreas. And he's like, whoa. And so, you know, it, but what's neat, what's, what's very cool about this is that when the body hears itself sounding terrible, mm-hmm. it's kind of like looking in the mirror and seeing you have a poppy seed in your teeth. Right? Mm-hmm. You just want to fix it right away. Mm-hmm. We are self-tuning instruments. And when the body hears itself sounding not right, it uses the input of the tuning fork, steady tone, coherent rhythm, as a sort of biofeedback mirror to balance itself against. Because what was up with his pancreas? Well, this is really funny. So uh, we were just doing a trade for some work that he did for me, and I actually didn't see him again for a few months. I ran into him in the grocery store. And he said to me, remember that sound that my pancreas was making? I was like, I couldn't forget it. He said, I knew exactly what it was. I said, what was it? He said, I was drinking five Red Bulls a day. Oh, my God. I said, did you stop? He said, I stopped immediately after hearing what it was doing to my pancreas. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, these same principles, by the way, apply with the brain and neurofeedback. The brain will seek when it hears certain tones to try to correct them on its own. So the intelligence of the body to have a mirror and things reflected back to it I find fascinating, but let me ask you this. Why does our body, why does our brain need something reflected back to it rather than just going after it and knowing already that it's out of balance? I think for the same reason you don't take the pop seed out of your tooth because you didn't, you didn't see it. Yeah. So the body is <laughs> just going along doing its thing because it has a lot of work to do every yeah. day. So it's just trying to regenerate and repair and so forth. So if it can be given a heads up about a particular area that needs a lot of work and support and it's not just the reflection it's also you know a strong coherent signal will overtake a weak incoherent signal Mm -hmm. so it's this strong coherent signal being showing up and the body responding to that 
Mm-hmm. And the weak incoherence sort of goes away and the body is left with more coherence. We're going to go into the parts of the body and the kind of information you get from these various parts on a more universal level. But first, let's talk about the way you look at the body and the way you and, your, and the people you've taught, the practitioners around the world, uh, look at this, which is we'll start with, I almost call them like tree rings of light and information. So they're talk about the rings surrounding our body. And because I had a, a session with you a few years ago, and I found it fascinating as you go through, you're, you're doing the tuning fork, and woo, there's some resistance. What happened at two? Woo, okay, what happened at seven? So you're tuning into the areas of resistance, right? Yeah. So let's talk about what you're doing on the left side of the body first. Okay, well, to, to sort of frame the context, we see the body's electrical system as shaped like a torus. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's a sphere with a spiral channel down the middle. Mm-hmm. And it's bounded at about six feet with a double layer plasma membrane. And when I started exploring around the body, it started to become evident to me that when I hit something that was stuck or that made the fork sound funny, um, that it was a memory. You know, we're taught that our memories in our brain. So why am I finding memories three mm-hmm. feet off your left shoulder, right? It was sort of like, what's going on they're in here? Our field. Yeah, they're yeah. in our field. Yeah. This is what I found is that because every experience that we have, whatever we see, smell, touch, taste, feel, is all an electrical impulse in the body. It's all in our electrical system. So it makes sense that our memories are stored in our body's electrical system. Mm-hmm. And so what became evident to me was that our memory, like as we're feeling and experiencing going about our lives, it's almost like a needle readout, um, that information is getting laid down in our magnetic field. Mm-hmm. And so memories that are close to the body are current or recent. Information I find at the very outer edge of the field is uh, gestation. In that outer band is gestation. Just inside that is birth. And then every other year falls in between, like rings in a tree. Mm-hmm. So if I'm working on someone who's 60, I'm going to find information that happened when they were 30, about three feet away from them. So that's mm-hmm. the timeline mm-hmm. aspect. But then I discovered that the field was actually compartmentalized or striated and that different zones seem to hold different emotional feelings. So, for example, on the left side, I think the very first zone that I discovered was off the left shoulder. And I noticed that every time I was working here, the sound that the fork was making sounded sad. So just like music can evoke emotion in us, right? Like if you and I were listening to a sad song, Regina, I wouldn't have to say to you, Regina, the song is sad. Right. Because he'd be like, duh. Well, the minor notes will kind of give that (laughs) away, right? Right, you'll just know. Yeah. And so that's how I mapped the field, Mm -hmm. was because it was like music. I All of a sudden, it would sound like a sad song. And and when I started to understand this timeline thing, and then this compartmentalization thing, I could hit a spot, and I'd be like, okay, this has happened about 15 years ago. It's in the zone of sadness. What does that make you think of? That was when my dog got it. That was when my, (laughs) you know, whatever. So it became very accurate. Uh, I noticed that different, so over time, this whole biofield anatomy map right. that I call came into view. And it was really just a process of pattern recognition and being like, every time I'm here, it sounds angry, you know, off the right side of the solar plexus, the liver. And that correlates to Chinese medicine when it's mm-hmm. angry Indeed. stored in the liver. And that was what I found as well. 
I also found that our father, our relationship with our father is in relates to the liver and our relationship with our mother relates to the spleen. So we, we can find information. In fact, you have two fixed points off either side of your field, um, right about here where if I stick a fork in the one on the left side, I can tell you all about your mother and her personality. And I can tell you all about your father and his personality. And when I explore the space in between, I can tell you about the quality of your relationship. Fascinating. And oftentimes when we're working deeply on issues with parents, person will get out of the session and discover that that parent had texted them while we were doing the (laughs) session because they catch the vibe, which is really kind of interesting. Well, you go even further than this. You go into longer, greater ancestral yeah. Information. Now, how does, you talked about at what point three feet out and so forth, this certain information shows up. How are you detecting ancestral patterns? So the ancestral patterns are really interesting. They show up in two different places. Uh, one of the places we find it is at the very outer edge of the field. Mm-hmm. So when you popped into the time space continuum, you know, you are absolutely informed by what's happening, what was already going on there. Right. You know, what was going on with your parents and their parents and the time and place and culture and all of that. So the place where where we pop out, (laughs) all of that information is out of that outer boundary. So I find ancestral information there. But then I discovered these other features that are actually kind of interesting. About 10 inches on either side of the body, there are what I call ancestral rivers. Mm -hmm. And they on the left side is the flow of information from the mother's side. And on the right is the father's side. And and I can access it at any point, you know, at any point down the body from the foot up to the head. And it's it's like the DNA strand that we inherited and the information that's contained in it. And when I started understanding what was going on here and listening to it, I started using the term energenetics. Now, I, I don't think I coined that. Uh, I couldn't find where it came from. I saw a few other people using it. Um, before I started using it. But basically what I use it to describe is the tone of the song mm. of our DNA. Because we come preloaded yeah. with tonal proclivities. Mm-hmm. And if depression runs in a family line, now I can hear depression, it shows up off the left shoulder, and it's it has a very strong undertone. Uh, you know, when you feel depressed. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and that's what it sounds like. That's what it sounds like. Very easy mm-hmm. to tell what it is. But as soon as the body hears itself sounding like that, it's like, what? I'm flat. That's not right. And yeah. it'll start correcting <laughs> itself. And it's like, ah, oh, instead of, uh. <laughs> It's just like an out-of-tune instrument. And it isn't even that hard to fix. No, anything that's severe is a different story than things that are mild to moderate. Right. Right? So right. people who have mild to moderate stuff, we can help with things like anxiety, depression, in really just a few sessions. And I do believe that, like healing is a lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely like, oh, come in three times and you're fixed for life. I wouldn't say that. Right? Yeah, no, absolutely. You have to continue. It. You, it is. you have to have maintenance. So you've talked about the um, beauty of the diagnostics of this. You can even hear it, right? Yeah. And so now let's look at how you then apply the fork, the tuning forks to be able to correct that frequency that the body and the self has diagnosed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the beautiful thing. And one of the things that I say about biofield tuning practitioners is that we're kind of like technicians. Mm-hmm. You know, we're trained to go to find where the noise is and the resistance. Because you can feel the resistance. And it's kind of a funny thing when I'm first teaching people, you know, they're moving a fork through thin air and all of a sudden it gets stuck. Stuck, yeah. And they're like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and, and it'll sound funny. So all you have to do is stay there. 
So you just keep it vibrating and hold it there. Keep activating it and hold it there. Does the tune then change? Yeah, the tone changes. As Mm -hmm. the body starts to relax the tension that's associated with that particular difficult memory, the tone starts to change. And it goes from sounding full of static or noise. It can actually sound all different kinds of ways. Like if you were, if I hit the record of where you were suddenly T-boned in a car accident, the fork is going to go, ah! Oh, and it, there's like an yeah. alarm screaming trauma. Yeah. yeah, you can hear that. Yeah, very, very different very than depression. Very different or than chronic depression. disease. Yeah, I would think. Let's talk about cancer since it's ubiquitous. What does cancer sound like? Well, you know, it's funny. In my second book, I talk about um, this cell sonatology. I think it's called. I can't remember the exact name, uh, but they've actually figured out a way to listen to cancer cells, mm-hmm. and they they sound cacophonous. Mm-hmm. Whereas a healthy cell sounds beautiful, right? So we're either, we're either making music or mm-hmm. we're making noise. Yeah. And so cancer, in my observation, um, shows up in places where breath isn't going. Mm-hmm. Because all these places that are, where energy is stuck in the field, it's also stuck in the body. Mm-hmm. Right? The field is kind of like an exploded view of the body. So anything that's going on in the body is also going on in the field. Now, magnetic fields guide and inform electric currents. That's just sort of a basic mm-hmm. premise of science. So what we do is we manipulate and modulate the electricity in the body at the level of the magnetic field. Mm-hmm. So when I hit that spot that's stuck, all I have to do is stay there. The body and the sound do all It will work. start adjusting and it correcting start adjusting itself. And, correcting and then itself you are able to tell as referenced back to you by a nice clear tone. The tone changes mm-hmm. and the resistance lets go. Okay. The resistance lets go and then, and then the energy that was trapped there, we now are guiding it back into circulation because our electrical system is all about flow. Everything needs to flow. And any place where there's blocks in that flow, oxygen isn't getting to. Mm-hmm. And so, so they're very often, now obviously we get sick for different reasons, environmental reasons and that sort of thing, but I found that meant very often with any advanced disease, there's just some kind of emotion or stressor or memory that you're trying mightily to not go there, uh-huh. to not go there. To and repress. If, if, to repress. And if you're not going there, nutrients aren't going there, oxygen is going there, your immune system is going there. If your mind is shunting it, so is your body. So is your body. Interesting. Exactly. That's very good. What happened then in 2020 and 2021? Once COVID became a global phenomenon, what changed in people's fields? One of the things that I noticed in people's fields when COVID started was this sort of heavy blanket of fear. It seemed to just be kind of weighing down on everybody. And even if people weren't individually afraid, mm-hmm. they were being impacted by that collective vibe. Mm-hmm. We're all part of the collective and the sensitive people out there really can feel the vibes in the right. collective. So fear really came in very large. And so that, at least that's a known commodity. You can work through that one. Yeah. I just wanted to know if there was some, some singular thing that you were picking up. I mean, that's what I noticed more than anything. And fear has a kind of pulsing quality. like So when you get really scared, you shake. And that's you responding to that, the waveform of fear, moving through your electrical system. And so your body starts doing that. Yeah, and animals do it naturally and discharge this 
naturally. Yeah. Yeah. After animals have some kind of encounter or kerfuffle, they will shake. They shake it off and then they move on. But humans don't tend to do that. I mean, we tend to clamp down instead. Mm -hmm. And if we think about all the times we've had difficult experiences that we clamp down on, those are all areas of resistance in your electrical system. Mm -hmm. And very often in the course of an adjustment, uh, people will feel the need to shake or wiggle or start to move and kind of shake off that pattern and reset into a more neutral one. Mm-hmm. Let's Okay, so let's go on and talk about some of the very specific ones because you notice in these large patterns, we're going to dig down into boomers. We have some boomers watching this show right now. And you started seeing generational patterns with living people, such as the boomers. What were you picking up in their fields? Yeah, I, I, the first group distance session I ever did on a group was on boomers because I, they, a lot of them were in my clientele. And I started observing that they all had the same pattern. So where it came from, where it seemed to come from, was being bottle-fed formula on a schedule. And not being held, not being... Um, cry it out. Yeah, cry it out. And so in that cry it out thing, there was a belief that's formed that it doesn't matter what I say, nobody's listening anyway. Sort of like a powerlessness around the voice. Um, the, and and a, and a sugar addiction, a tendency to self-soothe with wine or sugar. Um, a feeling like everybody else's needs were more important. So a tendency to over caretake, overdo, while being frustrated about their own needs not being met mm-hmm. uh, and consoling themselves with wine or sugar. That's interesting. I mean, I would say you're right on of all the women I know in my generation. I'm a boomer of all the women in that generation. I'd say almost without exception, all of them, all the women I know fall into those patterns. Yeah. So being denied what you need. And then feeling like, okay, you better give what you can, do what you can for others, but you're personally not worthy or deserving of attention. Exactly. So sugar, that's where it comes. Cookies. Yeah. Kettle corn. Kettle corn. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, let's go here, right here. The emotional challenge lands in the body beginning with the feet. I have this here of the various parts of the body. Let's go into some of them. And I want to go back to what you talked about a little bit ago. We have about 10 minutes. We can get into it. The bacteria in us and the photonic light involved and you were talking about your digestive burning process we'll get to bacteria and our natural interface with it but first let's start with the feet okay so observing you know again working with thousands of clients and observing these patterns that the feet that the left foot tended to be an issue when we were stuck or mired in some kind of toxic situation that we didn't feel we could extract ourselves from um, I used to have seven planters warts on my left foot, all kinds of issues with my left foot, because I grew up in a toxic environment that I couldn't do anything about. Yeah. And so I withdrew my awareness from that discomfort. So without the immune system there, viral warts, things like that, right? Oh, well, I'm not going to go there because it's too uncomfortable. So yeah. then the body starts to go south. Um, the right foot relates more fear or uncertainty moving forward. Uh, the knees relate very much to stuckness. Uh, the left knee is holding on to the devil you know. The right knee is being blocked, moving so forward. So moving forward is an issue there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the left hip relates to frustration over unmet needs, things we want to be doing, being, or having, but we're not. Mm-hmm. A lot of people who struggle with body image issues and things like that, um, or, you know, who are uh, over-caretaking others and mm-hmm. not meeting their own needs. The right hip relates to guilt-driven overthinking and overdoing. Mm-hmm. A lot of that going on. Yeah, a lot. A lot of that going on. Getting out ahead of yourself, to-do lists. Yeah. Like that. Go, go, go. Do, do, do. 
the left side of the solar plexus relates to powerlessness, the right side to anger, which are both misused. Like the powerlessness is a kind of freeze. It's a kind of, uh, in fact, there's a whole thing that goes from the solar plexus on the left side down into the left hip that I call the posture of victimhood, where we're feeling powerless, mm-hmm. unheard, and like a, frustrated because our needs aren't being met. And we're in victim consciousness. It's all very much scrunching down mm-hmm. into this left hip. Um, the left shoulder is sadness, grief, and loss. The right shoulder is saying yes when we mean no, putting other people's needs ahead of our own, being a caretaker and accommodator. I have a girlfriend who, uh, single mom, has a whole bunch of jobs, runs a massage school, went hiking and fell and injured herself. And she called me and she said, um, I fell and got an injury. Guess where it is? And I said, right shoulder. And she <laughs> said, yes, <laughs> very predictable. So even when we get injuries or accidents, they tend to happen in the places where a biofield is out of balance. And it's a consequence of our energy not running through the center of our being. We're off, you know, spinning out here. Speaking of the center of our being, what about the spine? Hmm. Well, the spine has a has to do with you know, and it depends on where it where is, the spine. where yeah. it is, right? Mm-hmm. So upper back tends to be the classic sort of carrying the burdens of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, mid back is very often related to feeling like nobody's got your back. Mm-hmm. You know, that's very often martyrs and people who do everything and do too much end up with mid back. pain. Um, low back pain is often related to intimate relationships mm-hmm. and financial status. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, so when you're talking about all of these um, characteristics, of the right and left side and these different even organs. Um, is this true whether you're male or female? Is this a universal truth for humans? Gender is not attached to this. It doesn't appear to be. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is just a sort of generalized observation. Mm-hmm. And and I'll tell you, Regina, you know, as I was mapping this and discovering it, I was uh, I, I doubt about it for a really long time. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, when you see something thousands of times and you see a pattern kind of over and over, and then my students started finding the same things mm-hmm. you know it, it does appear to be a kind of universal um map in this model our body is inside our mind mm-hmm. rather than the other way around yes. and so when our mind goes out of balance it brings our body with it mm-hmm. and because the, the mind is what's surrounding and pervading right. the body exactly so in this model the biofield what we call the biofield the body's electrical system is our conscious mind it's our subconscious mind but i would also call it our soul mm-hmm. And, and in this way, our understanding of the electrical body bridges this science and spirituality. Because a lot of times when people have an experience of their own inner illumination, the only framework they have to apply it to is religious. But when you have an understanding that this is part of your biological reality, right. that you are electric, that you do have an inner light, right? Mm-hmm. Then, then that becomes both spiritual and scientific. Absolutely. Spirit permeating the flesh. Yes. Yes. Okay, we talked about bacteria for just so I just want to spend a little more time because so many people have digestive upsets now. Digestive orders galore, especially it seems more among females than males even. So let's talk about what's going on there because we have this wonderful bacteria with all this photonic light. What's going on? How are we suppressing its effective workings? I think there's a lot going on there. One of the things that I discovered is that the bacterial balance in our gut is tonal, believe it or not. So, for example, candida, which uh, tends to happen in people, it was my own health issue that got mm-hmm. me caring more about my health was candida, that when you're depressed and you turn your anger inwards with self-soothing with sugar, that creates that undertone, uh, right? Mm-hmm. That's candida's jam. 
Oh. Candida digs that tone. And, and it will proliferate in the tonal valley of depression with a steady diet of sugar. Wow, interesting. So our, our gut bacteria is really an orchestra of, and, and is responsive to the different tones that we express in our electric acoustic bodies. So the more tonally balanced we are, the bacteria in our gut falls in line. Mm-hmm. So even though I used to have gas bloating, da da da, all of that, I didn't correct that through supplementation. Mm-hmm. I corrected it through balancing my electrical system and my tonal rhythms and outputs. Okay, let's get down to that part of the story. So people can do this for themselves. You have a lot of practitioners. We'll get to that in a minute. But people can also use tuning forks on themselves to balance their own field. Is it a relatively easy thing to do or is it is it complex? Well, you know, last night I just finished up, uh, night before last, a five-week course called Tune Yourself into Health. I did mm-hmm. a live five-week course that is available as an evergreen on my uh, website now. And I taught people how to tune themselves, how to Wonderful. use the tune forks on their body, and also how to do a distance session on themselves. Yeah, let's talk about that, distance session. First of all, how do you do a distance session on yourself, and can a practitioner do a distance session on you? Yeah. Well, first of all, let me just tell you that I didn't believe it was possible to do this work at a distance. People asked me for years, can you do this at a distance? And I was always like, no, (laughs) this is sound waves on the body. Like, how would I do it at a distance? And I was very arrogant about it. And, uh, And but then I had a friend who was a doctor, an MD in California, and he convinced me to try one on him. I'm a scientist, I'm a researcher, I like experiments. I was like, okay, I'll give it a try. And so what I did was I pretended that he was on my treatment table. And we had no open lines of communication. And I approached the table as if he was there. And much to my amazement, the, all the information that shows up around an actual body showed up on my table. And I went, I was able to go through and read his whole field. And, you know, I can, I can tell you your whole life story. It's mm-hmm. like dropping a needle on an album and mm-hmm. reading the vibrational record of your life. So I could tell what ages he had trouble, personality, his mom. But you did meet, you were right on. You hit every critical point. Yeah. yeah. All of that information mm-hmm. showed up and we didn't have any open line of communication. So when I was done, we got on the phone and I went through my notes. He said, Eileen, that's all exactly correct. And he said, and I experienced a state change. Like I feel different. I felt you working on. I was like, get out of town. Like, okay, I guess I have to eat my how, words. How long, how far back was that? That was 2011. So for the last 10 years, have you, you've been working on people at a distance, but you've also trained others. The people you train also know how to work at a distance. Yes. Every single biofield training practitioner learns to do the work at a distance. And in fact, we just completed a study last year where we had 15 volunteers who received three biofield tuning sessions, one a week at a distance for three weeks. Um, all of the volunteers had clinical anxiety coming into the study and none of them had clinical anxiety going mm. out. And we have such great, um, you know, uh, statements from them and forms that they filled out that show you know, that the anxiety was here and went down there in just three distance sessions. Now those are with talking to a practitioner. That's how mm-hmm. we do them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, it's absolutely possible. How is it possible? I mean, I would say that it's ultimately it's all one field. Yeah. And the so, unified field of yeah, consciousness. Unified field of consciousness. And our audience is very comfortable with that. Yeah, so everybody's comfortable. Explain it. They're, exactly. They get it. So now, if someone wants to connect with this and try to do some healing through this system that you've created, this biofield tuning, how would they find a practitioner? Well, the website biofieldtuning.com, mm-hmm. uh, you can find a practitioner. We've got them all over the world, mm-hmm. but you know you can get it at a distance, mm-hmm. which is super useful. 
Very. Yeah. Uh, we also have an online certification program. COVID forced us to take our in-person classes and turn it into a virtual. Silver lining. More people can do it now. From all over the world. And it's a better training program because we made a bunch of videos and it's, it's just better. We're turning out better students now than we did before with virtual. And I didn't think that was possible either. <laughs> my words on that too. But I know a few people in my community found you through my interview at Gaia. They joined my personal community and they're always reflecting back about you. And they're just ecstatic about what they're learning because they, I think one or two of them are practitioners now. And uh, they just find it a really profound way to heal. It is such a rewarding practice to do. I yeah. mean, I have to tell you, the forks are fascinating. The field is fascinating. You got one right here. This is your newest one. This is your invention. And you said it takes the natural frequency, and you upped it, what, nine times? Well, it's or the Schumann the resonance, Schumann right? Resonance. So yeah. the, the baseline Schumann resonance, yeah. which is around 7.83 yeah. hertz. And what I did was I multiplied it times 12. Yeah. So that fork is 93.96 right. hertz. And you can't have a 7.83 hertz tuning fork because it'd be like four feet long. Yeah. So that Schumann resonance, that electrical mm -hmm. background pulse of the earth is embedded in that fork. And so when you activate it and you put it on yourself. You did that to me before we came on. Oh my God, it was like manna. Just that frequency resonating near the hypothalamus. Oh my God. Yeah, it feels really good. It feels really good. But I have to say something else. You've been also doing this and teaching people to use this for their bodies and even for their skin regeneration and such and muscular regeneration of which you've done a ton on yourself. Yeah. So there are a lot of ways to apply it, but you kind of have to go to your site and find out the yeah, different Yeah, all the different ways. So beauty, uh, you know, helps to reduce visible lines on yeah. some people, well, tone muscle, lose weight. Not everybody. Um, everybody has different responses. But yeah, it's a really useful little self-tool. Yeah. And like you explained, um, when we were talking behind the scenes, it's a bell curve. Some people don't really pick up much at all by way of frequencies. Others are like, everything's changing by the second and everyone falls somewhere on that bell curve. So it's like anything. There's no one single bullet in life, but for some people, it's a bullet. For other people, it's not. Mm -hmm. You just have to play with it and try. So finally, Eileen, in all this work you've done, everything you've come to, all this research, what is the most profound learning you've had out of it? That everyone is great. That every single person is amazing and beautiful and brilliant and gifted. And that everybody knows that deep down. But there's a whole bunch of junk in the way. Mm -hmm. And that Marianne Williamson quote about how it's our light that we're afraid of more than anything is really, really true. That what gets in the way of people experiencing their greatness. You know, I, I saw it in other people for 10 years. I, I work on people and when you get the noise out of the signal and the harmony that's underneath comes up because our factory settings are for harmony. Yes. And for, and for harmony with the natural world and connection. And when you, when you bring up that beauty, the, all of that comes to the surface. And I saw that in people for 10 years. And then one day it dawned on me. I'm like, Oh my God, if everybody is great, then I must be too. And it was really hard to accept that. Isn't that to accept your own light? Really, it's strangely hard to do that, but I'll tell you what, everyone, everybody's got it, and so everybody should accept it because it's just the truth. And the tuning forks bring up that part of you, right? Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to experiencing that again very, very soon. Thank you so much, Eileen, for joining us again and bringing us forward into what you've learned over the last few years and your new inventions and everything else. I know our audience really appreciates it. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Regina. <laughs> I hope this has been helpful for you in the age of emotional and spiritual burnout. I'm personally really excited because I have a session from Eileen coming up this afternoon. I'm sure she's going to be back here with us.
though, for another conversation as we barely scratch the surface. Again, her book is Electric Body, Electric Health, and you can find her by going to biofieldtuning.com. Until next time, thank you for joining us here on Open Minds. Oh, my goodness. That was lovely. Okay, I'm going to read from our sister, Caroline Oceana Ryan and the Collective. Mm. This is, um, which is the Ascended Masters, the Galactics, the Earth Elements, as she calls them, the Fey Elders, our fairies and hobbits and menahunis, all the different qualitative salamanders, all kinds of beings, angelic legions, archangels, and other divine beings known as the collective. Let me just get a little bit of water. Mm. Okay. This week we share an excerpt from the Collective's book, Earth Life Challenges. The Collective speak on dealing with trauma and life changes. This is from Chapter 4 on Facing Earth Troubles and Disasters. This is a question from a light bringer. Planet Earth appears to be going through hell. War, destruction, poverty. Has the time arrived when humanity is able to digest the phenomenal reality of just how simple it could be to shift the Earth's vibration? Is it time to enter the next thousand-year cycle, an age foretold with peace and light and beauty? Hmm. And no death. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's about time. The collective. This is one of the greatest questions of your age. And it has to do far less with when. Rather, how Earth and her beings may rise in vibration to begin experiencing a far higher reality than you have seen in aeons of your time. We would say that one of the reasons you are experiencing the distract dissatisfaction you feel with how Earth is functioning now is that you are aware of your own ever-increasing vibration. Because of this... Because of this, you have an increasing awareness of how beautiful life, earth life could be if the majority held a higher consciousness. This extends beyond the current challenges of dealing with extreme weather and climate change, armed conflict, violence on the streets, schools, or in the home and illness and disorders, that you know intuitively have been cured, though the cure is kept hidden from the public. 
This issue extends into the entire realm of each person's sole purpose and why you are here. When you move into that issue, as you lift above the chaos that is Earth's current frequency, you enter a completely different realm. Then you are no longer asking, when will we get it? When will we finally surrender our guns for peace, feed and whole and house everyone, see the divine light in one another, and fall in love with that higher form of life? At that point, <coughs> you have left behind your attention to what is, to outer circumstance. <clears throat> you then reclaimed your magician's ability to envision, <coughs> excuse me, to think in terms of what you will create next. You are, in fact, asking a far simpler question. One of the few you ever need to ask, what did I come here to do? Heavenly days. How do I serve humanities and my own higher good? How do I naturally live in the energies of joy, of peace, and divine love, so that others pick up on the beauty of that and aspire to live there also. Even as you and millions of others are asking those questions, Earth is now entering the next age or cycle on her timeline, and it is an age that extends very far beyond the thousand years you mentioned. And to usher in this beautiful era of Sat Yuga, as the, as the Hindus call it, a time of unprecedented peace, prosperity, progression, and beauty. You need not wait for things to improve or wonder why things are moving so slowly. We would call upon every heavenly help you could conceivably imagine, as well as your intergalactic brothers and sisters, and require their assistance at levels unknown and unheard of since the fall of Earth into the third dimension. Turn page. <laughs> and more than that, Realize your own connection to these great beings. It is time to come out of the feeling that so many looking to the heavens have sunk into over the eons. This feeling that though you have cried out for help, none is coming to you. Earth herself cried out for help when the weight of this form of existence became too heavy, too painful too damaging for her to carry on, carry out any longer. And the answer? 
that came from the higher realms was you. You heard Earth's cries and you volunteered to step forward and say yes, committing to living yet another life, an Earth life. On one of, Mama, how much time you got there? Well, one was six minutes, one was five minutes. Eleven minutes. Okay. <clears throat> um, Earth herself cried out for And the answer that came from higher realms was you. You heard Earth's cries. You volunteered to step forward and say yes, committing to living yet another Earth life on one of the most pained and troubled planets in this galaxy. You stepped forward with the mission of anchoring higher light on the planet in human consciousness into the entire galaxy all for the purpose of not only establishing divine love as the new normal for earth life, rather celebrating it. This is why we remind light workers or spiritual seekers, light warriors, star seeds, choose any label you like. They are all too small to hold your true vibration. That you are not passive recipients of what flows before you as you observe life on your planet any more than you need be passive recipients of what is happening in your own lives. As co-creators, you are here to change or influence something that you see as low vibrational purpose and intention. You are here to realize each time you see a condition, a thought, or emotion that is crying out for healing, renewal, or a new life, that you are the one who can lift it to a higher level, even when you are convinced that it is your vibration that created that condition in the first place. This is why you cannot go it alone, dear ones. You are in a human body, and the frailty and the limits of that existence are considerable, particularly as you walk the ascension path. Everything unlike pure love is now rising to the surface to be healed or transformed while you experience cellular, heart, mind, and etheric transformation. For that journey, and for all Earth journeys, you need many supports, many encouragements and inspirations. Call out for them. Demand them from your higher self. You will not be abandoned. You will be led to exactly what you need, as you will only ask for this assistance. We recommend to many that they listen to inspiring, high vibrational music 
as ever they feel to be at a low frequency in heart, mind, body, or spirit, or simply as a part of their day. These can be found online, on youtube.com, on certain websites, or purchased as recordings. We recommend reading inspiring books that encourage you to turn your thoughts and energies, your focus and attention, to abundance, joy, fulfillment, love, and living out your life purpose in joyful ways. The best of these books will, as with the one you are reading now, hold higher energies that do the job of lifting you, your outlook, to where you see yourselves, not as the passive receiver of Earth's current conditions, rather as a powerful influencer, one who helps to set the tone for how the world sees itself and what it sees as necessary, possible, and real. There's a great uh, picture here. There's all these well, there's a really large stone, and then there's a less large one, and a smaller and smaller and smaller. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight stones. And the one at the top is on an angle, very tiny, and it's in perfect balance. It's not falling down. Your vibration alone influences many thousands of people. You are even now beaming out a transmission of light and higher energies that reach thousands of miles beyond where you now sit. If you want to see more peace in the world, you must exude that vibration as the new reality. We strongly suggest that you release all need to watch anything that is not peaceful. To cease watching any film, television, news reports, videos, music, which often is not music, rather chaotic entertainment, that portrays or describes acts of violence whether between two people or between whole countries. Even economic news that takes a downward turn can feel to be a form of violence, as your subconscious will be quietly calculating as you listen to the news, report, or commentary how many thousands or millions of people will be affected by a, quote, sudden downturn in the markets, unquote. There is so much in that one phrase alone, oft repeated in the media, that is intentionally designed to lower your vibration and set you into anger, hopelessness, and feelings of loss. That is a reason enough to no longer listen to news reports, 
We are aware that there are alternative news outlets, programs, and reports that are insightful on spiritual levels and that seek the true nature of the issues being reported in the mainstream media. Yet carefully watch your vibration as you listen to these. Are you heartened by them or disappointed? Are you feeling empowered or weakened? As you are feeling anything that is not positive and strengthening to you, do as any sensible parent would do. As your child was watching something that showed violence, or some form of struggle without resolution in sight, inviting passivity, desensitization, and helplessness on the part of the viewer, you would turn it off immediately. We say this not to discourage you from knowing what is happening in the world, rather to limit your intake of that information and you live in information-obsessed times, for sure. Focus on mainly taking in only that which feeds, feeds you on a soul level, and not that which depletes you. Dense or negative news will have a harder time wearing you down if you are in the habit of not listening any further than the first few sentences that introduce what is going to be announced or discussed. That is often all you need to grasp, the basics of a situation. And often even that is more, more than you are, more than you are interested in. Oh, there's a lovely owl here oh. <clears throat> I think Rama should send this to Penny if he if Penny hasn't got it uh, so you can see everything and read it for yourself too you have simply been mentally programmed to quote unquote need to know what is happening everywhere and to sink yourself into the hyper emotional stance of most news reports as though all of Earth's fate hung in the balance with that one story. That is the sort of holding your breath and wondering nervously what will happen next. Unhealthy excitement. Yeah, it was like that when we moved in, but we're going to solve it. But just it's been a difficult week, you know. Oh, uh, yeah. Dougie? We can, yeah, Dougie. well, that's only, that's only part of it. Doug! Stay there. I'm plugging you in now. Okay. Uh, okay. We can hear you all chatting. <laughs> Very interesting. Sorry. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Rainbird. You're there. All right. <laughs> okay. Mr. Owl is listening here. That is the sort of holding your breath and wondering nervously what will happen next. Unhealthy excitement a concentration on the low vibrational that we encourage you to step away from. It is vital, not just a nice idea. 
but vital that you take time every week and in a smaller way every day to steep yourself in that which for you describes the new earth. Go out of your way to find beautiful and inspiring pieces of music or artwork, inspiring films, hope they were inspiring today, I thought so, and quiet and replenishing time spent in nature. Time with loved ones, reading inspiring stories, or laughing, laughing at comedies or life situations, getting your diaphragm engaged in the process of expunging the deep emotions that lie buried there. Just as it is vital to step away from consuming meat, consuming dairy products, which are highly contaminated, very hard for the body to process, and come from violent industries, that are harming your planetary climate and well-being. It is also necessary to step away from the toxicity from the toxicity of the digital environment. <clears throat> this means moving away from both the devices themselves and the content on them and to stop <clears throat> allowing them to define your, define your daily lives. We assure you, despite the appearance of the violence and chaos the planet has been steeped in for millennia, on the whole, this is a planet experiencing more well-being than disruption. The trouble is, in modern life, you will not catch a reporter standing in a peaceful remote valley or at the top of a stunningly beautiful glacier, or cliff, breathlessly reporting that all is peaceful here. Nor do they often shoot videos of schoolrooms and colleges where there are no dense or negative events occurring, or say much about peaceful negotiations between countries, or the millions who have learned to recycle or repurpose their refuse every day. The news industry is convinced that high ratings, careers, and top sales are not built on such life-affirming moments. This is why the alternative media, often driven mainly by independent content, is so important. Even your social media is increasingly understanding that people are thirsting after beautiful and inspiring stories, far more than the pain-filled descriptions of violence or dire predictions. The question is, where will you place your attention, powerful co-creator? What story will you choose to concentrate on? as being representative of the new earth that you and millions of other light beings are busy making. Will you allow the old power structure to not only continue to train your mind and expectations, 
rather to control your emotions, your beliefs, and expectations of the world? Or will you strike out on your own, decide who you are, remember what it is you came here to do, and concentrate on increase, in other words, those earth experiences you would prefer existed everywhere. Realize your incredible co-creator power, your co-creative power, which lives within you at all times. It is impossible that you would consistently look at your checking account balance or spreadsheet, for example, and give thanks and bless and praise that reality. We thank you. We bless you. We're praising you. We're so grateful. Thank you for all the assistance that you all give us. So that this reality that we live in together, that we can share this way every week without seeing it in Okay, so, and give thanks and bless and praise that reality without seeing it improve in a short amount of time. In other words, it's impossible that you would consistently look at your checking account balance or spreadsheet, for example, and give thanks and bless and praise that reality without seeing it improve in a short amount of time. Never mind that your logical mind is saying, but we've only got a small amount of money in there. You have chosen to see the abundance that is within everything and therefore also within the open to creative field that shapes your accounts, your wallet, your everyday lives. You have chosen to work with the energetic reality that is constantly open to being molded into some outer form or renewed into a higher form. In your universe, what you focus on and call reality can only increase. It promulgates, it grows, it extends to greater heights or depths. It awaits your labeling of it and your feelings about it before taking off in exactly the direction you have indicated with your beliefs, your expectations. Yes, you are that powerful. And as only two or three people in an entire city determine, particularly if they combine their focus and intention in a group effort, that pollution, crime, inequality, Fraud, toxicities of all kinds are now going are now going to dwindle to record low numbers in their town. In their town, that is a powerful effect. Experiments have been conducted over the past few decades that prove that exact idea. As does your own lives, and so. Take your eyes off of what you cannot stand. You are not assisting others or taking full responsibility for your inner life by continually allowing your vibration to fall. 
If there is a situation you hear or that you would like to actively help or send light to, then do so. Yet if a thing feels bigger than you or feels insolvable, let it go. Hand it over to your soul. The angelic legions, creator, God, goddess, and say, I give this to you. And I send healing light that your divine solution be made manifest in this situation now and always. And I give thanks. Then, Go back to being a positive human being who inspires everyone they meet. Go back to singing your song and doing what is joyful to you for Earth's sake. For this, you came. Caroline Oceana Ryan AscensionTimes.com And every second and fourth Wednesday. Let's join Caroline Oceana Ryan. Uh, she has a Zoom event uh, for about an hour plus Tara and Rama jabber for about another half hour at the end. And it keeps us connected in such a positive way. So I am going to do this. I am going to pass this talking stick. And with all the love in our hearts and the ability to communicate and anchor this love, that's what it means to have Mercury going direct today. Well, I guess it's tomorrow in some other places like where you are, Rainbird. But Mercury went to direct on this Saturday, this past Saturday. And it went direct in Taurus. Taurus is the ability to create money and to spend it and have no problem keeping that cycle going for the sake of creating more communication about what I would say about love. So I pass this talking stick. Are you there, Rainbird? All these lovely beings. I am here. I'll take that talking stick. Here it comes. That almost serpent feathered one is on that stick, too. <laughs> yeah, well, Mercury's direct now. Maybe everything will be okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we yeah, can. Yeah, I was... I was talking to him, and, and 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 he said, "I'm putting you in," so I muted out and tried to get my other my radio off. And I, I could hear that that wasn't working very good. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I enjoyed listening to all of your beautiful voices. It was just that. Oh my goodness, you didn't know you were on the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really weird. <laughs> But it's fun, and and it was weird too when your cat was was meowing. I kept thinking it was my cat, so I get downstairs looking for the cat, and it was like 
Oh no, it was on the radio. <laughs> yeah, that was Tigger. She was pronouncing yeah. herself very vividly for everybody to hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, my cat got let in. <clears throat> so, yes. <laughs> and it was fun today. It was really a lot of fun today. It was. I really enjoyed listening to the presentation early afternoon with Cash and, <laughs> and listening to it with with y'all. I'm used to listening to it by myself. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. true. Doing things together has a special energy, doesn't it? It does. It has a real special energy. So even though I'd heard it all before, it was worth hearing it again. So. Yes. <laughs> so lots of gratitude for everything today. It was just really a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'm passing this toxic stick over to you, Mama. It's okay. it's coming Mercury direct. <laughs> Here it comes. Okay. Tell us what you got there, Mama. This is thank you, Rainbird. Thank you. Alan Watson, um... Louder. Uh... <laughs> Alan Watson, what? The Cosmos. Okay, that'll, we'll do that. Let's hear it. Here we go. Um... Some people will use a symbolism of the relationship of God to the universe, wherein God is a brilliant light, only somehow veiled, hiding underneath all these forms that you see as you look around you. So far, so good. But the truth is funnier than that. It is that you are looking right at the brilliant light now, that the experience you are having, which you call ordinary everyday consciousness, pretending you're not it, that experience is exactly the same thing as it. There's no difference at all. And when you find that out, you laugh yourself silly. <laughs> That's the great discovery. In other words, when you really start to see things, and you look at an old paper cup and you go into the nature of what it is to see what vision is or what smell is or what touches you realize that that vision of the paper cup is the brilliant light of the cosmos nothing could be brighter ten thousand suns couldn't be brighter only they're hidden in the sense that all the points of the infinite light are so tiny when you see them in the cup. They don't blow your eyes out. But it is actually, see, the source of all light is in the eye. If there were no eyes in this world, the sun would not be light. You evoke light out of the universe. In the same way, you, by virtue of having a soft skin, evoke hardness out of wood. 
Wood is only hard in relation to a soft skin. It's your eardrum that evokes noise out of the air. You, by being this organism, call into being the whole universe of light and color and hardness and heaviness and everything, you see? Uh, but in, in the mythology that we've sold ourselves on during the end of the 19th century, when people discovered how big the universe was, and that we live on a little planet in a solar system on the edge of a galaxy, which is a minor galaxy, everybody thought, ah, oh, we're really unimportant after all. God isn't there and doesn't love us, and nature doesn't give a damn. <laughs> and uh, we put ourselves down, see? But actually, it's this little funny microbe tiny thing crawling on this little planet that's way out somewhere who has the ingenuity by the nature of this magnificent organic structure to evoke the whole universe out of what would otherwise be mere quanta. There's jazz going on. <laughs> but you see, this little, little ingenious organism is not merely some stranger in this. This little organism on this little planet, is what the whole show is growing there, and so realizing its own presence. Well, now here's the problem. If this is the state of affairs, which is so, and if the, the consciousness state you're in at this moment is the same thing as what we might call the divine state, if you do anything to make it different, it shows you don't understand that it's so. So the moment you start practicing yoga, or praying, or meditating, or indulging in some sort of spiritual cultivation, you are getting in your own way. The Buddha said, we suffer because we desire. Mm -hmm. If you can give up desire, you won't suffer. But he didn't say that as the last word. He said that as the opening step of a dialogue. Because if, he, if you say that to someone, they're going to come back after a while and say, yes, but I'm now desiring not to desire. And so the Buddha will answer, well, at last you're beginning to understand the point. Because you can't give up desire, why would you try to do that? It's already desire. So in the same way, you say, oh, you ought to be unselfish, or to give up your ego. Let go, relax. <laughs> why do you want to do that? Just because it's another way of beating the game, isn't it? But the moment you see you hypothesize that you are different from the universe, you want to get one up on it. <laughs> But if you try to get one up on the universe and you're in competition with it, it means you don't understand you are it. You think there's a real difference between self and other. But self, what you call yourself and what you call other, are mutually necessary to each other, like back and front. They're really one. But just as a magnet polarizes itself in north and south, but it's all one magnet, so experience polarizes itself as self and other. But it's all one. So if you try to make the North Pole get the mastery of it, or the South Pole get the mastery of the North Pole, you show you don't know what's going on. <laughs> what can we say? 
Love is all there is, everybody. What you got for music, honey? This is Do You Know by Reverend Dr. Paul. Oh, I love that song. Go, go, go. Yes, thank you, Rama. We are all one love. One love. Remember that song, Rama? i to play that sometime, too. And I was just going to thank Penny for last Thursday's song. The Circle of... Life. Life. <laughs> See you tomorrow and on Monday evenings with Cheryl Croce. Come and join us. Haven't said those numbers for a long time. So let me do that. It's really a potent time to come together in this manifestation time. Uh, so these are um, on our mountain time schedule. That's uh, about 10 minutes to 7. It would be 10 minutes to 9 Eastern time. And then we come together for about three hours and Cheryl is a master of calling in the higher energies. She's studied uh, and worked with Patty Coda Robles, and she's got her own energy that she brings to it, too. So it's very worthwhile. Bring bring this love in. Okay, 425-436-6260. And the PIN code is... Nine four six seven four four one pound. All right, everybody. All that you need is love. Namaste. Satnam. Satnam deep. Aho mitakuyasan. Thirteen thank yous, honey in the heart. No evil. Live long and prosper. Aloha. Mahalo, Nui Loa, Namaste. Day.